Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I am the spoiler alert 3.0 and I want to warn you, that if you haven't read this week's DC comic books, like short podcasts or enjoy your sanity, please turn away now. Jim and Eric won't hold it against you, since you already count towards the overall download stat, and that is all they really care about. Yes, you are all just a number in their overall plan for world domination. Thanks you and enjoy. Or do something else. I really don't care. He's up in the tree again, Chief. Your cat? No, my dad. He's got a chewy Chips Ahoy cookies. Adults love this chewy kind of Chips Ahoy. So much chocolate. What a lot of chips. <laughs> I'm going up. Chief, are you coming down with the chewy Chips Ahoy? Sorry, kids. <laughs> uh, come on. Chewy Chips Ahoy, loaded with chocolate. <laughs> lot of chips. But not for adults only. Lights real low. Set up some candles and get a little sexy with Weird Out Loud, episode number 32. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm afraid. <laughs> and that's about as long as I can last the sex. So let's get my lights back on and get to this week's bits and pieces. Whoa, Eric. You, you had me a little aroused there. That'll happen. We are Weird Out Loud. We are a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Proud. And the official, unofficial podcast of Weird Science DC Comics blog at blogspot.com. What's that unofficial part about? I don't know. I'm trying to get a little more professional with my diction and presentation <laughs> because every time we hear other people on our podcast and anywhere else, they always say everything of the official stuff, like the website and stuff like that. Oh, always, yeah, all the, always say all- it better than us. All the other segments are showing us up something fierce. Yeah, I don't know. I always forget, and then when I say it, I remember, but then I say it wrong. I'm telling you, every time I listen to the podcast, any time I give out the web address, or not, I see, I can't even say it, the email address, <laughs> it seems like it's the first time, and I'm surprised by it. It's the, huh? I, I never know. But you know what else I don't know how to do? Our what? Edit a podcast. Really? Because, you know, yeah, I had some problems last week, and I'm sure everybody <laughs> uh, is either shaking their head yes, or they're like, what the hell is he talking about? Because uh, I like the podcast. They ended in a weird spot at Omega Men. But <laughs> after that, you know, it's, yeah, there was about four minutes of dead air. Dead air. Yes. Um, I put it up. <laughs> I got it up, Eric. When I put it up... Um, I thought everything was fine. I thought everything in the editing was all cozy and nice. And then Manship sent me a note on Monday. So a day after I put that up and said, what's with this four-minute business of dead air? And I, I freaked out. I and ran then you upstairs. panicked. Yeah. I did. I ran upstairs. I'm like, there it is. I know what he's talking about now. And I decided I, to take a little nap. And then I yeah. woke up. I'm like, all right, trying to get to work here. And then I looked at my Twitter and you were insane. Yeah, well, because I tried to edit it. I tried to get that out and went back on Podbean that hosts the podcast. And it was down somewhat and also giving me errors, something about <laughs> the uh, the Amazon cloud S3 was down, so then I tried to edit it, and then for a while, there was no podcast up, because I completely screwed it up. 
Then I kind of got it back up edited version, but it wasn't catching on some of the like Stitcher and things like that. It was actually just, it was showing a podcast, but when you went to get it or download it, nothing. It would air, and boy, I freaked out. This is all nonsense to me. I have no, no idea what you're talking about. I was about. freaking out so much. And then my wife reminded me that it really doesn't matter that we don't get paid for this and it's not a big deal. And then I yelled at her. I screamed. Oh, God. Yelled, Did you hit her? I, no, but I got uh. really angry at myself. I was so angry. When all I could have, what I should have done is just sat tight, waited to, but I could. I was so upset. I'm always that, telling you, patience, brother. Well, then I called for an emergency podcast. <laughs> I told you I wanted to have the emergency podcast just to tell people, hey, listen, if you got to Omega Men and then it, you think it stopped, it didn't. We still had 40 minutes to go. I messaged people. I was all upset. And then, it's just one episode, brother, man. And, and then you down. said, like, oh, we can't just have a stupid podcast like that. Then I came up with the idea, maybe we'll watch that Supergirl pilot and we could talk about that, too. And I said, no, I'm not doing yeah, that. We didn't do that. You know, you're always wanting all these other podcasts, your horror podcast. I thought this would make a, uh, a good gateway into seeing how a mid-week mid, uh, podcast would do. You didn't I, do. I already spent five hours on this one. I'm not spending more on it. Yeah, we'll see. You'll oh, see. God. Next thing, you'll have the horror podcast. we got the 80 Strike Back. We'll have a... There's a different podcast. My, my new that. one is the Dead Air, the Jim Warner uh, podcast that I just... Four minutes think, long? Just four minutes long every... <laughs> it's great. You just put it on and you relax. You relax to nothing. Just let yourself slip away to nothing. But you know what? We're not going to talk about nothing tonight, Eric. We're going to have a long podcast. We got something? Yeah, we have a lot. Where this is Friday night is how we do this now. We do the first do part. We try to do the first part Friday night and then the books part Saturday. I have a feeling that we're going to be up a lot uh, both nights because <laughs> we have tons of books. We were spoiled with the little amount of books. We kept bitching so about spoiled. it. But now we have many a book, and we were struggling all week to decide which we're going to make the big time and which we're going to make flash reviews, but that's going to be for tomorrow night. But we, we're still trying to debate that. But we also have a lot of news. Of course, a lot all, of news. It's all casting news, which Dan was nice to tell us during the week, and as one uh, communication to us that he said that we were going to have a lot of casting news. Better change the name. Yeah, better change the name. He said, "Well, we also get have, on that goddamn geek news, Dan. We also have mail, which we better change that name. And when we get to the mail, you're going to see what we're changing it to, Eric, because it might be called Dan Hate, <laughs> Dan Hate Mail." But we'll get to that because first we're going to start with the news. And you know what? I'm not going to change any names, Eric. It's news. News, right. news, 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 news. And we're going to start with news about Arrow. This is news, Eric. You talked about it before we started here that you uh, have a problem with this. A little bit. Supernatural, little bit. supernatural alum cast as love interest for Arrow. Oh. Yeah. Well, what, what's up with Felicity, Eric? What's no, up? no, this is about the time we hear all the uproar on the Twitters for well, the Elicity fans. I was going to say, those Elicity fans, they are a vocal oh my many, God. I don't know. Entertainment Weekly is reporting that supernatural actress Alicia Rotaro has been cast as an as-yet-unnamed new love interest for Oliver Queen in the upcoming new season of Arrow. I think her name is going to be Tommy. Given it's the romance weird, between weird Ollie and Felicity, some might worry, <laughs> but Rotaro's character, <laughs> for the time being at least, <laughs> is no threat. Let's hear from Mark Guggenheim. Oliver's going Oliver's to have a love interest in the past that will serve as a parallel or potentially a contrast to his love affair with Felicity in the present. 
I don't like to think that Oliver had like love interests in the past. He had booty calls. That's probably what it is. And that's what is going to be. I think it's going to be a booty call that all of a sudden comes back to haunt him with papers. You know what no, I mean? we we had that before though. Oh really? Somebody. Yeah, that's said, already been in, that's already been in the show. He has a kid. Yeah. Okay. See, I I don't watch it. But his mother paid off the. I mean, oh, his mother I, paid off the mother. You know what? I do. I did see that. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, there might have been an abortion error, but you can't have that nowadays. You just pay him to go away. No, you just have accidents down the stairs. Um. Yeah, I don't know, Mark Guggenheim. Uh, accidents <laughs> down the stairs. I heard that this Alicia Rotaro has the heart and soul of, what is it, the courage and soul of a hero. Fucking nonsense. I don't know. You told me that they, they spell this out as Supernatural alum. Fucking now, good. It's bullshit. I have watched every single episode of Supernatural. I looked this girl up. I, I stared at her because she's pretty sexy, but I don't recognize her at sexy. all. Sexy? You told I, me before you said she's 27. It looks like a rough 27 years she's been on the planet. No, that's somebody else you're ruining for later. Did you? Oh, is it? Yes. I thought that. Well, oh, you're right. I thought you were going to say she looks used, but she looks good. That no. Was, okay. Well, well but get... no. This 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 broad has been on two episodes of Supernatural, and that is not alumni to me, really. Well, this happened to me. I actually called out the. Is that how you got one of your cues? You showed up to practice twice. Twice. I, you know, I signed the letter of intent. Cue. <laughs> <laughs> They're like that guy gets a cue. Uh, I said this a couple of weeks ago. We had a story. I forget who it was, but it was on Battlestar Galactica. And right. I found out they were only on seven episodes, and I c- cried foul on that. So you can certainly yell about the supernatural. It's weird. Don't because, believe the hype. Because they want to really push all these things when they're on. They always want to push something that these uh, quote-unquote geeks can grab onto, and this is supernatural. It's like somebody had a walk-on part in, you know, I don't know. What's another big one? Stargate. SG one. Next I thing you know, next thing you know, that's what they they've done. Probably twenty movies, but yet Daniel this, Jackson, it, they're going to just grab that. But uh, the next bit of news, we're going to move on, Eric, because this one, you, this one, you're going to love. Uh, the Constantine showrunner, showrunner Daniel Cerrone tweeted earlier this week that he had a little surprise, quote unquote, for fans of the recently canceled show. And everybody got all excited. Now, the problem is people were all excited on Twitter that that meant that the season two was coming out. Yeah. I think that's a bit more of a than a little surprise. No, uh, you know, he was, being, know. he was being coy. I was going to say, he's being coy about it. Actually, when he wasn't. Runner, he was the... being Vance, Eric. He wasn't being coy. He was being Vance. A little <laughs> surprise. Come on now. What, do you, what were you saying before I I don't even know anymore. Now I just Dukes got the freaking Dukes of Hazard in my head. <laughs> coy and Vance. Well... Uh, the little surprise. The Luke man myself. That the little uh, who was it? A little surprise uh, ended up being that Constantine will return as he joins the DC TV universe in Arrow season four. It's pretty big news. Now I don't know the credits on these shows, uh, like I know on comics and other things. But does Daniel Cerrone have anything to do with the Arrow TV show? Uh, no, but I they have. It's such a weird like interplay with this. I remember when Constantine first started. Um, I even, I even said well, I even said to you, news kept coming around that they kept um, saying that there was going to be some crossovers. Yeah, and Stephen Amell kept and, talking about and it, and you kept even you even said like, how can that be? It's different networks. It's it's a bunch of hooey, and there was some sort of deal where it was like the DC stuff, Trump the action. It was very like odd. Story Trump continuity. Yeah, and they even said about how this Teen Titans show when that comes out, that even has a possibility with it. I don't understand all the things. I yeah, think I haven't that, heard about that show in well, a while. I think that some of these networks are kind of wising up 
and uh, realize that they're all in trouble. Be, uh, you know, the Internet's going to kill them all eventually. We need to get along to get along. And they got to get along. And uh, I think that shows. And this, I don't know what's involved with this even. Like, is Matt Ryan still under contract? Has he been paid for multiple things that, that I don't know? And you know what? I really don't care. Uh, Variety watch reports. Constantine, you piece yeah, of shit. Well, I watched the first two episodes. And I can't, again, it's one of those things I can't say I didn't like it. I liked it more than Gotham. I was more interested. But then yeah. I just it kind of just faded away from me. I have other things to do, Eric. I'm a busy man. I am a busy man. I took a nap before we did this. That's how busy I am. I know. I'm sitting here at the computer just waiting to get on the air, and you're like, oh, I'm taking a nap. Yeah, well, I, well, I just I did my Arkham Knight um, review, and I was about to fall asleep. And last week when we did this, I actually just said to you, I can't do it. I wanted to do it tonight because we got a long way ahead of us. And so I said, i got to close my eyes a little, rest my eyes. <laughs> But back to Constantine. Variety reports that Matt Ryan will reprise his role as John Constantine from the recently canceled Constantine TV series in the upcoming season of Arrow. This report comes after months of professed interest from parties on both shows, including actors and showrunners. Can they shove that word down my throat anymore? The trades report indicates that Ryan will be part of a full arc in Arrow's fourth season, which actually goes against what you heard originally. You thought he was going to be on one episode. Like he'd walk in... Light a cigarette, put his foot Hello, up like love. a put his foot up like a badass, and then off they go. <laughs> nope, a full arc of being a badass. Based on a DC character, John Constantine. Constantine had a short thirteen episode run this year on NBC before the network canceled it. Arrow executive producer and co-showrunner Mark Guggenheim said that bringing the so-called Hellblazer was something brought up constantly in Arrow's writers' room. This writer's room to me does not sound like any bit of fun. It's a bunch of people just bringing up shit all the time. Uh, we're it's a writer's room we, in general. We throw names around. That's what he said last. It's guys just, I don't know. But they were stymied previously by Constantine being shopped around the other networks after NBC canceled it, as well as it being ultimately a decision for DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers. So, yeah, you're going to get your Constantine back. And I, I actually... I'm so happy. I'm actually glad because... Usually this would be something like, okay, Constantine got uh, canceled. Yeah, we'll grab that character, but they would recast him. And, ha- yeah. and, and it w- it's too soon. I hate Eric. that. It's too soon. Matt Ryan's Constantine has been taken from us too soon, Eric. Now we get him back. I'm so happy. And they cast so Keanu happy. Reeves again. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. I hate you. Oh, God. What's going to happen with Elicity? Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, here we go. Now we're off of the Arrow News. I think that's it for Arrow News tonight, right? I don't know, man. You wrote it Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm going down. I think that's it for our news. But, boy, we're going to continue the casting news, Eric. Uh, there was... I can't wait till TV starts so we can stop talking about this. I know, this. and then the news will be like two items, and away we go. But this next one is several new characters were announced for Supergirl. And if you notice, most of these stories have like pretty cool headlines because I steal them from places. That's yeah. my headline. Several <laughs> new characters announced for Supergirl. Hey, straight to the point. I like yeah, it. CBS announced several tidbits of interesting information about the upcoming Supergirl series at the Television Critics Association event Monday, August 10th. That doesn't sound like much fun either, does it? No. Among them were Jeff Johns saying that Superman does play a part in the evolution of Supergirl becoming a superhero. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Calista Flockhart saying she would love it if Cat Grant got involved. Screwed. With Superman... Yeah. That, that's all that. And then they responded, nobody cares what you think, Everybody's Calista like, Flockhart. Everybody's like, listen, Calista Flockhart, you, you may be 43, <laughs> you look 90. 
We don't want that. You can screw dead man. And Andrew Kreisberg, Andrew Kreisberg, he announced that Red Tornado, Livewire, General Sam Lane, and Kryptonian villain Nan would appear, though nothing more about them was announced yet. Look for casting news soon. And you I know what? Soon happen. Soon happen, Eric. I like to. Poor Nan. You have Red Tornado, Livewire, General Sam Lane, and Kryptonian villain Nan. You can't, that, nobody knows Nan. So, yeah. yeah, everybody's like, where's Zod? <laughs> no, you get Nan. Nan, big brute, just standing around looking pensive. But uh, after this was announced, and before I gathered the news all week, and then there I saw it, Livewire was cast there. So it didn't even take him a whole week. I actually made a joke on my notes uh, that we'll, we'll have the casting news next week. Nope, we have the casting news now. This is actually a great piece of news for me because I really thought that Supergirl was going to get stuck with the worst. Like we had Lumberjack, Reactron. I'm like, yeah, who the yeah. fuck else? No, like, this is characters really, we got to get. I agree. I agree that the uh, Red Tornado is pretty exciting. That I, is exciting. I love Livewire. Now, do you think they're going to try to go the Earth 2 route with Red Tornado and make it a woman robot? Or do you think it's going to be a regular man robot? Well, I'd like Or to, since it's a robot, it has no gender. You know what I'd like to tell you? I would say that they're going to go woman. I, really I would do. think so, too. That's going to pop up later, where I was a little shocked at a bit of news. But, um, yeah, I think they'll go woman, so they have that. And, again, I, I love Livewire, which we'll so get to I. that in a second. General Sam Lane. Uh, you know, oh, Lucy Lane's there. She needs her daddy. It makes sense. I just, I, I don't care. Can't have any filthy aliens yeah, really. stealing American jobs. And, actually, I made fun of Non. That's actually pretty cool. I, I like that. He yeah. usually, anytime I've seen him in the comics, I think recently... He was teamed up. I forget. It was like the Doom storyline, I think. He's always with somebody else. It's never just him. Right. He just stands there, so I'm sure somebody else will be. He'll be with Lumberjack here. But, yeah, Livewire was cast for Supergirl. Variety reports that True Blood actress Britt Morgan, who was the one I mistakenly uh, you said was uh, a rough 27, yes. has been cast as the villain Livewire for CBS's Supergirl. According to the Hollywood trade, Livewire, real name Leslie Willis, will be a confident, abrasive, and funny shock jock who works at Catco Media, just as Carol Danvers, Cara Danvers, a.k.a. Supergirl, played by Melissa Benoit. Benoist. What the hell? I'm looking at that. I thought of Chris Benoit. Supergirl, played Weird. by Melissa Benoist, does. Um, Do you want to kill her, dude? Yes. Morgan's character will have an accident, according to the trade, making her as dangerous and shocking as her verbal skills as a shock jock. Now we were talking. About, we were oh, talking yeah. about with the um, when Livewire was introduced in the new Batgirl. Yeah, it was the Batgirl. We talked about her persona, her origins. It was changed. She was a yep. YouTuber now. Yes, she was. And we talked about this a bit because do people know what shock jocks That's are? The problem. I said to you, even I think I even put it in my review, and I said to you personally because I got personal with you then, Eric. A little bit. That I'm not a big fan. Of, I know everybody loves those YouTubers. Like you know, what are the most famous? Like Stephen Copper. See, the most famous he tells me is uh, Dan, maybe. maybe. Um, I'm not real thrilled. I'm an older fella, so I do. My kids watch them, and I watch them. But I don't, I don't know. It sounds bad. I don't respect them, Eric. I don't. But I said to you when they changed Livewire to one, a YouTuber type, it was awesome. I thought that was a great idea. And not only just because I think they're trying to grab that, oh, we'll grab the younger set with these YouTubers. I think that it just it it catches people. It's you know shock jocks. What does anybody know that term? That's what I'm asking. You know, I know it. You know it. 
And it, it's going to be, I bet you when they have her, it's not going to be necessarily a shock. I think it's more, do you consider Rush Limbaugh a shock jock? Like you, you say shock jock, you think Howard Stern. You have yeah. to, everybody does. But even he is not that anymore. He hasn't been a shock no. jock for 20 years. Yeah, I was going to say since um, the 90s. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be more of like a politically tinged, like a, a troublemaker. All right. Like a, like Rush Limbaugh, troublemaker. <laughs> Again, we were talking about Rush Limbaugh today, actually. This is odd, yeah. And we were wondering if anybody even knows who – like a younger people. I don't think they do. I don't think anybody – So we got some younger idiots at work who don't know shit about shit, apparently. Yeah, I, I would say they're – you say younger idiots. They're more – I would say the idiot part is more than them being young. They're idiots. But well, yes. they are young, so I have to they're say They're very – it seems like um, the younger set, especially the ones we work with, are so naive and – I don't even know what Columbine is. Oblivious, yeah. These people were in school when Columbine happened. Yes, maybe second grade or so. Have no idea what that is. That is so – that's weird to me. Weird to me so too. So odd. That changed all the rules, Eric. That changed all the rules. I was. And it got school. you know. Then it got shattered over by freaking nine eleven. Yeah, I was out of school for both of those. I um, I watched from without from. I don't know what I'm saying. I watched Bowling for Columbine though. But yeah, that changed. Good job. It changed everything. But yet people don't know. So the shock jock thing. I don't think people are going to care really because really it's going to be a. Like a, a quick thing with her being a shock jock. They'll probably show her for an episode. Then they'll have an accident, which I bet you involves her reporting from a hurricane. And then really? she, gets, she gets struck by lightning. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen? There's going to be lightning. It's going to come out of the microphone in her mouth, and then she's going to be live wire. Well, when um, live wire was in the Superman the Animated Series, she was on a stage, and then like a lightning was struck. Was it like a, a and- concert? Like no, it was, it was like a big rally, you know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, that's what it'll be then. You're right. It, it'll be just like that then. She'll be like... I'm actually curious to see how they're going to pull this off. You know, what kind of shot? Like you said, is it going to be political? Is it going to be, I, I say dick on the air? Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. Are they going to have uh, women show their breasts? Exactly, exactly. They're going to throw baloney at women's breasts on a freaking stage. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen with... Uh... What's her name? And Leslie Willis. She is a shock jock. Yeah, but uh, this Brett Morgan, I looked at her up before we started yeah. too, and I'm like, she's supposed to be 27 years old. And some of these pictures, she looks like a rough 27. Yeah, she's been 27 the past five years. <laughs> uh, it, it goes on with the news. If this casting is proven accurate, Brett Morgan will be the latest in a string of True Blood actors. And it's true. And yeah. no, Eric, she did not turn into is a she dog. she not girl that transformed she, that no, dog? No, that was a guy who transformed the dog i still don't understand that. but uh being brought <laughs> to various plot. tv shows based on dc comics morgan also appeared recently on graceland is that an elvis show and even the short-lived so. comic book turned tv series the middleman i don't know what that is well, actually I, I don't even know what graceland you know, is is that where grace point and colt hang out uh they might um it's funny i've seen the middleman <laughs> I have not seen any of these shows we talk about. <laughs> I saw, I actually saw an a episode Jim of The Middleman. No, if I remember, it was uh, kind of like a like an X. I don't know. I'm going to say it. And it's not going to be what yeah. it was, but it was a while back to me. It the star like, Tom Ellis. It actually reminded me if I think it was like that um, Sarah Jane Chronicles or whatever that what that Doctor Who spinoff. Yeah, it was something like that. If if I'm right, I'm probably not. But we're going to continue with the Supergirl talk. Helgramite will battle Supergirl, Eric. All right. Entertainment Helgramite. Weekly reports that actor, best name ever, Justice Leak. <laughs> Justice Leak sounds like would be a kick-ass reporter's name. 
I think that that's what Dan should call himself from now on in the geek news. Justice, <laughs> Justice Leak here. And uh, we only let him do spoilers. It'd be awesome. Yeah, well, Justice Leak, that is a badass name, has been cast as the villainous Helgramite in CBS's Super <laughs> I know I'm still laughing at Justice Leak. <laughs> Though I don't like that as a last name, Mr. Leak. Mr. Leak is no stranger to comic book adaptations, having previously hey, appeared what, in both The what Walking are you doing? Dead what are you and doing? Powers. I gotta go take a leak to work because he doesn't drive. <laughs> because he doesn't have his license, because he was pulled over and has a DUI organization. Oh, and he just made and it very he's, sad. He's, he's, he's one, doesn't want to ride a bike because people make fun of him. Yes, we do. Mr. Leak. I gotta take a leak. That's good. In comic books, Helgramite is actually entomologist Roderick Rose, a mutated villain with insect-like powers. The report doesn't state how closely the TV version will connect to his comic book origin. Well, I'm looking at this guy here. He is a handsome fellow. Is he? Well, and been... Helgramite's like a big, like insect demon-looking fuck. Yeah. And I doubt that he's going to cover his face because he—he actually looks like—I um, don't want to say young, but yeah. he looks like he could be uh, Andrew McCarthy's second cousin. Really? Yeah. That good looking, huh? Yeah. Ooh-wee. Um, now you know how I feel about Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, really. Jesus Christ, I didn't know you were that into Andrew McCarthy. I've never really heard you talk about Andrew McCarthy. Are you kidding me? I follow Andrew McCarthy on Twitter. Do you? Yeah. You just stare at his I told picture. you I tried to watch Mannequin the other day. I was pissed because I couldn't. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that that was because you ha- were smitten with Andrew McCarthy. I own Weekend at Bernie's. Nobody should own Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, no, if you owned Weekend at Bernie's too, then I'd agree with you. The thing is, I can't oh, even find that movie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is there, did they ever make a three? No. That'd be so good. What, what, would, be, what would you think a tagline for Weekend at, Weekend at Bernie's 3? Um, actually, they should make a new one and have it like tie into the zombie craze. That's just started yesterday, that zombie craze. I think that'd be pretty funny. Bernie Weekend becomes... at Bernie's Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse. Wow. How about that? <laughs> now that's a good one. Uh, this next bit of news, though, I think you will like, but I think you have a problem with it. Am I right? I have no idea. Okay. Did you read it? I didn't read it, no. Good. Let's get some reaction from you. Dr. Light is coming to the CW's Flash. All right. What do you think of that? CW like is bringing in Dr. Light for The Flash's upcoming second season. Here we go. Now, here, showrunner Gabriel Stanton. I've never even heard that name. It's just, everybody's a showrunner. You think everybody won an Eisner? I think I'm the showrunner on Gotham now. He told TV Line that the female Dr. Light, who was mentioned briefly in a previous episode of Arrow as a former employee at Star Labs, would appear as a metahuman sometime this coming season. No actress has been announced as of yet for the role. Although the most popular Dr. Light in DC continuity is a male villain, a female Dr. Light was introduced in 1985's Christ Knows an Infinite Earth as Kimio Hoshi. Hoshi was both an astronomer and medical doctor and received powers when the Anti-Monitor sends a beam of energy from the Star Vega to Earth. In addition oh, the to work- Anti-Monitor. Yeah, Star Vega. In addition Monitor to working... The yeah, he's more Star Vega. In addition... <laughs> isn't Star Vega, isn't that like a porn star? In addition to working at Star Labs, Hoshi has been a member of the Justice League... Doom Patrol, Birds of Prey, and even the Blue Beetles Court Enterprises. That is a hell of a resume. What do you think of that? Do you, do you wish that it was the male? Uh, of course I do. Yeah, because you're a sexist. That's why no, I just set no, you up. You're a sexist, and you don't care. We need more strong women characters. Take that. Yeah? You off your soapbox now? Yep. 
I like Dr. Light as a man just because the identity crisis story was so freaking instrumental to me getting back into the, well, actually, yeah, back in the DC comics, I could say, because I always kind of collected, but I was never a huge fan. Oh, really? But it was the secret identity story that did it, and I just want this character that, I want him to show up, I want him to be a normal doctor, but we all know he has a dark side, and he's about to rape a motherfucker well, any chance he gets. Here's the thing. We already have Hawkman, who you yeah. claimed is a rapist. Hawkman we versus Dr. We don't Fate. Need, that's Dr. A, Light. That's the problem, is I really think that they don't have Dr. Light because of that rape. Probably. I really do. That has to That's be why it. they got rid of Killing Joke. Because yeah, yeah. a supposed rape that never happened. Not on my watch, Eric. Not on my watch. All right. That's Stop it. yelling at me, Cameron Stewart. That's it for the uh, casting news. Thank God. Stay tuned next week for more hours of it. But uh, you know what we have next? Actual comic book news. I know, Eric, it is tough to find this comic book news nowadays. It's the worst part. I don't care about this news at all. You stop it. This is comic book news. We are a comic book podcast, so we have to put it. Uh, Batman Europa is coming in November, Eric. Finally. I have been waiting because this, this bit, when I read this, is so funny to me. It, it, they put it in this news um, article that I took this from. It, a little, Stole. It's a little too nonchalant how they spell this out because there's a head. <laughs> they're like, Batman Europa was first announced back in October 2004. Like, whoa, already you're like, wait a second, 2004, okay. With DC soliciting it and then canceling the re- release of the first issue in January 2011. What happened so, to that missing time there? Well, is that like that four minutes of the podcast? It, I think it is. I, you know what happened is what we did was I had that four minutes and what we had an interview with Jim Lee set up and he's yet to get back to us, Eric. That guy takes a lot of time. So that four minutes may happen eventually. But along with the resolicitation for Batman Europa number one, DC revealed a new variant cover by Lee Borhamo to go with the original Jim Lee cover released years ago. Issue number one comes out on November 18th. And here we go. This is what the solicit says. You tell me if you're interested after this, Eric, because it's going to hit you hard. Superstar artist Jim Lee returns to the Dark Knight with this premiere issue. The impossible has happened, and Batman is on the verge of being taken down by an enemy he can't defeat, a virus for which there is no cure. Dun, dun, dun. And the only hope for his salvation is the Joker. Oh, my goodness. Who infected Batman? What does the Clown Prince of Crime know? And how will the Dark Knight get that information? Together, the enemies crisscross Europe, desperate to find answers before time runs out. I wish that uh, it goes on, but I wish that this was so dated. Like, I wish it was 2000. I wish it was 1994 (laughs) that this was. It's like Batman discovers this new thing called the Internet. And (laughs) now he's ready to go and like add some other things like, you know, you might like Knight Rider, but wait until you see the Dark Knight. Well, yeah, they don't do that. Do you think they updated? you think there's anything in this that's going to seem dated from 2004? I don't know, because I think that the, um, the long wait on this is that Jim Lee has taken this long to actually draw this comic. Actually, I think it was only the cover. <laughs> <laughs> They've been waiting on that cover. Yeah, and then in two, twenty like twenty twenty four, we'll finally get the All Star Batman and Robin. Yes, actually, the, how? What is your guess? This is a four issue miniseries event. The first issue comes out in November, November eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Will this go four months in a row and finish, or will there be no. delays? There will be delays. be delays. Okay, well, I'm going to continue here. Co conceived by Matteo Casali 
and Brian Azzarello, this Forest You Mini series event will feature art by top talents. So right there tells you they've already been, Jim Lee can't keep up with this Forest You <laughs> thing. They, it's talents now over layouts by the incomparable Giuseppe Comancoli. 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 Isn't that a dessert? He did Hellblazer and Dark Wolverine with the first issue penciled in ink by none other than Jim Lee. Thank goodness. Jim Lee does the first issue. Motherfucker's got to start making his deadlines. He doesn't make the deadlines. I, I, I don't know. Is it just that he just... I know he's always been known to not hit deadlines, so it can't just be that he has other... You know what I mean? It's I don't not, know. Well, imagine... Like, think it to yourself. How hard is it for you to get st- stuff done with five kids? Well, I was going to say, doesn't he have more? I think or he's got, he like, just 11 or some fit? shit. I, th- I think he does. Every time I look on Twitter, he's got another kid. <laughs> oh, jeez. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you're, if I'm Jim Lee... He gets done He gets done the first page, a kid comes over and knocks a glass yeah, of milk over on him. That's the problem is, if I'm Jim Lee, I am definitely heading to the office to do my work. <laughs> I'm not sitting at home. Uh, that's what we have the cardboard box factory, Eric. It keeps your sanity to head off to the cardboard box factory. With those idiots there, I got you. Yeah, it's tough. Actually, it's really good to talk to some of them, and then you're like, you know what? I'm not as much of an idiot as I thought. <laughs> and then you say, wait a second. Then I sit that. there and I go, wait a second. That guy's making more than me? Yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Holy moly. Guy today, hey, I'll give you $10 if you help me move a swing set. What the hell? And you know he's going to make you help him put it together. And you, do you think I'm that desperate? You're in the background yelling, oh, $10. What the hell are you asking him for? <laughs> Next thing, the guy's unzipping his pants. That's the best part because he never asked me. He knew no, better. he didn't ask you. I, I blew him off. <laughs> yes, of the, you did. And because of that, he gave and me made $10. $10. Actually, no, he gave me 15 He was pretty surprised. Uh, yes. Well, you have shaved recently. Yes. Well, we're going to finish up this news with something that you would claim is not news there. I like it. Stephen Amell I'm gonna check my email. appeared on WWE Raw. Raw. The long-standing feud between Arrow star Stephen H. Amell and WWE wrestler Stardust. Finally hey, got tell it. me something. How What's long that? is this long-standing feud? How long is this something that have to go on for your long-standing feud? Eight months, two weeks, three days. It finally got physical on Monday night, Eric. It got physical when Amel appeared on Raw. Physical. Yes, they got physical with Stardust initially confronting him in the audience before the conflict moved into the ring. They took it to the ring. Though the confrontation was brief, and there's a shock, Amel will return to the WWE ring, teaming up with wrestler wrestler Neville. Is that like Aaron Neville? I don't know who these people are. Aaron Neville has that high-pitched falsetto voice, and he's a real big dude with that. Do you ever see Aaron Neville? Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't think I know. You have to look him up. He has this huge-ass birthmark. It is so – remember in – I think it was the which was which um, Cheech and Chong movie was it when the guy shows up? Hey, whatever you do, you don't. <laughs> yeah, that was Strawberry. At, if I met Aaron Neville, oh I'd god, do what that. is wrong did, with this guy's forehead? Did you look at Aaron Neville? Yeah, yeah, he's like, huh? he's got a quado growing out of him. Look at this face. <laughs> uh, that's Aaron Neville, but that's not who the wrestler is. It's just Neville. He is going against Stardust and King Wade Barrett in a tag team match at SummerSlam Big Daddy King event. SummerSlam, I, you even said SummerSlam, summer's over, but SummerSlam's going to be on August 23rd, and the best thing about this, it doesn't seem set up to me, it doesn't seem like, I think it's this is, so I much. think it's real, it's real to me, it's real to me, damn it, 
real to me. I don't. It it doesn't seem set up or any sort of like gimmick to promote anything like Flash or Arrow coming out or. He better come down like from that. the rafters. All it'd, be so, it'd be so great if during this. Um, freaking Deathstroke comes out like every guy from the show just comes out and then they have a dance party in the ring what do you think of that that'd be awesome a dance I'm down party. for a dance party dance party arrow they call it they're dancing around I don't even know who's alive and dead in that show anymore is that like a step up comic con version it's ste- yes yeah, step up revolution yes alright Eric that's news that is news thank god I hope that we go uh, well these next two nights so I don't have to edit anything and we don't have four-minute uh, spaces because we usually don't edit anything out, and that's what, what screwed me last, last week was I was editing one little thing out, and look what happened. All oh, we're going to make a cool little segue to the Flash reviews. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's what I said because I wanted to have it its own file. Hey, let's just do this different thing with Flash reviews. Screwed me. People don't even like Flash reviews, and that screwed us up. Next week, whole podcast, Flash Review. Flash Reviews. But now we're getting to what you have told me before is your favorite thing in the whole entire world besides Chewy Chips Ahoy, which I think are an abomination. We were talking about this earlier, though. Um, I said to you my girlfriend got a bag or box, whatever you call it, a package of Chips Ahoy yesterday. Yes. And I finally looked at them. Yeah. And what do you think of this? Because we talked about regular Chips Ahoy and Chewy Chips Ahoy, which you hate. Chewy Chips that's, Ahoy are weird to me. Yeah, but that's all we really talked about. Yeah. I've never seen these before in my life. Oh, these are different? Yes, these are different, what sir. What are these? Fudge-filled Chips Ahoy. Fudge-filled. I saw those. Those look odd to me. Uh, there's like, on the on the box, there's like a bite taken out, and it looks, I don't know. It looks weird. It looks like some inner. They're pretty stuff. delicious. Are they good? Yeah, they're pretty delicious. I, I see the thing is, it's, it's Chewy Chips Ahoy with fudge inside. Well, first off, Chewy Chips Ahoy are ridiculous. I don't know how they do it, and it bothers me that they're that chewy. And <laughs> it's, it's black just, magic. It, it is. It's black magic. And the other thing that I think, I know that Chips Ahoy company, is that Keebler? Sure. That no, the Chips I, Ahoy, I think it's it uh, Nabisco. Just, Nabisco. Okay, Nabisco has been making Chips Ahoy. I love, what do they have to change things up? I love Chips Ahoy. I love they, chewy they, cookies. Why do they? I don't. And you said uh, the Enemans chewy. Ch- those are even worse. Those seem <laughs> odd to me. Um, yes, if my wife bought them now, I would eat some, but I'd be annoyed all the time as I'm eating half the box. Fucking lunatic. Yeah, I, I, I just don't like them. They seem odd to me. And I also don't like brownies that are like cake. If I want cake, I'll eat cake. If I want brownies, I'll have brownies. You put icing on that brownie, I'll kill you. The thing is, it's not even the brownies. You want a burnt bottom, dried out brownie. Yes, and then you eat it with um, milk. You drink some milk with it, and boy, it's heaven. Speaking and you don't have to which, drink an entire glass of milk to get speaking through Speaking of brownie. which, do you, do you want to announce your endeavor that you want to take partake oh, since we're talking about food? Do you, want to, do you want to announce that to the world right now? Well, I don't know if it's really an endeavor that I want to partake in. Yes, you it's do. To a degree. It's only because you think I can't. Yep, I see. And that's really do. got me going on this. It's what we like to call here at Weird Science the Eight Triple Challenge. The Eight Triple Challenge. That is a fancy name. Now, Tell me about this Eight Triple Challenge. First, you have to think about the Wendy's Classic Triple. The Triple, yes. You but, got that in your mind. Yes, I got it in my mind. And when I eat the Triple, it doesn't involve any lettuce or tomato like your nonsense. You don't like deliciousness. We already no, established I, that. A Triple, once you go past a Double, you cannot have that big a con. Like, I, they're not uh, garnish. I'm the condiment king. Yeah, but I don't mind um, ketchup and mustard and pickle on that. 
Um, but yeah, the lettuce and tomatoes too much. That's a Don't messy the sandwich onion. already. Don't the onion. It's too big then. But uh, so before we even go, does this eight triple challenge involve lettuce, tomato, and onion? Yes, it okay. involves the standard class. Yeah, then you're you're done. You're not doing it. Tell them what it is. Well, somehow we got to talking this week where I said I could probably sit down and polish off eight triples. And then we got to, and he's, and Jim's like, no, you can't. Yeah, and that started, pissed me off. I actually started yelling at you. Dem's fighting words right there. And you know, when, when we get in these arguments too, is I start throwing out made up stats. Hey, Peter J. DeMoss followed us. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy moly. I just gave him a bad review on Arkham Knight. Oh my Crazy. God. I think that he's actually trying to uh, keep an eye on me. <laughs> He's like, what this motherfucker give me anyway, a bed review? Sorry, I just got I got excited, but yes. eight triple challenge. The eight, eight triple challenge. I'm telling you, the minute that I said you can't do that, and then you start, and then I start screaming at you about <laughs> like, first you're gonna have to do this. Then I had it all worked out about how you could not do it, and then and we also kind of, what's it's forty five minutes. You got to do it in. Well, that's the problem. Then. We kind of let it go for a little, and each day of the week, we kind of, <laughs> it came up again, and we kind of started doing I told you originally half hour, and you said that's, no, you can't do that. You brought up your old McDonald's box, and we're talking about that. And the issue is, I said to you, when you do these challenges, now this is where these people on YouTube and stuff like this do these things. To me, you have to have a bait. Like, you need to have, like, if it's not 30 minutes, then it's 45, yeah. and then the next step's hour. You can't be like, oh, you got to do that in 52 yeah, 15, minutes and then 15, no. No, 15-minute increments. Yes, you, Everybody you do knows that. that. Come on. So I said 30. You said no, so we went with 45. Hour, to me, then you've you got some downtime you can rest. Yeah, I'm freaking laying on a table, smoking a cigarette, you know, just hanging out. Like a badass. Waiting to finish that last one because I showed you up like you're a punk. <laughs> You're not doing it. So basically, you told me uh, eight classic triples. You can uh, eat in 45 yes. minutes. And I said to you today, you know what we should do? We should get on that Kickstarter that everyone's talking about and kickstart <laughs> this bitch because all we'd need is about 60 bucks. Yep. And then we were coming up with all the incentives. <laughs> which you get the be... unedited footage. Oh, yeah. The unedited footage. And the aftermath. Oh, yeah. Because I said I used to watch um, religiously watch Man vs. Food. I yeah. thought it was the greatest thing. Again, I've, I've said it on the podcast. I love food shows. I don't like cooking shows. I like when guys are oh, yeah. gluttons and eat. I want the aftermath. When that guy eats <laughs> 10 ghost chili pepper things and he can barely take them, I want to see him taking a crap the next day where he's screaming bloody murder. See, that I don't, would I don't, be fun. I don't need to see it. I'd like oh, to hear hilarious. it maybe. It'd be, I'm telling you, Man vs. Food was huge. You have the web series afterwards of the aftermath the next couple of days, <laughs> and I'm telling you, it would have been, it would have been through the roof. The we guy, shit the guy guys would out now, there? Eric, I'd like to say that I think his name's Adam Richmond would be yeah. on a rickshaw at this very moment because I would tune in. I would love to see him have freaking projectile fiery diarrhea. And I'm telling you, you might well, think I'm weirder. I would like to see it. After he comes out before they flush, I want a view of that. I want There's that. There's something there. wrong with you. There is. There's something wrong with me. But I would like to see that. Plus, I would love a weigh-in. If we do it, you're weighing yourself before and after the Oh, challenge. yeah, definitely. And then we don't need a video, per se, of you taking a crap. I want a journal. I want you to describe the pain because I'll, you are going to be backed up, my friend. I'll record the audio. Oh, my God. Oh, that'd be good. I'll record it because it'll be at work. You'll be screaming, <laughs> yelling. You'll be giving birth. <laughs> giving birth, my friend. We're going to need a bigger birth. boat. We're going to need your bigger boat. You're going to need, I don't know what. You're going to need a, a oar 
and a prayer. But here we go. We're going to get on to mail. But, yeah, look for the uh, 8 Triple Challenge, which I think is such a great name. That is yeah. a fancy name. Somebody's going to steal it from us and have it. But 8 Triple Challenge. Well, it's like way. after I brought up what I wanted to call my horror movie podcast on Twitter with Ryan and Reggie. Oh, you mean your horror movie podcast with that unique and uh, crazy name. What were you going to call it? Horror movie night. Oh, horror movie night. Oh, my goodness. Nobody had it until I put it up on Twitter. Now it's on there. Those guys saw it. They stole your... Stole my fucking thunder. So go and listen to it because you're never having this podcast. See, this is I gotta be like that. You're a negative Nancy. No, this is my... This is how I actually motivate people. I just yell at you. Next thing you know, you're eating eight triples. <laughs> you're going to kill me. Because <laughs> I yelled at you that you wouldn't be able to do it. And you think you did. I. It's, so, like, it's like my girlfriend's like, you wouldn't break up with me. That sounds like a challenge. That does sound like a challenge, all right. I had a double whopper, or not double whopper, double quarter pounder, and it, that made me sick. So anymore, well, anymore when I eat at McDonald's, I go food shopping on Friday and then me and my son Rafe go together. He's the only one who will go with me. So I take him out to dinner and he always picks McDonald's. Uh, Last week he picked Arby's and it was funny because Brett Booth had talked about Arby's on Twitter. So I sent him a picture and he he retweeted this awful looking picture (laughs) of these freaking roast beef sandwiches. But every time I eat at McDonald's, I get heartburn immediately. And then uh, my wife Tanya said it's because I'm an old man. Yeah, that might be true, but we're going to get on the mail, Eric. All right, mail time. This is going to be a long podcast already, and here we are talking send about it, a triple challenge. Mail. But yeah, um, stay tuned for for more eight triple challenge news because that's coming up. But also, yeah. I'd like some support here. Send in your mail, tell me if you think I can do it. I can't do it. Maybe I'm an some awful tips. piece of shit. There's some... people fucking starving in goddamn Africa, and you're going to sit down and eat eight triples. Oh, and also, fucking... we forgot to say that we were going to say that you were doing this. To bring awareness to heart disease. <laughs> That's how you get away with stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. But, yeah, we're going to get on with the mail. And the only way you're going to get your mail on, though we read everything, is to send it to our email address that is weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And you Oops. know what, Eric? I said that like I know it. And it's because I spelled it out completely on the outline in individual words. So oh, I know. There. You sent me the outline. Did I started laughing when I saw it. Oh, yeah. I, I want to be professional. Yes, yeah, send your mail to weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and then you'll get on the podcast because we read everything. And that's going to come into play a little later because we read everything, and I don't know that we should. <laughs> because uh, this first bit of mail, we're going to have a couple segments here because the first is going to be called the Dan Hate segment. I was going to make a different name, but we'll keep it with the Dan Hate segment. Ban the Dan. Dan the Geek Man, as we call him. He has his geek news. And, yes, we like to poke fun at Dan. It's all in good fun, kind of. And, uh, but that's what we do. I make fun of you all day. We yes. get on the podcast, and we make fun of other people because we are a unified army. The army of two, I tell you, Eric. And when we get on this podcast, it's us against the world, somewhat. And, and Dan, you against me. And, yes, and me against you, and you... Kind of kick it my way, but I'm more against you. But yes, Dan had a problem last week. He had food poisoning. We were waiting for that geek news. Food poisoning. He had oh, food wait, they poisoning. can't see me doing the quotation. Yes. Uh, you said to me that when you were Dan's age, which Dan, I believe, is 21 or 22, correct? Yeah, something like 22, there. I think. Um, you said that anytime you said you had food poisoning at 22, that meant you stayed out too late drinking and you were hungover. Yes. So, but it's weird because he sent it late night, so maybe he was already out drinking. And well, that's when you do it. You don't want to freaking pass out and forget to send a thing. 
I um I actually have a big problem. I hate when people say like you're like oh did you try that Chinese restaurant down the, the oh I ate there it gave me food poisoning bullshit you got sick and you just happened to eat there I hate when people say that <laughs> I'm telling you I'm not hating on Dan but this this food poisoning unless he went to the hospital and they told him that bullshit he had a stomach flu don't give me this food poisoning he had diarrhea he ate, I, ate, I think ate he was just challenge. drunk you think he was drunk I think he was sick. You don't, you don't need to spell it out. It, actually, to me, it sounded like, you know, when you call into work uh, sick. Yeah. Which, no, you don't, because you just never show. That's but, true. I haven't called him in years. But when people do, it's like, I, I, here's my at home. I'm me being somebody who's a jerk. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. I got to call work. Uh, hello. Uh, I'm sick. And it's such bullshit. God has sent down the plagues. It's, so it's bullshit. Like, I told you, I, sent, I called in sick once to work, and it was actually because my car had been hit by a drunk driver while parked, and I actually called in sick for a voluntary Saturday shift. I know, you fucking And shit. I was like an 80s movie where a guy calls up a girl after the first date and starts talking. <laughs> like, And I went on and on explaining what happened and all this. And then the- Leaving the, multiple messages because you ran went, out of time. Yeah, the answering machine went off. And I didn't call back. I was going to, but then I'm like, oh my God, they're going to get this message. I'm such a loser. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know it's Saturday and, and we don't really have to come in. But I said we were going to come in while well, my car was hit by a drunk driver last night. Boy, I was really angry because it was at 3 a.m. And, and by the way, I had Chinese food, and I think I might have food poisoning. But I don't really want to blame it on the Chinese restaurant because people who do that are real assholes. It went all, oh, my God. I didn't say who I was. But yeah, they, 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 got the, the, they got the idea. And then they kind of laughed at What me. stupid asshole would call yeah, in like, like this? Oh, yeah, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Jim. Yeah, they go down the list. Well, it's not Eric. He doesn't call in. It's not. It's Jim. Eric hasn't called in since 2003. It's Jim. But yes, here we go. We're going to start with the dance segment with the first mail that's from O. Grodd. Great name. Yes. Thank God there was no geek news this week. Last week, the geek guy gave me food poisoning of the ears. By the way, I wish that Jim would have done the news. Hello, Weird Science. Yeah, I yeah. really wish you would have, too. Actually, I believe that that's also a um, continuing thing. Where people wanted, were upset that I didn't do the news as Dan. <laughs> the next, can't, you can't make promises like that and not deliver. Yes. Well, the next bit of news or mail is John. John Eric. Now, you think this is the same Johnny's tell us we suck and blow? Nope, I checked. It is not. Okay. I was hoping it was. It's spelt different, and it's a different email. John says, I have some expired meat we could send Dan. I mean, I hope he gets better in a month or so. <laughs> I want Jim doing the news as Dan at least once, please. Yeah, I'm telling you, next time Dan doesn't send his uh, news in, you're yes. doing this. You've got to get on and this. And you know what? It may be this podcast. Maybe. I have not heard word from him in a couple of days. Okay, the next one's from CJ. This is where it gets a little crazy, Eric. Should I yeah. read this email word for word? Yes, okay. I think you should, especially well, as the way he wants you to do well, it. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll like that. Okay, CJ writes, and in, in uh, the deal, he says, please have Jim read this as Dice Man. <laughs> Here I go. I'm doing the, the arm going. Yeah, get your arm going, baby. Let me think. Food poisoning. More like too much come from sucking all that cock. Oh! <laughs> Just tell him to get his stomach pumped and record the damn news. Better yet, tell him to skip it because that's what I do. Oh! 
<laughs> That's what CJ said. <laughs> CJ, you're an awful person. Why would you say that? I think Boy, CJ was like me, and I ended up watching The Adventures of Ford Fairline this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is awful, CJ. I don't even know why you made me. Yeah, we don't condone that action, CJ. No, you calm don't. yourself. Is, uh, Thanks for writing in. <laughs> Boy, when Dan hears this. Um, He's going to be Dan, so upset. Dan, don't get upset. This is what happens when you're an internet celebrity. People will hate, and you know what? Haters gonna hate, Eric. The next one is from Jared. Oh! Hey, Jared. Um, I like this. I love. Actually, I love this one. I love right. Jared's uh, email here. Uh, he seems to be a longtime listener, first time writer. Jared says, "Hey there, Jim and Eric. I, yeah, I like too. They always say me first. Hey there, Jim and Eric." I just recently, within the last two or three months, found your podcast through the Stitcher app on my phone. He's the one person, Eric. We found our Stitcher listener. (laughs) Since then, I've gone back and listened to all of your old episodes, except the first two, which aren't available on the app. And I'm telling you, Jared, they never will be. You you think that I'm telling you that I love Jared. Now, Jared, I'm not going to force you to email us back, but I want you to tell me what you thought of Dan's appearance on episode three. Because we were actually a very, very we were impressed with Dan. Yeah, I really liked that. And that was at a point in the um, early stages. Obviously, episode three, we were trying to find a third. We we're trying to find a third person to do the uh, the podcast with. For some reason, I had it in my head that it would be better for me and you to play off somebody else. Almost like that, he would be the straight man. He or she yeah. would be the straight person. And we would play off well with that. I'm glad we didn't go with that. Not that I'm saying Dan or, or anybody else. I'm just glad that we, we – I talk too much. What the hell are – you barely get a word in edgewise anyway. Plus, we yeah. don't talk to anybody else, and it's always awkward whenever we try to. That is true. It is funny. We're at, we're at work, and we don't talk to anybody. Yet, if people walk by me and you are just yapping away, <laughs> the laughing, I'm freaking making some cardboard box schematics. Next thing you know, you're doing that test with that thing off the roof. I made a Space Invader this week. Yeah, you did. You did make a, a – that was – we should have taken a picture of that, a cardboard Space Invader. That Hung it on the wall. Time well spent, Eric. <laughs> uh, he continues. Um, and then I read a bit of uh, Batman Nightfall earlier in the week. Yeah, you did. I was yelling at you. It was too <laughs> obvious. Um, I don't give a shit. I know. You're untouchable, as you say. I'm an American I, sweetheart. He continues, I enjoy the hell out of your show and spend many a night down in the operating room of the hospital I work at listening to every foul mouth crazy speak coming out of the headphones. Now, that you get the idea he works the night shift. Yes. And that, that's an awful shift. So, Jared, I, I feel for you. The only issue I have with the show is the supposed geek news. Oh. Now, we're going to go on with Jared's mail here because you already heard of CJ making me talk like Dice Man was just <laughs> horrendous. All these others. But boy, Jared, you, my friend, hit the hardest because this is he's getting real here. He says, every time that segment comes on, I want to slice open every artery I can find in my body which working in an operating room would be entirely too easy to accomplish. Every week, Dan comes off as such a whiny, pretentious, spoiled little duchess <laughs> that just wants to bitch at length if something doesn't go his way. What does he think about us? Seriously, boy, we, we bitch uh, about everything. Everything. Well, I guess we do it in a different way. God forbid I have to endure another rant about Apple this and shitty Microsoft that. We get it. You're a typical Apple fanboy who thinks he's God's gift to geekdom. I don't give a shit about your geek confessions, nor your short-lived podcast no one bothered to listen to. I listen to it. I listen every week. 
Anyway, sorry for the long rant. It's just something that's been on my mind since day one. It's so great. He listened to all these podcasts for months, and it's been bothering him ever since. Thanks for your time, and I appreciate what you guys do on a weekly basis. Sincerely, JC. And the Dan hate ends here. Now, I'm going to say something to Dan if he does listen to this. You have to remember that recently, which he, he didn't listen to this podcast since the beginning. The first what? 15 episodes, every email was about how we were awful. Oh, and God, yes. This, I mean, uh, Craig, who's coming up next, guy thinks I sound like droopy dog and freaking snagglepuss. That's, <laughs> that is not a compliment in my mind. Maybe he, funny, I'm going to say Craig Menon is a compliment. Craig, it, it, I didn't take it as Whatever that. you're going to tell yourself, baby. Yeah. The hate ends because now it's going to you. Craig oh, no. says, he, he actually sent this as a question to me. Hearing Eric's voice so often, have you found yourself thinking about Tony Danza's extended family more often perhaps necessary? Um, yes and no. I don't come off like Tony Danza. I don't, I, I'm guessing that he means that you have a, like a Philly, South Philly accent, which we are outside of Philadelphia. I think that we sound like an everyman, Eric. We sound like every guy in the country. Yeah, I get behind that. Especially when I start talking like this. So, and it's funny, uh, when this, this mail came in, I'm like, I'm doing right, a I'm voice, gonna... Eric. You're, you're ruining my, you're stepping on my voices. Go on, what were you saying? When this email came in, I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm going to be like Jim now. I'm going to do some voices. So I yep. pulled up some Who's the Boss, and I'm watching. I saw Mona looked like a monster. I got yeah, scared because I forgot not, how bad she looked, she she looked in the pretty. show. Yeah, she's been around forever. I'm, I can't do it, though. I totally forgot. That was like like Monday or Tuesday this came in. Yeah. Completely yeah. forgot about it the rest of the week. Yeah, so you don't have a Tony Danza for it? No, I ain't got Son nothing. Son of a bitch. You know what happened to me? Mona. I get on. Angela. I get on, and I look. That's actually pretty good. Hey. Huh. Hey, Angela. Why don't you get down on your knees and scrub something but the floor? Hey. Isn't that what he said? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll go with it. Hey, Samantha. Now, he better not go there, but that's where I, unfortunately, I get on uh, there, and I'm trying to find out. I'm hey, like, Samantha, I, go follow America's Sweetheart on Twitter. Hey, He's watching. Hey, uh, kid that I don't know your name, Angela's son. What the hell is <laughs> up with you, buddy? Oh, you weird it's... little freak. <laughs> I saw you sneak, sniffing Samantha's panties. Hey! Yeah, I don't, I don't do a good uh, Tony Danza, but what happened to me? I get on, and I want to see. I haven't watched Who's the Boss in quite some time. Yeah, me either. I actually I like Who's the Boss. I'm not a, I, I. I thought it was a good show. Um, there was no Charles in charge, but it was still well, good. Here's the problem is it's a show that doesn't have many catchphrases. No. Like you, you tell me, you give me, oh, hey, did you watch Full House? No, I don't even know what the you hell. You got it, you. dude. You got it, dude. Or cut that out. Hey, the hair. Not the hair. Yeah, every, there's so many. And, uh, yeah, there's not many catchphrases on that show. What is that kid's name? What is the boy's name? That he little was, freak? He was the worst. I oh, know. my God. And as he grows He was the boy, Wesley Crusher of that show. His life jumped the shark, Eric. Jesus Christ. I don't know what that guy... Yeah, but Wesley, yeah, he was. But why isn't he a big internet star now? He could have a geek fucking thing. I think though. he killed himself. He may have. I, I don't know. I haven't seen him much. Actually, I think that he turned into Mario Lopez. He's Justice League. <laughs> Justice League. All right. But, yeah, I, I like to think of Alyssa Milano a bit. I don't think of Eric and Tony Danza. I, I like quite often. I, and the problem is, this is where Craig went wrong with the insult. He should have done this first to you. 
after he made fun of me and you loved it, it doesn't hit hard with this one. <laughs> and and you, what you would have had if you did this the last week, hit you with something, if he called you Droopy Dog and Snagglepuss, that would have devastated you because you hate your voice. Oh, I hate it so much. And I don't mind it. I like it. It's very soothing. I go to bed listening to it every night. And, uh, after the podcast, I want you to record like stuff like, just pretend you're sleeping. <laughs> Stuff like that, or like, uh, like catch, go back to sleep. like catchphrases. This isn't happening. <laughs> Don't tell your mother. Stuff like that. That stuff always puts me to sleep. Let's play suitcases. <laughs> it's time for vacation. Let's load up the suitcase, buddy. Oh God. I used to like playing suitcase, but the the next email's from Mario. Maybe it's Mario. Take you to Lef- Pound Town. Don't worry. <laughs> I know the back way in. Population you. The us. next the, <laughs> population, <laughs> us. The next email you told me to put this. Did you remember when you told me to put? No, this? I didn't remember this at all. Okay, you told me to. It's from Mario. And all right, <laughs> Mario. Mario. Mario says, "Let talk." Thank you, Mario. That's it. Mario sent me an email. Let talk. And I agree. Let talk, indeed. You know what? Let talk indeed. I want a shirt. Let Mario say, let talk. How about Oops. that? Do you think that would take off? Weird science. or Weird out loud. Let talk. <laughs> Hit the Kickstarter. We're going to kickstart that. Uh, we need 10 bucks. That's all it, we need. I need 60 for the 8 triple challenge. And 60 for the 8 triple challenge. So there, we have two Kickstarters going. Everybody's Kickstarting. I want to kickstart. I want to be a millionaire on the Kickstarter. Let's go to Indiegogo. All right. Yeah. You want to do that? Is that no, what that no, stupid ass, is that what your guy did? Indiegogo? Charles Band. Yeah, Charles that's what he's doing. Band. Oh, my goodness. I, Peter Tomasi, that you were more excited about Peter Tomasi following us or Charles Band? Charles Band. I, I think Charles Band because you only, I'm the one who does all the Tomasi books. I did all so the fucking Batman and Robin before. You know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to announce it right here. I'm going to send Tomasi a little request for a five uh, question interview. What do you think of that? I think it's awesome. Five we're talking about we need a new one Peter earlier J. today. Tomasi, so we're going to do that. I will do that after the podcast. All right, manship. You're going to go to bed. Yes, I'm almost in bed right now. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I'm tired. I did. I took two of these knockoff energy drinks uh, called Red Thunder from Aldi, <laughs> and boy, they are awful. But can you tell I'm actually? They have pepped me up. I feel like I am pepped and ready to go, Eric. And with that, I'm going to go to manship's email now. Uh, man, here's the thing. I will tell you. I, I wanted to keep it a secret. Me and Manship have formed a internet email bromance. Oh, Eric, Jesus Christ. Uh, we talk a lot during the week. He talks to me about some certain books. We talk about what's going on. and I Relationship advice. Things. Yep, relationship advice. I give him – I'm more uh, clairvoyant, so I give him what I think will be the numbers for next week's lottery. A little bit of and information on the Church of Latter-day Saints. Stuff like that. We, we get involved with that. Uh, we might – We get uh, – <laughs> Leave people alone. Yes. Um, no, I like Manship, and I like to talk to people. I like Manship, too. Like I said, we, I don't talk to anybody at work. I come home, and I'm more of a hermit when I come home doing these goddamn reviews and this podcast. So me and Manship were in bromance. And what happened is I told you earlier, Manship emailed me, what, what the hell's with this four-minute gap? And I'll give Manship uh, credit because other people listen. They, actually, other people listened and just figured I'm an idiot and probably, well, eh, it confused me. I went with it. And uh, Manship's like, holy crap, I better No, what they you. figured was, oh, my God. 
they gave us a break. Well, thank God. Manship gets to that because Manship, I he had I had sent him things and I said, oh my God, I'm sorry for that. I was, you know, I'm a nice guy. I come off as an asshole. Didn't I say last week I come more uh, not an asshole but a dickhead, more of a dickhead. So would you be rather, would you like to be called dickhead. an asshole or you would like a dickhead? Yeah. How about would you, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. I, that I was going to ask you something else, but I'll ask you off the air. Uh, Manship says about me emailing him, and I said, I'm sorry. Hey, not annoying <laughs> at all, bro. Although those lost four, lost four minutes are probably the best four minutes of the podcast. Yeah. God damn you, Manship. I thought we had a friendship going. Great <laughs> podcast once again. You're I must, on the list. I must admit that I thought you guys were so damn negative when I first started listening. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah we're, we're pretty negative. I would, I would get so pissed at your reviews during Convergence. Yes, I loved every part of Convergence. Preach it, brother. Yes, I also love pale, pasty, red-headed women with freckles. Who does it? explains a lot, right? Yeah, Eric, that's Eric. You just mentioned Eric's dream woman. Oh, my God, yeah. Or man. Uh, no, never yeah, mind. Never uh, mind. Before that, I, Convergence, there were certain books I loved. I loved that uh, Adventures of Superman book. Um, I loved Batman and the Outsiders first issue, like I said. I loved the Swamp Thing. For I, loved, I really the question, enjoyed brother, some of it. The question. But, yeah, the question was great. As a whole, though, I think it was a disaster, and I think it is going to, uh, it's going to hit hard later on because uh, we might even talk about the numbers at the end of the podcast tonight. I don't know. I, I forgot all about that. They released the sales numbers, and boy, they're not good. And I think that's still a hangover from Convergence. That's just me, but I'll go on with the mail. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, I also love <laughs> – oh, he's the pale, pasty women. Now yeah. I, now I Talk seem more to, about them. Now I seem to agree with you guys more than I disagree because now you're finally right. You're on the trolley. Yeah. About time. Either you guys wore me down just like Batmite did to Robin. Yeah, I, uh, that happens too. Or maybe you guys have gotten more positive. No. <laughs> Again, we say this. We review every book. Other podcasts that I listen to, and I don't want to rant and rave about other podcasts or, or websites. A lot of these get to pick and choose what they're going to do, especially ones that don't just do DC. And what happens is they get to pick the books they like. We don't get that uh, freaking – what am I saying? What's the word? I don't know what the hell you're going for We here. don't. We don't get that uh, convenience. I All don't right. know what I'm saying. But, yeah, uh, we review every book that comes out. So, yeah, we're going to have some stinkers that we don't like. Uh, I want to like every book. I want to like every book. I, that's what I just said. I want to like them, too, because that helps us, gets me in the mood. I'll tell you this week, when we get to Justice League United, not only will I tell you how much I hated that book, it threw me off for a whole night of reviews. Because <laughs> once I start reading and a book I'm that I really done. hate, and, yeah, it's like time for bed. And then, so I told you, always end on a book you like. I know, but sometimes you can't. Once I read it, I was already down. I didn't even review it that night. I was so upset with it, but I had already read it. I got that. I'm like, it's bedtime. And then my wife said, well, it's quarter six. <laughs> <laughs> bedtime. Uh, he says, what I'm saying, no fucking Carried way. you to bed, you little yeah. guy. And, tucked, he, yeah. and he continues. He's saying, maybe we got more positive. And Manship continues. What am I saying? No fucking way. Positivity <laughs> is a disease to you two. And heart disease as well. Keep up the good work. And please keep being honest to us listeners and readers. Signed, Ultra Manship. Thanks, Manship. We'll but, try to keep being honest. We try to be honest. And, and, uh, Gotta be legit, baby. Gotta be legit. I don't legit. think that I'm fully... Um, Negative, but yeah, once we hit the podcast, we start picking and choosing the things that we think are funny and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. That seemed to be how the podcast worked. We're going to talk about the whole book. We're going to talk. And hey, there was this funny part. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And that's oh, what the can, whole thing became. This part. Uh, next, uh, speaking of crazy, Chisanga wrote in, Eric. 
Chisanga did not mention anything about me saying <laughs> about Australia or New Zealand. So, Chisanga, let me know. Let me know where you're from, either of those two. You can narrow it down. I'm not coming to get you. Chisanga said, hey, guys. I don't believe it. What do you think of the Superman hate train? I can't understand their... I can upset, understand they're upset about him endangering people by living among them, but why is everyone forgetting he is a hero? That's his first part. And I, I, it's a question that I've been asking you for weeks now. We get in the heated arguments about this at work. Yeah, actually, today I was, I was yelling at you, yeah. and then you were being a jerk-off and pretending <laughs> that, oh, you were pretending to be a concerned citizen of Metropolis. <laughs> and I, I think that the role I was playing at that point was uh, Superman's uh, lawyer, because I was yelling about ah, this. I'll tell you my whole um, thing in a nutshell. Everybody loves Clark Kent still. Everybody loves Superman. Why do they hate when they're combined? They're, neither of them are bad guys. I said to you at one point, if Mother Teresa worked at the cardboard box factory but was going under a, an assumed name uh, and then we found out it was Mother Teresa, I would not be angry at her. I wouldn't be angry. You mean she lied to me? Yeah, she lied to you. It doesn't matter. Outrage. Then, again, Outrage. why in one of these issues, probably Superman, maybe they will, but it makes no sense. Why didn't he not have a press conference and come out and say, listen, I know people are upset. Yes, I was living among you, but it's because, Get the tomatoes ready, boys. It's because I, was, I was trying to protect the ones I love from harm. That, and, then the, oh, and then he, he could say, listen, tell this story. Boo. I was an orphan. My planet was Boo. destroyed. I was an orphan. And, and as you're doing that, he heat break you, kills that guy. You know, and see, say, he's a menace. I was raised by humans. Hey, here they are. They died, unfortunately. But here's a picture of them. There I am. I was raised as humans. I consider myself half human. And I, I, you know, I consider myself human. When I'm Clark Kent, I'm human. Um, and yes, I'm not here to steal your jobs or your women. But he is. No, he Fucking doesn't. filthy aliens coming down to our planet. We're, we have all this problem with freaking illegal immigrants coming into the country, stealing our jobs. But this motherfucker is coming from another planet. And yeah. going, Where's his social security card at? I'm telling you, we're going to get into it when we talk about Action Comics later in the <laughs> podcast. Because there's a point where uh, the police officer was awful as a shadow monster. Yeah. And yet people still support him. And you said, yeah, because he's a he's a American. He's from Earth. He's, he's from American. Earth. Yeah. It's so bad. Um <laughs> Uh, I, actually, no, I, re- I really don't feel this way, though. I just like to fuck yeah, with Jim. Jody actually <laughs> sent me a note earlier. Did you see that? Because he has the same problem. He's pissed no, I didn't off. See it. And he said that even in, um, I forget what it was. What was it where there was a holographic uh, Lex Luthor as, or no, a holographic Brainiac as president? Do you know I have story? no idea. It was some, it's one of the older stories. And people were, weren't uh, upset about it because it was an American holographic. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> But, yeah, I, it seems off to me. And, again, this whole thing, we'll get into the it. The whole later. thing stems from everything we had going on with Doomed and the infection that was and, caused with it. And, you know, it's, it's not safe to be around Superman. And if he's going to be living among regular people, we should know about oh, it. You, cause you, that's what you say, but yet they have not brought up that virus at all in this truth story. They don't need yet. to. Me no, and the people have. No, you and the people. It's wrong. <laughs> I think the, the concerned the, citizens of America I have. I think the problem with having <laughs> these four books with the story, it is four, right? Yeah. The total is four books. The problem to me is that you have the, the four books. Superman, the actual Superman title is the one dealing with him with the identity being – Depowerment. Uh, and like depowerment the identity. That's like the start of everything. And because everything's going along in the same time, every other book is pussyfooting around everything. So they can't <laughs> come out and explain things or tell explain you – Explain it. Or like – 
I'm telling you, in this part, yes, in Action Comics, the, he goes into his room, his apartment, and there's like, go home, alien scum. We don't want you. Ah, da, da. But yet because the Superman book, he doesn't really even deal. He's just like shakes his head and like, I can't believe people. But yet you want an explanation. You want him to say like, I thought we already dealt with this. or all Because there's always going to be hate. Yeah. T- talk to Dan. There's yeah. always haters. But it just comes off as, it comes off as wrong to me. This is a, what did they think Superman was doing? I, I said today, do they just think he li- lives in the watchtower? Do you think he disappears? It, this should not be that much of a shock. This shouldn't be a shock. And the, the, where I want to see this happen, they're going to go this far into this. I want the next Justice League story to be about the everybody wanting to know the Flash's identity. They want to know Batman's identity. A superhero I, registration They want to know all, yeah, Civil War, baby. Let's go. Uh, it, they should have that because this is what it's it's doing, and it it doesn't seem real to me. Uh, you know, you have all these people going. I don't know. It it just it seems odd. The whole that whole that part of the truth storyline. I think they shouldn't have gone with depowerment. Fine. This identity business. I think they're painting themselves into a freaking corner, and I I I think it's stupid. I don't like it, but we'll, right. we'll talk about that later. But Chisanga continues. Also, what are your thoughts on Bruce Wayne's new development? I feel Alfred is just taking advantage of the situa- situation for what he wants Bruce to have. What do you think? Because you are the Batman guy. You reviewed Batman this week. I love it myself. Yeah. I thought this whole monologue that Alfred gave us in this week's Batman was beautiful. I, yeah. I'm so behind Bruce Wayne being able to have a normal <laughs> Oh, life. you're behind him, are you? Yes, I am. I actually, Especially with that beard. I actually threw out the thing that I think he's going to start dating his old love, and then Alfred's going to kill her to get him to be Batman. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it's going to be some, like an unknown killer, and then Alfred's going to come out from the behind, and he's going to say he's going to go to the police. Is he going to have a hook for a hand? No, he's going to say it was the one-armed man. And then he's <laughs> going to run, and he's going to say, I didn't kill my wife and jump out of a freaking sewer pipe. The end. That sounds like a story that could be a movie, Eric. Or, no, I, or an old TV show. Saying that, what, what would Alfred do in this case? He says, okay, you're Batman, but you have no expertise anymore, no training. So if you ever go back to being Batman again, you will just simply die and do no, nobody any good. No, because you know what will happen? He will – something will happen and he will train his ass off, Eric. And as I saw, uh, Jim Gordon trained for like two months. That guy's in tip-top shape. I you know what? Take Bruce like two weeks. You know what it would be? What's Bruce that? puts on the cow again. Not even the cow. Fuck all that noise. He gets mugged in the street, and it's one of those tropes you hate where the secret oh, agent yeah. doesn't yeah. know he's a secret agent, and all of a sudden he has all this training. What did I just do? What he would do is he the guy would pull out the gun. All of a sudden he'd ba- hit the gun aside, twist it around, break the guy's arm, pull the gun, and then shoot the guy, and then look at the gun and drop it drop in it. horror and then run. Uh, they always do that. Why doesn't anybody find the bodies in this gun and tag the person who's done it? Yeah, that that is my least favorite thing. That's in so many movies. Where I think it's they, in that new one with Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, you said that. They like it's like the born identity. Exactly. He's looking at his hands. Whose hands are these? Oh my it's, goodness! It's body parts all of a sudden. I would He's like, got the hands of a serial killer. I would like to have. Um, if we ever do videos, I want one where you come over to my house and it's like we're we're fighting, and then all of a sudden you see all these moves, and somehow I've made you waffles, and I I look at him. <laughs> How did I make these waffles? I've never made waffles before. I think your house is hot. I'm a pancake man. What is going on? I'm a Russian spy. Next thing you know, you see my former deal. I was a Russian uh, chef. Oh, no. Strictly waffles, though. It's very odd. Uh, Yes, but that's your your mail there. 
have fun in Australia, New Zealand. Hello, love. Put a shrimp on the barbie for me. If and there if goes Chisanga. If he's from New Zealand, he's going to kill me. <laughs> All right. The I next... think if he's from Australia, he's going to kill you for that too. Hello. I'm trying to, what are the, uh, what is the, um, what do they call, what is, uh, what, what's like a name that you call somebody in Australia? Like, uh, not mate. I want to go with something else. There was something else I heard. I think that Boomerang uses it a lot. That's who I'm thinking. I'm trying mm-hmm. to challenge him. Hello, crocodile. I don't know. Dingo? Hey, the dingo ate my baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, you, hey, get Australia there. for beer. <laughs> Fosters. Now my throat is killing me. And oh, we have no more listeners shit. in Australia. We're done. Yes, Australia. I don't think we're big in Australia. We're big in Japan, as they say. Uh, the next one's from Chris. If I'm not mistaken, Chris is from Scotland. So here we go. Yes. Hello, love. <laughs> Put some haggis on the barbie. Chris, or like I, I want to call him Pistol, Eric. Oh, yeah? Pistol. Pistol. Hey, hey, Jim and Eric, firstly, let's dive into the past. All right. Dive into that. I never I'm thought nostalgic. I nostalgic. I like doing that. I never, <laughs> I never, oh, this is funny, too. Um, this actually goes so much against Manship's email. It's like they are the uh, reverse. They are mirror images. One is one, and the other is the opposite. First, let's dive into the past. I, I never, know what a reverse is. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought I would experience anything as excruciatingly long and pointless as the confusing convergence event, in quotes. That was until I recently listened to all of your podcasts reviewing said event. <laughs> However, unlike convergence, I somehow enjoyed listening to your guys give voice to all of the frustrations I had when reading those books. Being a newer reader, I found the whole convergence thing to be very confusing and deeply unsatisfying as it seemed to have no effect on anything. Hashtag all filler. I like that. The whole thing about Telos's hidden identity. That's Chuck. Ch- Chuck was particularly lame, and I really wish the big reveal of it was Telos turning to the collected characters saying, My name is Jeff, <laughs> in a parody of America's former sweetheart, former sweetheart, Channing Tatum from yeah, 22 right. Jump Street. Yeah, um, you're now America. Yeah, Channing Tatum has nothing on you. Oh, no. Nothing on you. I don't now, know why they didn't come to me for that gambit, but. His name is Jeff. Now back to the present. Great podcast last week. Even though the week was light on books, I enjoyed hearing your first, my first listener mail read out, read out, which means I must now go kill myself because I must be even more of a sad sack than you two sad sacks. Nobody's as much of a sad sack as us. I totally agree with Reggie's view on the killing joke. It's disappointing that people are trying to distance themselves from this great story because they find the shooting of Barbara Gordon to be distasteful in the sterilized new world we live in. I also have to agree that when I read The Killing Joke, I never got the idea that that the Joker raped Barbara. I've always felt that the Joker is asexual, which I think makes him even scarier because he isn't even wreaking havoc and mayhem on people for sexual kicks. See, it's funny, too, because I think I read The Killing Joke. I was 9 or 10 years old. Yep. And until all this uproar recently, the rape never occurred to me. I never had that in my mind once. Yeah, I, I again. And I think all these other motherfuckers out there are sick. Well, yeah, but they, and it's like they go at it now, and you're going into it, and you're thinking stuff, and all that. Why? Where was they got the, rape on the mind? And where was where was it all? Like where was it before? Where was this big uproar before? I'm sure there was uh, a no. little, but no. I I don't think. So I wasn't reading comics then. It was a masterpiece, um, plain and simple. Yeah, I wasn't reading comics then, so I, I was I was getting cues there. I was busy <laughs> playing hockey. 
cross-checking people and actually getting them from behind. I'd go in. I'm on, oh, yeah? I'm on offense. I get them all from behind. I'm going in on offense. I beat a freaking guy, and somehow, you know, once in a while, the goalie has to make a save. Yeah. You know, they get lucky sometimes. Actually, I think I hit the pads. But then what would happen is, like, if, if a guy would hit me, then the play would go back. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to the other way towards my uh, defensive zone, yeah. and I would I go. Be- I would go behind the defenseman, and I'd nail him behind the freaking shin or the knee. The knee was the best. The fuck is wrong with you? That's what you do. That's how you play the game. All right. So I don't play games with you. Yes, I know. On another note, I wanted to say that Jim, your impression of Dan is so spot on. It <laughs> made me laugh out loud, and I always enjoy hearing your Gal Gadot. Thanks. Oh, God and Mae West. Come up and see me sometime, big boy. Also, Eric, you have the voice of an angel because uh, you're America's current sweetheart, so just keep it up, champ. <laughs> <laughs> it's my dad. It's, are you my father? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You call him sport, and I'm done. All right. Also, I don't have a great name like Reggie, and I don't want to be confused with uh, the, any other Chris's. I should like now to be referred to my nickname, Pistol. Yeah, I'm never that, calling you that. Either that or Obsidian Blackbird McKnight, because that's metal. That is it is metal. metal. <laughs> that is metal, but I like Pistol. I do pistol. not. I will never call you that. Pistol. Regards, Pistol. I really, I really want to commit it to my memory, though, the freaking Obsidian, Obsidian Blackbird, Blackbird McKnight. McKnight. I will never remember that next week, though. OBM, we call him down in the corner. Hey, OBM. Oh, yeah? yeah. Hey, OBM, what's going on? You pay that child support? No, I didn't. These aren't my kids. I'm going on Maury. Oh, God. They're pistol. Jesus Christ. All right. Now we're going to go to Reggie's mail. Reggie didn't email last week. He was in Canada. He was in Thunder Bay fighting Racky. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's with tea with Miss McGill, Eric. I nice. don't know what he's doing there. And then I said, I don't know. I was going to do uh, what? That Racky's a fucking animal. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. All right. Reggie starts off. Dear Jim. Last week when I couldn't write a cruel email due to being on vacation, I feared that you would take it as an implication that your podcast has improved. does not require my further denigration. Rest assured, your podcast is still the equivalent of audible bone cancer. That is rough. And if I don't remind you of this fact for a week, then you can simply assume it is true. This sounds like John. Seriously. I kind of had a theory that Reggie might have been John originally, but I don't think it's true. Because if your podcast ever improves, then there will be more visible signs like dogs and cats living together in sin and Satan absconding from hell with an overcoat and mittens, complaining about the cold. It was heartening to hear listeners like Craig fighting the good fight to remind you and Eric of how (laughs) utterly deplorable you are and how your podcast is best used as lawn fertilizer. During my vacation, I went to Canada. And it occurred to me that it would probably be a better location for you and Eric to live than Pennsylvania. For one thing, you could abuse your cholesterol-clogged bodies with impunity due to their standardized or standard subsidized health care. Here I go. I'm going off the rails already, Eric. Oh, goody. Uh, yes. For another thing, I didn't see any Puerto Rican Amish. Yeah, I, I avoid them. They, they all, I don't know what it is with my face. They want to kick it. Or other regional Stay baddies. on your side, young blood. Come on. Other regional baddies that might antagonize the two of you for existing. Indeed, my wife and I were approached by two cops during a Blue Jays game and thought we were going to get admonished. But one of them just grinned and said, you have a good day now, eh? Why would they, be, why would they stop to say that? Is that how nice they are? I, mean, yeah, I know that's the joke in Canada. Police stop you just to tell you to have a good day? And then they kept walking. And, and then Reggie yelled back, hey, go hump your St. Bernard, scum hey, nuts. Hey, I remember when I went. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's sending them nasty emails. But what really clinched it for me 
is that I visit a Canadian fast food chain, Harvey's, to find out how our neighbors to the north turn out the beef patties. What I discovered is that Harvey's makes the absolute worst hamburgers I've ever eaten, beating even my grade school lunches and the shitty frozen burgers they served at the local bowling alley. I used to like the, the grade school lunch. I loved burger. all cafeteria yeah. at school yeah, lunches. I loved it too. I was big on those. The ground beef seemed Yo, like... Yo, it's fucked Even after high school, I... I um, you would a buddy go of back? My, no, no. A buddy of mine worked with a lady who was a cafeteria worker. Oh, yeah? And on Stromboli Day, I used to have an arrangement with her where she would bring me to her other job and I would pay her some money. She'd give me my Stromboli fix. Really? Yeah. I did not do that. Though, um... Uh, we, me and you, one day when school starts again, we could go have lunch with my uh, youngest son in, in uh, elementary school. What, what is my excuse for being there? You're hungry. That's all you need. They say, bring appetite and clearance Jim, papers. That's all say, you need. Jim, I, I think there might be some laws against me showing Ooh, up there. I do not want to hear about that. The ground <laughs> beef seemed to have been whipped into a thick paste and reformed in a quarter-inch thick disc for consumption. And this Delicious. gave it the texture of a hot dog with the flavor of a fart. <laughs> I'm getting hungry, Eric. I, I'm not joking. As I choked it down, regretting my spontaneous decision to try Harvey's, all I could think of was Jim and Eric would probably love this crap, and he's right. And I yeah. don't know why you're on vacation with your wife in Canada and you're thinking of me and Eric, but I like it. And um, I don't know. That sounds a lot like a uh, White Castle burger to me, and I, I'm sure Reggie loves White Castle. So that's the Harvey's is Canadian White Castle, and I love every bit of it. I probably yeah, love see, Harvey's. White Castle is all about the sliders. You can't think of a regular hamburger when you, and you compare it to White Castle. He said it was reformed into a quarter-inch thick disc. That's a small burger. I think these thick. are sliders. I think Quarter-inch thick. Yeah, okay. I still these come across as sliders to me. Slide right out your and ass it's a, afterwards. It's a quarter. It's, it's think of a double quarter. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still gonna picture it as that. And in the meantime, I went to uh, Canada once, and we were in Toronto, and I ate a lot of Tim Hortons, that was the donut place there. I loved it. Tim Bits, I liked. They were their Munchkins. I've Tim, never been to Canada. Tim Bits, and it's funny because Tim Horton died um, while he was a player, I believe. And then they had something called Timbits as the munchkins. And it seemed very odd to me. <laughs> it seemed odd. But, uh, if you and Eric want to emigrate to Canada, I'll be glad to facilitate by framing you for terrorism and signing whatever petitions that will quicken the process. I'm sure your family and coworkers would be glad to pitch in probably possibly with pitchforks and torches. Of course, I'd much rather you move to the center of a live volcano. What, what are we, Scientologists? But I figure you will have to wear out your welcome. Out, uh, I just want to reenact Joe versus Volcano and get some uh, orange crust soda have to wear from out the your Apani Wu. At a few countries before the United Nations agrees to that. Love, Reggie the Reckless. Yeah, I, um, I'm off now. I'm going to Canada. Off to Canada. Actually, I'm going to Mexico, Eric. That's where you hide out. I don't Mexico. have a license. How am I going to get a passport? I'm going to dress up like one of the three amigos, head off to Mexico, and I will be welcome with open arms. They're going to cut your head off. Yeah, that's what happens, doesn't it? That's yeah. If you go to Mexico and don't know anything, you, you get your head cut All right, Reggie continues with you. Dear Eric, America's sweetheart. Yes. Something else I saw in Canada that really blew my mind was, oh, Henry, chocolate candy bars. I don't know if there are a prolific where you live, but I haven't had one in decades. Eric, have we had one recently? Yes, we did. After we get, received this email, Jim ran out at lunchtime at work <laughs> to go buy two. Yeah, because I knew that the place near our work had them, so I ran out and bought them. And I've never had one before that. No, and you didn't even recognize the rapper, which is crazy no. to me. I, I think the only thing I recognized was uh, Sue Ellen Minsky from Seinfeld was the, uh, the yeah. heiress to the O'Henry candy Cheers bar fortune. To the heiress to the O'Henry. Um, 
The problem with the O. Henry's we ate, I think that when Reggie had one in a couple decades ago, I think this was from that batch. Yeah, it tasted like Guys, it. it turns out that the O. Henry is one of Canada's most popular candy bars, often discounted, available in several sizes from various stationery stores and pharmacies. I think that being a shill for O. Henry makes more <laughs> sense for you, America's sweetheart, than becoming the new spokesman for Twix. Because Twix bars are a harmonious blend of cookie caramel and chocolate, repeated within the confines of a cellophane and package. And he's correct. They are While delicious. While O'Henry, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. While O'Henry bars are a schizophrenic mash of peanuts, caramel, and fudge covered in chocolate that strongly resembles a hardened poop. It did. Yes. And I'm telling you, I'm off with the O'Henry because I don't like that fudge and then the milk chocolate. It didn't go well. Um, you have a real problem with that. In general, it's funny because we talk a lot on the podcast about food. You don't hear me often talk about candy bars. I'm not a big fan. Uh, I prefer a burger, a hot dog, uh, freaking a chicken leg, a chicken leg, a stuffed pepper, some poppers, maybe some uh, country fried steak, some mashed potatoes, a little corn, maybe. Some and that's mashed... just for lunch. Yeah, that's breakfast. <laughs> talking to lunch, I'd have steak and chicken fried steak and steak tartare. And... <laughs> you poor ass ain't affording steak. <laughs> steak tartare. I think this would work better for you since you pretty much look like a homicidal pedophile already. Oh, shit. I can see the ad copy now. Shots oh, fired. Oh, Henry, when the voices in your head are cycling above a rainbow trout department, must kill mother. See, what the hell is that shit? <laughs> oh, that's good. That that's That's what goes around your head. You're insane. Hmm. I saw a documentary a few weeks ago that I think you might like. It was called Wolfpack, and it was directed by Crystal Moselle. It's about a family of six boys and one girl who grew up in a cramped apartment at the Lower East Side of Manhattan and essentially didn't leave the apartment for 20 years. The dad is a crazy drunk, and the mom is some relatively sheltered lady from Wisconsin. And they kept the kids inside perpetually, partly out of fear of the gritty New York streets, but mostly because the dad is an asshole. What might be most interesting to you is that the family got their information about the outside world from watching movies obsessively. Reggie doing a review here? One kid claimed they had 5,000 movies on VHS and DVD, and his wall was covered in carefully drawn movie posters that that he made himself. The family would write down every word in their favorite movies and reenact the entire films in video with costumes made from cereal boxes and old rags. I'm telling you, this dad might be an asshole. I think they were off from the beginning. I know that they're cramped up, but I don't know. Weird. Uh, it's actually this reminds me of a lot of me though because as a kid I used to make my own posters like that of movie posters and shit or characters and whatnot and but I didn't have any big paper so I used to tape actually individual pieces of paper together and draw over top of them no. and then hang them on my wall. That is a sad story. Yeah. And then also like me and my dad and my sisters and brothers went camping. The way we would entertain ourselves is. We would sit down. My dad would act like a host to like an old SNL sketch, and me and my sister would like reenact SNL sketches. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do that. You know what I did? I played games. Actually, I didn't. I had friends. Actually, you were camping. Okay, we're talking sad sack stories. I used to buy a lot of Dungeons and Dragons books and read them, but nobody would play with me. Is that <laughs> sad enough? And I set up a studio in my. Uh, closet and used to make uh, old time radio shows that <laughs> featured me and only me. Uh, they were a lot of sci fi stuff, and I thought I was the greatest thing. See, ever. Another great thing, too, like on long drives, if we're going somewhere, yeah. my, like we'd be in the old family station wagon, the old truckster, and mm-hmm. my pops would be driving, and I'd be in the backseat with my brothers and sisters, and he would just lean back, All right, guys, Alien versus Predator, who would win and why? Really? And then we'd discuss it. And you would Ro- end. Robocop versus Terminator. 
Who and why? That reminds me of my oldest son, who's now 21. Well, he was big in Pokemon. And I, I, I got into it with him, and we'd, he'd tell me all about the different Pokemons. And then he'd, he'd throw these things at me, the same thing. He'd say, like, I'm telling you, I'll do the same exact <laughs> thing to me. Hey, Goldine or Charizard? And you, I was asking you. But oh, you I'm sorry. Uh, Charizard. Goldine. Anything I said, it didn't matter, and that's all he'd say. So then I'd laugh. But yeah, he was big on that. But yeah, who would win, uh, Terminator or Ivan Drago? Terminator, because Terminator. Could... I watched Rocky Four today. He is able to be beaten by man, so Terminator is going to take yeah, him out. No I problem. don't know because Rocky was made of steel. Iron. Is it iron that he says? He's, he's a piece made... of iron. He's a piece of iron, and then no, he's a piece of ass. Yes, he and was in that. Jesus, if Christ. you could get along. And we could get along, and they could get oh. See, my, Jessica hates the Rocky movies. I was really? like, I want. I've been. I've been wanting to watch Rocky Four for a while. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it today. And she's like, what are you putting on? The movie where Rocky ends the Cold War. Come he on, does. he did. He ended it single handedly. I like that. They, you know, Russians were just dirty cheaters. <laughs> they had the good. They had good techniques, but then Rocky had to take it back to the not the streets. He took it back to the country. Yeah, he went Amish on their asses. Yeah, he did. He did, and he beat the shit out of them. The freaking robot going on. Freaking happy yeah, birthday. Philly. Happy birthday, Polly. All right. <laughs> happy birthday, Polly. And the best part is that shows that's right in the beginning, and she just sees that, like, what the fuck is I, this? I love All right, that. We're going to get always, past the robot. I wanted that robot. So right. did I. And the best is, when did, Rocky, when did Rocky 4 come out? I don't know, 87? Uh, yeah, I, was, I graduated high school that year, and I wanted that <laughs> robot. It wasn't like I was five. I, you know, I wanted that robot, and it would just go around, happy birthday, Jim, because nobody <laughs> ever wished me a happy birthday. I never had a birthday party in my life. Did you Sad know that? Sack. Did you know that? That's yes. The, tell me about it I all the time. I never had a birthday 1985. party. 1985. 1985 it came out. Yeah. Okay, 1985. I was in, like, 10th grade. Never a birthday. Never. Only birthday. a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's hard to believe. All I wanted was a robot to wish me happy birthday. That's you were poor, Jim. I was though. My dad was just—he was an asshole. Like this guy blocked his family. We lived up. in the same neighborhood. We yeah. were poor. Yeah, middle class, lower middle class. I yeah. us. It's, you know what? We're we're common men. We're the <laughs> salt of the earth. Alrighty, go. Since you you're also a compulsive movie watcher, I thought you might feel a kinship with those homebound weirdos. And it's cool too because actually two months ago I watched a trailer for this documentary. I really wanted to watch it, but I never got around to it. Or found it, I guess. Uh, I'll tell you a, a movie, a documentary never to watch. And it was on Netflix. It still might be. Don't ever watch a documentary called Dear Zachary. Holy moly. All that right. is the worst documentary because at the end, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it. He I dies, right? It. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm saying you can't have a lead like that. Obviously, he dies. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's a little kid, Eric. Oh, my God. Okay. Don't, Everybody dies, man. Don't watch. No, he got killed. It's okay. the worst. It's about a mother who killed her, the father, and his best friend wanted to make a video for, to show this young baby, Zachary, how great his father was. It ends with this mother who already killed the father but didn't get arrested, jumping off a fucking cliff with the baby. Oh, Holy my goodness shit. gracious. I, I, oh, my God. Well, you brought me down. Stop the podcast. I, I have to go cry. <laughs> it does make me wonder, though, what movie have you seen more times than any others? And how many times have you seen it? Go. Boom. 
Which one honestly, the, I'm, I'm thinking though. Honestly, the whole thing where people say how many times they've seen a movie. If I've seen it more than once, I have no idea after that. You know what I'm saying? Because I've watched it a bunch of times. I don't keep count. If I've seen something once, I know I've seen it once. I'm with you. I I couldn't say the amount of times. One movie that was always the one when I grew up that everybody said was Star Wars. That yeah. was the big one. When I was a kid, I was seven when Star Wars came out. And the big thing was, I saw it five times. I saw it 20. I saw it 10 trillion. And I saw it once in the yeah. theater. In the theater. Since then, I've seen it a lot of times. But that was always the big one. That's the big nerd one to say. Um, I know which movie I've probably seen the most. Uh, there's two. And you, can I go first? Yeah, go for it, baby. Uh, first would be Bloodsport. <laughs> probably seen that, if I would guess, probably seen that 50 times. Um, the other one is American Ninja. <laughs> with Michael Dudikoff and the yeah. reason is me and my buddy Herb would watch this movie and like we do with the comics we would just watch it and every time we'd watch it we'd t- come up with something else to talk about <laughs> in the movie about look at that guy in the background or look at this or oh my god he almost That's died not even Michael Dudikoff. yeah we're like at one point Michael Dudikoff isn't even there it's a, a double then there's a part where Michael Dudikoff gets Steve James' motorcycle to get off the base <laughs> and jumps a um, a wall. And I'm telling you, this guy, the stunt guy, he didn't live. He comes down, <laughs> and you see his head pretty much about to hit the handlebars. It's so bad. And then it goes, and it just cuts to him like skidding. <laughs> like, hey. And then he goes off. And then we always would joke that at the end, it's like in memory of uh, Johnny Franklin. <laughs> the stunt, best damn stuntman you've best, ever seen. Best stuntman we ever knew. Oh, man. We, we probably watched that so many times. And he was my roommate at one point. And we had, me and him and another guy. And the, the other guy, Rick, would come home from work. And every we'd watch it every day, and he'd like, not this movie again. And he'd get mad. <laughs> but yet he would sit down and just listen to me and her yapping about, oh, it's the best. What, what's yours? It's and, probably uh, – huh? I was going to say, I'm telling you, if I guessed, I've seen American Ninja more than 100 times. Right. See, I have no idea. I, I can't even put a number on anything. But uh, the first is probably a toss between Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. And then Monster Squad might even be up there. Yeah, yours are more of a cool geeky movies. Uh, mine aren't. Mine are. Terrible. I like your movies. Actually, I love Bloodsport. I'm telling yeah. you, I don't care if anybody makes fun of it. That's a, it's a perfect movie. <laughs> From beginning <laughs> to end, I I have no problems at all. Especially with that when movie. he gets that shit in his eyes. Oh my god! When he, ah, that, and then the acting of young oh, Van the Damme. young Van Damme. Everything fits so perfectly. Also, you have a um, a young it's... Forrest Whitaker who. <laughs> When they go to talk to Mrs. Tanaka, and he gets all mad. Listen, you better excuse me, Mrs. Tanaka. <laughs> he gets so angry. Oh yes. And then the freaking Giants jersey and hat. Oh yeah. The, teams. Yep, the New York Giants hat with the freaking San Francisco Giants jersey. That's so great. And the, <laughs> oh, and then the kids getting beat up. They have this super secret kumite. Everybody's talking about Everybody it. Everybody knows the about little it. kid. He's five. Someday I'll fight in the kumite and make my dad proud. And then young uh, Jean Claude. I too will fight in the Kumite. <laughs> Wasn't that arcade game also yeah. called oh, yeah. Kumite? Yeah, the, the, yeah. Actually, I think it was like Donald Gibbon him was Karate Champ, and that's okay. the other like, hey, if you want to see some real fighting, come and see me fighting the Kumite. I, I too, too am fighting. I too am <laughs> fighting in the Kumite. Aren't you a little? Aren't you a little young for the Kumite? Aren't you a little old for video games? Ha ha ha! And then there's the classic. <laughs> what? Hey, hey, here we go. It's the uh, the Asian Jimmy Hart. <laughs> the mouth of the freaking Far East <laughs> Heart. Of the far East. 
Oh my goodness, you're making me laugh. And he, uh, hey, hey, what? I am Frank Dukes. Hey, like, put up your Dukes. I'm like, I kill you if you say that again. I wanted him to kill that guy. No, oh, you kill the goodness. Asian Jimmy Hart. And then that other crazy guy, way to go. I'm, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we all get USA. I forget. It's been a while. I've seen that so many times, and now I'm, oh boy, that's a walk down memory lane. Ah, uh, yes, he goes on. <laughs> We're Jeez. still on Reggie. Oh, I'd have to say, Reggie goes, I'd have to say that for me, the movie is the original King Kong, which we used to watch every Thanksgiving, and I've probably seen it 50 or more times. And I, I told you, actually, every, I forgot when I see this, I have seen The Wizard of Oz uh, yeah. quite, quite some time, Eric. I've seen that a lot. And talking about holiday movies that you watch, I have probably seen A Christmas Story. Yeah. I, I don't want to give a number because I already said I wouldn't, but... More times, not years yeah. I've been alive. Well, you know, that, that's a weird because that's more of a um, a recent thing where they play it twenty. No, I had I, like I had to watch it every year yeah. because I when I was a little boy I looked like Ralphie, and my mother had to make a point. You're gonna shoot your eye out, Eric Lee. Mm, you're like you shut, shut up, mom. Shut up, mom. Go uh, have yeah. another drink. <laughs> Pop some more pills, you whore. <laughs> Who are you with tonight, ma? <laughs> Yeah, well, how many uncles do I have? It don't match up, Mama. It don't match up. You don't have brothers or sisters. I want to go what? live with Dad. Who are these uncles? Your dad's dead. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. You killed him, Mom. I know you did. Yeah, they used to play um, Wizard of Oz a lot when I was a kid. And I don't know. I think it was Easter. I think right. it, it was one of those holidays. I'd always be at my uncle's. And he, speaking of which, he was a big drinker. But we would, they, everybody would get done eating and we'd watch The Wizard of Oz. I, and I, I'll tell you, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm going to keep it real here. I love The Wizard of Oz. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> love it. Me and my uh, son, Ethan, big fans. And my youngest son, Logan, loves it. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. I think that's the only movie I ever watched on Laserdisc. Really? Yeah. I on on a, like a, a rear view projector TV. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Herbo, I talked about with American Ninja, he had a laser disc. He was big on that. He thought it was the wave of the future, like my dad with that goddamn Betamax. Yeah, my dad with the Betamax. Yeah, going on and on about picture quality. He yeah. Didn't, he didn't take an account for availability of movies. <laughs> uh, Reggie finishes with, it feels good to be back in the saddle, telling you and Jim how to contribute to humanity's downward spiral by recording and disseminating this horrible podcast i do hope that you experience some temporary lift to your self-esteem in my absence makes the effort of crushing your spirit all the more worthwhile love reggie the reckless and that's see i i did i had that uh self-esteem boost but jim did not because he sounds like a snaggle puss and droopy dog i know (laughs) i'm happy there you go. There you go there is droopy dog i wasn't even working on it later heavens the murgatroyd even (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's the mail, and Eric, boy, it's, it's gonna be a long one. God damn be it, a long one. This is the first night of recording to lift the veil a little, and boy, we went on a little too long. We we're yapping it up. That's what happens. Everybody else that we always say, for, baby. <laughs> we always say that we want to do things a little different. That's why we put the mail in the beginning and all that. But I don't know. We end up to, we read people's mail. The mail would take us five minutes. We yap so long it takes forty-five. Oh my goodness! If we're lucky. Yeah, most people are fast-forward, and they don't listen to it. A lot of mail this week. They don't listen. A lot of everything this week. There's going to yeah. be a lot of books. We're going to be doing that. And Reggie is going to talk, and I can't remember what he's going to talk about. Aaron. Excellent. So what we'll probably do is edit the, that in, but we don't like editing. So You're not going to do shit. I do not want four minutes of dead air again. So Reggie's <laughs> going to talk. I believe he's going to talk about something about comic books. What do you Good. think of that? Something Good. about comic books. And I'm 
I'm stalling here. Come on, Eric, stall with me. No, I'm not oh, playing any games. Oh, who he? I Reggie's doing stuff. Go listen up. He's gonna talk about. It. I know that Reggie didn't like Midnighter, but I know it's not about that. All right, Reggie, take it away. enthusiasts and welcome to Reggie's Recklessness. I'm your host, Reggie Sprang. There has been lots of internet-born anger directed at comics lately, not specifically at DC Comics for the moment, though they have certainly seen their share of controversies. It seems every publisher worth its salt will eventually feel some of the public's ire, via Twitter, or Tumblr, or on various comics blogs and during interactions with creators or employees. Comics fans have long been a critical bunch, since letter columns at the backs of individual issues were prevalent, and fanzines about the industry were produced. Some have used whatever public forum was available to denounce and decry the content of the comic books that offend them. Ultimately, the disgruntled comics fan will invoke a trump card when dealing with a dismissive or unresponsive publisher, the threat to boycott their products. Now, I am not going to tell any comics enthusiast what they should or should not purchase. Indeed, while I support the idea of giving any comic a shot, I also support with equal vigor the right and the duty of the comics buyer to stop purchasing a book that frustrates or offends them. I don't believe in giving comic books or any forms of serial entertainment long leashes to see if they get better. One or two stinkers and you should feel justified in walking away. Speaking theoretically, if a comic book can't pique your interest in one or two issues, then it has failed, and you are under no financial or personal obligation to purchase that. No, what I have issue with is the concept of boycotting comic books, because while abstaining from purchasing a company's wares does comply with the most basic definition of the word boycott, it misses entirely the spirit of its creation. Boycott comes from the surname of British-born Charles Cunningham Boycott, a 19th century Irish land agent who oversaw several large farms for absentee landlords. The leases afforded the farmers who occupied these lands were unfair in the extreme, often one-year agreements tied to the farm's yield that left little opportunity for personal advancement. When Charles evicted several tenants for non-payment, the locals shunned him economically, and stopped working on the lots that he managed. This forced a conflict and resulted in the United Kingdom's intervention, who had to spirit Charles's family from Ireland and harvest his extant farms at a considerable expense. The result was that the people of County Mayo and throughout Ireland gained some agency, the ability to affect their living situations, though some would argue that this was a precursor to the 20th century's Irish War of Independence. American history contains a famous successful boycott in the Montgomery bus boycott of 1955 and 56. This was when civil rights hero Rosa Parks refused to sit in the colored section at the rear of a public bus and was arrested for it. When word about this injustice spread, community organizer Joanne Robinson stressed that three-fourths of Montgomery's bus ridership were black, 
and they stopped using the city of Alabama's rapid transit. The organized protest caught the attention of civil rights activist Martin Luther King Jr., who supported the boycott and urged people to keep going. Black residents of Montgomery largely did not ride the buses for over a year before it forced a Supreme Court review of the city's segregationist policy, which was deemed unconstitutional. This began in earnest the civil rights movement, which surged during the 1960s and early 70s and still wages today, even on internet outlets like Twitter and Tumblr. But there's a difference between that and refusing to purchase an issue of Green Lantern. The two instances of boycotting that I described have something in common. They were both in opposition to unjust practices that were abetted by local and larger law authorities. When three-quarters of Montgomery's bus ridership vanished overnight, this created a big problem for the city, and the federal government was forced to take notice. No one is going to take notice if Marvel Comics goes out of business, aside from the few hundred thousand people that read comics and the freelance arts journalist for USA Today. Deciding not to purchase a unit of entertainment is not a grand statement. It is a budgetary decision. We make choices like this all the time, when we buy coffee from Establishment A over Establishment B because one supports fair trade, when we find we can no longer watch a television show we once liked because the main character said or did something publicly that we didn't like. Yes, our dollars count, and ostensibly the people producing these things will notice if they are losing market share due to unfair business practices. But all we've done is force capitalism itself to assert its neutrality, to make corporations behave in a way guided solely by dollars instead of actual morals or ethics, or, very simply, in service of a story or image. The casual protest of simply not purchasing something you don't need anyway leads to superficial change at best, and, based on my not watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians or its 3,000 spin-off shows, will be of no consequence at all. Not purchasing a comic book because you think the art is bad or the writing is poor appears to be the most difficult thing for some long-time readers. Correspondence with creators and editors is clogged with violent complaints about some plot point or another. There is a contingent of comic book fan that is definitely obsessed, compelled to purchase every comic in a line or from an entire publisher forever, and who therefore feel both personally and financially invested in the product. There are also variant collectors who will pay enough for rare variant covers that help keep some comic shops afloat. Besides these conditions, there is also a three-month-order lead time, and most comic books are not returnable, like newspapers and magazines. These are the realities of the direct sales industry, and have been for decades. And it is these realities that keep a passive boycott of comics from being an effective agent for social revision. Publishers have three issues whose content is largely unchangeable and whose orders are unlikely to rise or lower significantly despite a lack of interest in the product. And after that, they're two issues away from a trade collection that's potentially viable based on the interest of the first issue alone. By the time a comics publisher has figured out that a title underperformed due to its being offensive or unreasonable, they've probably canceled it already. We should buy the comic books we like and eschew the ones we do not without compunction or reason beyond our most visceral reactions. Our sensibilities about representation and justice can certainly be a factor in these decisions. 
but we cannot allow ourselves to think that we are fomenting societal revolution by forcing a corporate entertainment vendor to notice our demographic. We have caused them to chase the almighty dollar, not to follow any sense of fairness or righteousness. And if you've taken notice of an American presidential nomination campaign in the news recently, then you know it is easy for corporate chills to behave one way in public, but harbor other, more sinister designs in private. For Weird Science DC Comics blog at blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Sprang, and this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can reach me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie, or in care of this podcast. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow. And Eric, that was Reggie's Recklessness. All right. Reggie. Boy, it's a day later, and I feel like shit. How about Me as well. Yeah, I was listening to a little of last night's recording. We were up and yelling and yelling about your mother. I think your I mother. Called her a whore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe you did. Uh, yes, I did. And I, uh, while the day was going okay, we went to work, talked a little, and then on the way home I decided I was going to get a triple to see how <laughs> I would deal or how you might deal with that challenge. I ate one triple felt like crap it was a lot uh it's was like a dead weight in my stomach <laughs> i fell asleep and woke up just feeling like shit so and i did the same thing but you know what not the triple though it's time for the triple part of the podcast and that is the books what the dead weight in your stomach part it's the meat and cheese because how i have it i don't use that crap of the uh tomatoes and lettuce and onion i got ketchup pickle mustard that's because you're one of those people that can't stand vegetables. Ketchup, you're like a stereotype of terrible yeah. people on television. The, the vegetables that you add to the three huge patties and all the grease, it makes no difference. You getting those vegetables means nothing to no, your body. No, you just body don't like vegetables in general, me. though. No, I don't. I don't like them at That's all. That's what I'm saying. You're talking about crippled people, right? Yeah, crippled people. Yes, yeah, I don't like them. And you know what the worst thing about eating vegetables is? Getting past the wheelchair. Oh! Oh! oh, you see, I'm a little down tonight. A little <laughs> Last bit. night I was screaming and yelling, but we are getting into the book section, which is the meat and cheese. And I always mention I'd love for the people to go to our website and read the full reviews for each of these books we talk about, since we always point out the negative and the funny. But yeah, you can go to our site, which is weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com and see the full reviews. And there you have it, Eric. And we're going to start off. You get the big book this week. As per usual, right? Yeah, really. This is a big one. This is the big one. Actually, there's no like uh, second guessing this. No. Batman number 43, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Greg Capullo, Danny Mickey, and FCO Placencia. I think that's how you say it. I'll go with it. Jim Gordon continues his foray as Batman, but I don't give a shit because we finally find out what happened to Bruce Wayne at the end of Endgame. Apparently the Dionysium in the caves that Batman died in brought him back to life, but it brought him back as the man that he would have been if his parents had never died. And Alfred, just wanting the best for his boy Bruce, never told him the truth about who he once was. On top of all that, we get our first look at Mr. Bloom, and this slender man-looking motherfucker might have just killed Penguin, Jim. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, you, you read this, came in to work the next day, and you were all goo-goo-ga-ga over it. As much as we like to talk shit on Scott Snyder, like that, I was just, the way I was talking about it, I might have well been sucking him off right there in the cardboard box factory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't like it as much as you. <laughs> I, I, again, I like all the Bruce stuff. I did That's like what I'm that talking part. About. But um, even that seemed a little off to me. Like, again... He's like, oh, I, he's the guy who he should have been. Why, how, how does he know anything about Batman? 
Who? Bruce. I'm sure he's like he's had some time to acclimate himself back it hasn't to Gotham. Been that he, long though. It's been like three months. Yeah, but it that's the only thing like... I don't get. Like I, I love the stuff with Alfred. His whole monologue telling Clark about what went down. I don't exactly understand how the Dionysium remapped his brain and how he's oh. like. He should be more of a man child than I am at this point. Yeah, yeah. I just I would get it that if he was working in this rec center and he didn't yeah. know anything, like he was just going. He's trying to. It just seems like he knows a little too much. And isn't isn't you know letting it on as my I don't know. It, anytime I read anything with Scott Snyder, that was the problem when I did this book. You always expect something a little different, something right. behind the scenes. And I, I don't know. As I'm reading this, I keep thinking that Bruce himself knows more than he's letting on. You think so? He's just playing just, dumb. That's what I, I. It just seems that way to me. He's all like, I want to be that Bruce Wayne from yeah. the, the Nolan verse and give up for eight years. And, yeah, and it's but it just it's all it's because of. Scott Snyder, that I think this. If it was anything else, I'd be like, no, this is pretty. I just, He's I don't know. He's got the smartest guy There's in the room. There's this weird to trick thing us. in the back. But, uh, yeah, you told me at work, and I agree with you on one big thing, is that the least interesting part of this comic is Jim Gordon and Batman. That, that's the least interesting to me at all. I don't really care much about what happens with Gordon, except that I like the fact that he goes to Bruce because he wants to do things behind the scenes. He wants yeah. to, to be able to do things with uh, the bat suit where he can't he be take tracked. It to the streets. And, yeah, he does want to take it to the streets. Um, See, that's, that's the biggest, like the weirdest part I have for this issue because I really like the idea of Jim Gordon as Batman. And like yeah. what you were talking about, like off the podcast, but the only part of this book I didn't like was Jim Gordon as Batman. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. If you look at this book, the weirdest panel in this whole book is when Jim Gordon is trying to get into the uh, Devil Pig's computer system, and then they show up right there. I know what you're saying. And he's got that cigarette in his mouth. That is, he looks so weird. Just a thin Batman with a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah, it's just odd, and it nobody could like doesn't even call him out on it, and it just seemed weird. All of a sudden, now he's smoking again. It's because he had his leg up. They're not about to call somebody out on smoking with their leg up. Uh, One thing, yeah, really, he was smoking like a badass. Uh, (laughs) The one thing I have to tell you though that we were right, Uh, he must be uh, nailing that Julie. Uh, Gordon? No, the Bruce. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's totally... Remember we were saying that... I thought you meant like freaking uh, Julia. No, no, for some, no. Yeah, well, yeah, I got what, you. That was weird. I didn't like that, uh, like, those names kind of do go a little too well yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, I, it's like, that's quite a jump right there. Jim yeah, Gordon now banging Julia? Nailing his daughter. <laughs> that is a jump. Um, his again, daughter. Yeah, Julia, you just said Alfred, didn't you? No, I said Jim Gordon. Oh, Jim Gordon. I thought you said Alfred. Jesus, no, what is going on in your still, head? It would have still been crazy, but yeah, I don't know. And then you get Mr. Bloom, which again, you that's like the big part that's thrown in here. I'm like, there goes Scott Snyder again. He's got to have these bookends <laughs> of craziness. and I don't know. I, I really did like the Alfred part. I love the part where uh, Clark basically... Is, well, you got to tell him. You got to tell him he's Batman. If you don't, I will, motherfucker. And it's so funny that Alfred goes dark quickly. Really dark. Pulls out the kryptonite ring. Because, you know, he ooh. uses it as an example. Like, look, you trying to make him be Batman again is, as, is the same as if I made you put on this ring and told you to fly. Yep. He tries to use this as a like, like a symbolism. that, But what he's doing is he's threatening Superman right there. Yeah. You don't go that, near him yeah, or I will showing fuck him what you he can up. do. And, uh. Again, there's Clark, who at this point desperately needs Batman. He is. <laughs> He's losing his power. Yeah, it's turned upside down and all that. And I told you during the week that I really wish that they would have done a thing with Superman, with Clark, 
that uh, kryptonite doesn't affect them anymore because of his Kryptonian yeah. DNA being reestablished or whatever they're going to say. And it's almost, is that a little bit kind of how, like, his body's DNA is doing exactly what Bruce's brain has done? And it kind of is, a, a, you know, a parallel? It, uh, it I don't think of, it's supposed to be, but no, it is. No, I never thought about that. That's pretty cool, though. That is pretty much a parallel. Like, the... Bruce's greatest strength is his mind, which is gone now. And Clark's greatest strength is his body, which is gone now. Yeah, and they really or powers. Whatever Clark really needs Batman right now. He needs Bruce, and he, <laughs> he doesn't get him. He doesn't. And whether Bruce more. knows it or not, he needs Clark. They yeah, need well, each other. They do. They need each other. <laughs> but yeah, I. That's a cool parallel. Though. I never thought about that. Yeah, you know, I, li- I like. I like the issue. Um, like I said, I don't really care much about Mr. Bloom and the uh, the devil pigs. And the radioactive and, uh, seeds that yeah. give superpowers. And even so, at the end, you get, um, what's his name? Duke. Duke. And he shows, and that even seems weird. I'm like, what's going hey, well, on? There? At this point, I got to think that he's working with We Are Robin. Yeah. And he's doing some investigating. So he's going to investigate. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I know you love that. And at the end, it looks like Penguin's done. I know. Do you think that DC would give Snyder the ability to kill off? Yeah, Penguin? I think they'd give Snyder the ability to do anything. Well, he seems to run the the asylum. That's going to piss me off so bad, though, because um, I love the Penguin. If he's dead because of Snyder, he's on the list even yeah. more so than he already is. I said to you, I, I mean, you don't know what Mister Bloom can do. It even says with these um, these seeds yeah. that they're able to make you in the i think that they're all personalized it yeah. only works for whoever they're creating and i think that he has that i think this is just set up that he's going to use it on um he's going to use it on penguin and turn penguin into some crazy thing for a while I hope, i'm saying though if that's the case though these powers eventually kill you yeah yeah well, so <laughs> i'm sure gonna that's going to be part of the thing is that it's going to be something where they're going to have to save penguin and that's you know it's kind of a cool deal where you have to save a villain i Again, who knows what Scott wants to do. But uh, the other thing I have an issue with is Greg Capullo's art. And <laughs> I had done, what, 40 issues, 38 issues of Batman, it seemed. It Shit wasn't time. as that much because yeah, we didn't yeah. start right away. But uh, I, I grew tired of his art because everybody seems to look alike. And I said this on the podcast, the last Batman issue we had, and we have it again here, where Clark looks a little too much like Bruce Wayne. Looks a lot like yeah, Bruce Wayne. The only reason that Bruce has a beard in this, so you can tell the difference. Yeah, I between think them. so. And I'm, I'm telling you, even um, Julie, you have her, and she has that cherub-looking yeah. face, like she could be Bruce's sister. It's, it, they all have that same facial look, and I know it's Greg funny Moore, to me because the way that Julie looks in this, it just brings me back to the '90s when I used to read Capullo's Spawn because okay. all the characters had that. Uh, it's Capullo's style. He's had it for fucking yeah, decades. Cherub-looking faces. But and that really reminded me of Spawn. It just, it just, I'm starting to just grow so weary of it for a, a guy who's so well-respected. It just, I don't know. It, to me, it's like a one-trick pony type of deal where you get the same looks. And I, even Duke Thomas at the part, he's got that same look as well. They all have this look, and it just drives me nuts. Though I love his penguin. I yeah. think he was great. I like how short he was. <laughs> That's Mr. Bloom. He's just badass. I love the penguin. So, yeah, I hope he's not dead, but. Uh, I don't know. That, I, this I'm is sorry, a huge but, book. I really don't have much to say about it. Well, I really enjoy it. And I'm telling you, the, th- the only reason to buy this book is for the Alfred monologue, telling Clark and telling us what happened to Bruce, how he's back, and everything like that. And it's really, I have this one thing in my notes. Just a quote about Gotham is a city that never gives anything back, but it gave Bruce Wayne back. And I'm yeah. like, I read that. I'm like, this got the chills all over. I'm like, yeah, preach it, Alfred. Tell me more. Come on. Okay. I, I wish the whole issue. You got the feels. Would, 
I got the feels, man. Uh, I just wish the whole issue was Alfred talking to us about how much he loves Bruce Wayne, and if Clark Kent fucks this up, he's going to go after him. I actually wish there was more about Gordon hating RoboCop, because I know that drives you nuts. <laughs> God <laughs> damn. Him the whole time. I'm like, yeah, Eric's going to love that. Also, um, there was some, oh, I also, I'm telling you, I, I keep telling you this at work, and I keep mentioning to you, but I really think that it's odd that Bruce is working in the Narrows at this rec center and no press is there to find anything out about it. He's just there. People seem to know it's Bruce Wayne. I'm telling you, he is the richest, biggest celebrity of Gotham, and yet he's working at this rec center and everybody leaves him alone. It, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem real it's, to me. It's funny to me because the biggest problem you have in DC Comics right now is all the publicity that they're getting or not getting. Like It's all yeah, about everybody is. hates Superman yep. and now... Nobody gives a shit what because Bruce Wayne's doing in the narrows. Stuff because these, this, this story is trying to make it real. It's Bruce trying is to a bring it real. He's worked he with people for years. Yeah, like I said, I, I mentioned it to you before about it with, um, with the Clark thing when we talked about Chisanga's mail when, they said about, yeah. when I said Mother Teresa working at the cardboard box factory. But this is like Donald Trump losing everything. He's working at Walmart in Quakertown here in our town. There would be people there trying to you know, ask them questions. I'm telling you, for years upon years, three months after, they're, they're not just going to leave him alone. They're going to, oh, what, what are you going to do next, Bruce? Oh, what's this? I mean, this was a guy that We're having a follow-up on Bruce all Wayne and his work with the people. Yeah, you'd have all this stuff, and there's nothing. He just seems to be able to be left alone like Alfred wants, but it just doesn't seem real to me um, in, if this was a real-world situation. It, I'm actually glad you, brought up, I'm glad you brought up the fact that he lost all his money because that's another problem I have is that we know that uh, Powers International absorbed Wayne Industries into their fold. You know, a hostile takeover. I don't even. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I would think that uh, what you're going to say about that. I think that he must have received some money from that. Well, I'm saying that's another part because he seems like he's still kind of well. Because we're yeah. we're at the manor during this whole like backstory, but we've seen that the manor before was turned into Arkham Manor. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to that? Now that uh, that is that is wiped clean. That like, is in story my, in, over. Exactly. My, in my mind. Clark was in the Batcave at the beginning of Batman Superman with the true story arc, and mm. Alfred was just hanging out down there because above him was a house full of crazies. Yeah. And, Batman and, and sealed so, off the freaking entrance, but like, here we had when uh, Alfred was talking to him, he's about to turn the clock and open the door, and yeah. Bruce is like, I don't want to know anymore. Well, again, it seems to me that uh, Bruce doesn't live in the mansion. Alfred does. I don't, uh, Bruce lives with Julie. He, they leave. So. They leave. Yeah, because they leave together. Oh, it's time to go, and they leave. I think he's living with her in an apartment in the Narrows with her. No, it's more. I think that he's retarded now and can't drive. Well, he might. He not needs be able to, to ride home. either. That he can't remember. He can remember it selectively what the thing is. I hate when they have stories like this. Again, it seems to me like that story that we were talking about, like that new Jesse Eisenberg movie or Born yeah. Identity, where exactly. And also, that's the other thing I was going to bring up because of those stories. Happen. I think that you would think that the motor skill and the and the motor skill level the muscle memory the muscle memory he has it he should be he'll start the fight and he should have some of that it just doesn't it, just then, like when you. he does we have like close-ups of his brain synapse fucking firing and shit yeah. like that remapping itself as he freaking takes on a mugger trying to take on him and julie yeah again i i have a feeling you're gonna get to a point where he's gonna need to do something because this dionysium isn't gonna be it's not long running i think that was the whole thing that remember the joker was trying to get yeah, to but it. this was pure yeah i know but then again, this was that, the pure shit that the Joker. I actually won. think this is all leading to the idea that the Joker also got it, and then we'll get. You, you got to have that imagine because you're not going to kill off the Joker. If you, you have Bruce Wayne and Joker in the same area, and they're both supposedly dead, but Bruce Wayne gets to come back, you know the Joker. Maybe that's back. how they saved the Penguin in the end. 
I and they seem every Gotham uh, rogue is going to be immortal. All, Aren't they all ready, Jim? Yeah. Aren't they all you ready? You know what I did like? I liked the Bruce Wayne uh, bombshell variant cover. <laughs> I really like that. But yeah, I, I don't have that much to say. What, what did you um, No, before we move okay. on, though, I want you to tell everybody on this podcast what your theory is on how Bruce Wayne will become Batman again. I, I did it already. All Didn't I do it? All? I think did I did earlier. Yeah, oh, I, I think I think that Bruce or uh, I think Alfred's going to kill uh, Julie. <laughs> I think, and then they're going to come, and he's going to be smoking, and he's going to come out of the shadows. This, he's not. This is he's not the hero that, we need, but he's the hero we deserve. Be, God damn it! It just might work, and then he'll go back into the the deal, and then you'll see Clark giving him the thumbs up from down the alley. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I don't know. Something's going to happen to Julie. You've been shouting that to me all week. I mean, it, it definitely seems like it's set up for her to go down and him <laughs> to now have something else to fight about. But, uh, so again, now we're not going to hear about his well, parents anymore because he doesn't care, it seems maybe, like. Well, but uh, we it's going to be Julie. Yeah. We also forgot to mention the whole thing that tied in the Detective 27 with the um, him making the clone. Was that 27? Yeah, Detective. God uh, damn it. Yeah. I think I put in my review 19. I think it was. No, I think it was 27. It uh, was 27. that was the one. first one where he appeared. So they tried to do that. But yeah, that was a pretty cool thing where they showed that he was making the Batman clones. Uh, that And it was it was pretty cool. I was saying, you know, the original, our Bruce, the, the death of his parents did this and he trained and all this. And now it's Bruce giving to Batman it's like this whole roundabout way of how he did, how Alfred described how these clones would yeah the would circle go. would continue yeah, circle and like goes on Batman there. would become the father and then like you know he would die and the new one would be born with the same trauma mm-hmm. and memories of him before I mean that that's set up for do you think for Clark to continue that now it's funny because, like you said, Bruce depends on his uh, brains. Yeah, but you think that that's set up so that Clark will continue? Why would Alfred even show him that? Absolutely, honestly, I think that was just Snyder just patting himself on the back. It might. It was weird because he's like, "Yeah, we got to get It'll rid of all never this." Be brought but up again. by the way, he was making these. And, he was know, making hey, a cooling device to make a Batman it. forever. Yeah, so now let's burn it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I do get tired a bit of uh, of Scott Snyder's nonsense, but. It, it's a great book, but I, I do get tired of it. I'm tired. I right enjoyed now. the book. I'm telling you, the whole thing was I just love the Alfred part, and that yeah. really put this book over the top for me because it just had so much goddamn heart. Oh, it had heart, did it? What did you yes. give it? I gave it a nine out of ten. So I would have given it an eight. I wrote eight out of ten. All right, moving on. We have Batman Superman number twenty three, written by Greg Pak, art by Artie and Saif, Vincent Vicente Sifuentes, and Beth Sotelo. The I don't truth, know what you just said, Hawkins. I said it. The truth story continues in this book. It's about how Superman doing things his way, Eric. While I really like the inner monologue, I did it my way. He did it his way. While I really like the inner monologue showing Clark's insecurities concerning his depowerment and his new place in the world, the subterranean plot doesn't jive well with the rest of the truth story, in my opinion. While it's a cool shout out to Greg Pock's beginning run on Action Comics, it just feels silly and make believe in the grand scheme of things. I was already rolling my eyes when Clark helped the generic Gotham prisoners pick up monster shit, but I almost laughed out loud when Aquaman showed up for the cliffhanger. While I love Lois showing up in the issue and Pac gives a better version of both Clark and Gordon this month, this has now become my least favorite book in the truth event for now. The Batman Superman book, I mean. Really? Yeah. Uh, this even, is... more, even more than Superman. Yep, because at least Superman, we're getting, some, we're getting something. It's, it's not we're getting a quick, hoarder. But we're getting at least some answers to things. This right. book just seems to give me nothing. It's a bunch of hooey. But I'm glad you brought that up in your summary there, because that's the first thing I want to talk about. Yeah. 
the uh, characterization of Batman and Superman yeah. in this I way like better that. than the oh, last yeah. issue. I, they were spot on. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he had going on last issue because it was off this yeah. issue that is on. I like it. I like how Clark acts. I like that. Jim Clark, Gordon's detecting. Yeah, yeah, and I like that he is very concerned with not just he doesn't just say I don't trust Superman. I he goes to Lois Lane. Well, Lois Lane kind of goes to him, but he's interested in finding out. He's talking to folks. And he's talk- yeah, he talks to Perry White, who comes off as awful. Yeah, Perry and White is uh, – he's, he's off in this He's book the now. worst guy. He's the worst guy. Uh, Batman and Superman are finally on. Perry White's off. Yeah, because he goes around. And Perry White should be a guy like, listen, I don't care what they say about Superman. I love Clark Kent like a son. He was son, a good boy. He was a good guy. And I, you know, I actually think that he's just upset because now people are coming to him saying, you hired an alien. Yeah. And he's trying to backtrack and say that you know it wasn't his fault. I don't know. So the the issue, the government's coming to him you, about hiring an illegal alien. Oh yeah, you message me that you actually like this a little more than me. Yeah, yeah. I I, I thought again, this whole subterranean thing just seems silly to me. It really seems silly. It seems like only a setup for this artificial sun to possibly br- bring back uh, Superman's powers right. at the end. It's like you've been okay, shouting that since book, you saw it. Yeah, this book will do that. And in the meantime, he goes down in this. That you, did you like the subterranean stuff? So you like that the Gotham prison? No, that, no. See, I, I didn't say anything. I, what I wrote to you is I, I liked it a bit, but I loved the way the Aquaman looked in this yeah, book I, because I, I'm used to the freaking um, Tom Dare. Is it Tom Derenick? I want to say does Aquaman right now? Uh, no, it's um, Trevor McCarthy. Trevor McCarthy. Yes, thank you. No, it was a T name. Yeah. Um, I'm used to that Aquaman right now, and that's terrible. So seeing Aquaman at the end of this book, the way it's drawn here. Yeah. It really was awesome. Okay, so you liked like that. Everything, did you, did you like saying, the reason why he showed up? Because who knows what reason he I'm showed saying, up. There was so no stupid. reason. It was stupid. I just liked seeing Aquaman looking like a badass. Yeah. That yeah. was what I wrote to you. I like the way Aquaman looks. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> you start off the thing, and do you get the idea, like I said, that all of a sudden it's a little uh, strange how he gets down into subterranean where he grabs onto yeah, that he's monster? He's a monster. I don't yeah. know what he's doing. He was climbing down the last time the ground closed up over him. Now he's riding a monster. Then in the meantime, he finds this outfit. To me, it's so much like Han and Luke uh, with a stormtrooper. He gets this outfit on, goes down, then finds these crazy Gotham prison people. And you get this idea where it's supposed to be like um, they were misunderstood, and now they're under it. And he seems to – like these are the people, and this is how I feel. I don't think it was done like the exactly well. I could see what Pac was going for on this. Well, I do too. Because because like I'm telling you, you have this like the duality between these are criminals – but they deserve a, a decent place. I'm saying they deserve to be treated with respect as, uh, as respect, well. And I think it's also that they're in this underground. They are helping Ukar uh, out. But yet he looks at them as like you filthy overworlders. Just I know, like it's very he, odd. Exactly. Just like Clark feels yeah. on Earth now. I get that. Next thing you know, he's just he's he's shoveling shit. And no, I'm, no, no. I wish he was shoveling yeah, shit he's because I'm reading it. this book. I have mucked out stalls. I grew up on a horse ranch. Yeah. yeah. I had never picked up shit with my hands. Why is he picking up like a huge older size shit? It's so funny because that's how they're fueling these fires. Yeah. It's and, like Bartertown. And he, he throws 
Yeah, I, I actually put that in my review. Did you? Yeah. He, he throws it on the fire, and then he goes, burns pretty dirty, huh? And I actually thought, I didn't even get that. The first time I read him, just reading fast, going through, I thought he meant that the shit was burning his hands. <laughs> he was like, man, this shit really burns Like he's pulling some slang. Like, yeah, so, man, this shit's really burning dirty, right? Yeah, so that, uh, there's my so many things I have it. wrong with this. I'll, I'll point out the next thing, and then I'm not going to well, go into many right, particulars. We, I'll say, before we get on to the next thing, though, um, where Clark comes down and he finds the freaking outfit to put on to go in yeah. disguise. Yeah. And he talks about how he actually has a cool duality here because he talks about Batman and wearing the mask yeah, and you yeah. know, feeling a, a bit of safety behind this costume. Like yep. he likes having the secret I actually, identity. I actually like that. And in fact, before you go on, I like all the inner monologue that as he's going down so to do the I. subterranean. I really liked it. That was part uh, of what we said that um, the characterization was on. I really like that. Yeah. It's when it he gets down really there well. that it fell apart for me. <laughs> exactly. It's like that's where it kind of falls apart. Yeah, but yeah. Um, when I was reading this book, Clark's climbing down. He's having the inner monologue. And then that last panel, he sees those bones. Mm-hmm. And then the next panel, like we go to the next page, and I could have sworn that like – because the inner monologue continues because we see the freaking guard. It's Clark yep. in the guard costume. Yep. I thought there was a gu- it was an actual guard. I had no idea this was Clark. I did not get the idea that he took clothes off a fucking body. Yeah, yeah. And I'm re- reading along the final, like, holy shit, this is Clark. I had yeah. no idea there was yeah, the I transition there. I, I knew that. But the, the thing that I get is so funny. Now, he's, he's part of I had to go this, back and reread it. He's part of what? It's called like the Dawn Command. Yeah. That, so he's in this Dawn Command. I, first off, I really, really wish that when he went down there, he met that woman, and she should have said... You're pretty big for a dawn commander. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Huh? Reverse the old, you're pretty small for a stormtrooper, and I, I probably would have given the book an extra point. Uh, but then, he, like I said, he's shoveling shit. Well, then the dawn command actually shows up. What, what do they do to figure out this, this person? They, they go to him. Do you remember this part? Well, I'm saying they have, they have some kind of computer system but on their wristbands. But they don't. Mask. They don't. It doesn't seem like they have anything. I'm looking I at the panel right now. He's like beeping stuff on his wrist and I, like a light's glowing off. All of I see is that I'm looking at it now. He points at the guy. You there. What are you doing wallowing the muck? And he goes, whoops. And then the, it goes, eep, eep. And the yeah. system says you're at Askel. There's no – before that, the thing on his wrist, it's just armor. There's no buttons or – it's so ridiculous. I don't know what happens. It's so weird. I, I don't understand. I'm saying I am not completely familiar with Ukar, the subterranea. Um, I have no idea their capabilities, their science, magic, no, what I, they I have. Even, no idea. I don't idea. think they have anything. But, they're, they're lighting stuff with, with the freaking monster shit. But he's asking apparently to the computer. Yeah, the computer that I don't even know. Then there's the eep eep again. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what's going on. No, no, I'm Askel. sorry. You look at the you look at the eep eep, and he says, "Whoops, go to the yeah, last." No, page I'm looking that. at it. I'm looking at the hey now eep hey eep, now it, like glows. I don't understand what Here it's scanning. I, but I'm jumping to conclusions like, with it. It wants me to know that it he's reading somehow. It would be funny that I'm there and you're like, "Hey, you know what? Can I borrow your hat? I give <laughs> your hat now. You're Jim Werner." Damn you're, right I am. If it's gonna scan stuff, why is it scanning armor? Why is it scanning his – it should be scanning him. Ain't nobody ever seen me in a hat. That would throw everybody off. Yeah, and the guy punches the next thing you know. Superman seems to be uh, – <laughs> Superman seems to be involved. He likes their cause after they beat the shit out of him. And whip him with 100 yeah, lashes. Same. They're whipping like, him and now he's like, you know what? I like this kind of thing. The thing treatment. is for the, the whole monologue of him talking about how depowered he is at this point in time yeah. climbing down that rock face. Yeah. 
them hundred lashes should have killed his ass. Yeah, I, I know. I know he still has some sort of like a bit of invulnerability. Like mm-hmm. it's more than a human, at least. So I'm saying, but a hundred lashes that is some harsh fucking shit. I, I think he's into it. I think, think that's he's got a fetish like, now. Yeah, he, all of a sudden he wants to be part of sub. You know, you get this idea that he's he's torn, <laughs> that he wants to be part of subterranean. But before I end this, I really did like Lois as well. In this true story, we've gotten a lot of awful characterization oh, yeah. Lois of Lois, and I really like it. And I like the idea that she's on to Gordon as well. She's, yep. she, she is. She means business. Lois. And I like her chowing down on her freaking. Uh, oh, that burger! I burger. Think. I'm telling you, it's totally, it's totally Lois. So yeah. she eats that shit. And I, yep. I, honestly, looking at the thing, that could be fr- freshly squeezed OJ in her glass, like she liked it in fucking movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, that burger. She's got lettuce and tomato on it. I don't know why she'd go that route, but everybody uh, does though. Uh, yeah. Uh, because we're normal fucking people. Yeah, That's okay. why they offer it. And then there's Zucar. Again, I really like this callback because the whole subterranean was in the part uh, at the beginning of Greg Pak's action comics run. Yeah. But then at the end, I'm telling you, it's like more and more just let's throw more shit at you. And here comes uh, Aquaman. Yeah. It, <laughs> ma- it makes no sense why for somehow. Aquaman there? What the hell and does Zucar say? And of say? course, it leads into right uh, to the deal where um, you call Gordon and say, hey, man, he's going to attack. Yeah, well, he's going to need a navy. Who says that? Usually you go, he's going to need an army. Of course it's a navy because that ties in with stupid Aquaman. You give me nonsense. It's like, all hail our newest ally in this war, Arthur, protector yeah. of the seas and no. the true uh, the true regent of Imperial Atlantis. Man. I'm like, he looks like such a badass there, though. You think? Is why he, doesn't he? Why, why does he smoking? <laughs> Why does he not look like this in the fucking Aquaman well, title? Uh, the only other thing I have to say about it before is uh, you had to have liked the little Metallo shout out as well, right? No, I hated it. You hated it? Fucking Metallo. Told him to told him to watch him. I know. I hate this Metallo though. And at this point, he might as well be Lenny from fucking uh, Mice and Men. Oh, I thought you meant Lenny and Squiggy. No, absolutely not. Holy moly, Lenny and it's Squiggy. It's like, like, hold on. Should I make him go away, Lois? No, John. And she's just so like dismissive. No, John. It's all right. Just keep your eye on everyone else. And he's like, I always do, Lois. And he's like, God damn it. I want to kill somebody. I love Metallo. He was such a badass villain before the new 52 continuity. And here he is just a fucking, he's a retard. In the villains month, he walked across the ocean floor. What do you think of that? I don't think I ever read that one. Yeah, I don't. You reviewed it and I don't think I actually read it. I liked it. It was okay. Uh, Because that's the thing. I, I wanted Metallo so bad, and then he was reintroduced, and I hated him. So, like, when Villains Month came out, I'm like, Jim, you're doing this. I don't want any parts I, of Metallo. Yep, that's like me with Poison Ivy and half yeah. of that. I got that Joker, but, oh, that Villains Month had some bombs. Uh, the, speaking of bombs, I gave this a 5.5 out of 10. I, I think like I would have given it a 6 to really? 6.5. Yeah, I, I, I it's just because of the characterization. was That was good. Now. I give it for that. Um, and I love the art. The art was okay. I, I I liked it enough, yeah. I, I always like the Artie and Saif's art, so yeah, I, I did like it. But oh no, it just seems like a bunch of hooey. It seems like a fairy hooey. tale that's happening during this truth story where, I, I don't know. I yeah, wish, it's a bit out of place. I wish that this, this truth story had more... Uh, congruency or con- yeah. cohesion between the books. It just, so all, I. just seems like each... Uh, I, I get the idea. I like that idea, but yet it's not separated enough that you can't 
You, you have to read them all. Well, you don't. Yeah. You have to read the Superman book. And here's an example. Reggie. Reggie does not read the Superman book. Right. So he asked me, he's like, what the hell's going on? Have they asked you this? Have they told you that? And I'm trying to tell him about Hoarder. And yeah, and he has no idea. Yeah, try to like, explain that to And he's like, that seems ridiculous. I had a hard enough time And I'm like, there's week. this golem-looking thing that looks like it's got candles on its head walking away after touching him. He's like, that sounds ridiculous. Like, it is. <laughs> but, yeah, I think this book has pulled away uh, slightly at the stretch run as my least favorite uh, truth story. I don't know. I This actually made me like it a bit more than I have been. Yeah. Um, right, uh, th- before this, the Superman Wonder Woman has been doing nothing for mm-hmm. me because it's so far yeah, away. Just, it's just, and it's just, it's, they're doing nothing. They're just and talking. It's not even, what happened? We, we actually talked about this. We didn't, I don't think we brought it up on the podcast before, but when we talked about the last Superman Wonder Woman, but we talked about it after the fact. Yeah. Superman just leaves. He was trying to find out what happened to Lana and Steel, and then just gave up. Yep, gave up. Looked at just a snow globe, got to go to Washington. All those Sorry, bodies Lana. of his relatives dug up. Yeah, nah, I'm heading uh, to Washington. I know, I know you've blamed me for killing your parents, Lana, but now I'm just going to give up on you, too, yeah, so you have a real was, reason he, to be pissed at me. He was in the room smashing things. And, yeah. and the other thing that makes me laugh now that we think about it, it's like they get done. They get done fighting the Suicide Squad yeah. issue, and they're like, okay, what are we going to do next? Hmm, I can't remember, but yet Lo- or not Lois, Wonder Woman remembers to pick up that goddamn freaking <laughs> mailbox. The mailbox. Here, <laughs> this will help you remember what you're fighting for. Hmm, I don't remember anything else. I'm gonna. This should have been a Lang mailbox. Maybe yeah. it would give him a fucking clue. I don't know where I'm going. Let's look at the snow globe. Oh, now I know. Oh, but no, right. Su- Superman is totally the, my least favorite one. Yeah, just that... because of the nonsense going on. And I said this one pulls ahead, and it, like you said, they, it, I do like. The uh, characterization better of this issue. I just, as a whole, it's a bunch of nonsense. And you know what this? Do you know what this book has over Superman? What's that? No solar flare. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that solar flare is behind everything, Eric. Thank God. Everything. Ah, yes. Well, we're going to move on to the next book, which is another truth story that I actually liked a little more. Action Comics number forty-three, written by Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter. Art by Aaron Cooter and Tomei Moray. This is my favorite issue of the truth event so far for one reason. We get some answers. Greg Pak shows us that Fox News can stick it up their ass because Sergeant Pinkerton has a shadow monster. It was a shadow monster all along. And the infiltration runs deeper than just one guy. This book has been all about Clark and the common man. And after giving a rousing Independence Day speech, the neighborhood is full of supermen and superwomen now. However, everything isn't pinatas and RC Cola here, Eric. Damn right. Because there are still people who think Clark is an alien scum. And even though Binghamton was clearly a monster, for some goddamn reason he has supporters still, which makes no sense. The issue ends with the reveal that Metropolis City Hall has a shadow, shadow monster infestation, and it's up to Clark and his super squad to take care of that next issue. Hoo-ree. The most disturbing thing in this book is when uh, Binghamton looks up after Clark punched him and his face is all over oh, the yeah, place. Oh, yeah, it's all over the place. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It is freaking me the fuck out. You know out. what I thought, It looks too, like the fly. I actually, yeah. I actually, when he got punched in that, that same panel, I was like, man, he had some pretty cool hair. Why was he hiding, <laughs> why was he hiding that hair under that helmet? Because he was a ginger. Nice he had that crazy hair he's got going on. But, yeah, he's, he's messed up. I like the fact, too. I really like this. It's a bit like the thing, too, with Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. Like when the monster came out yeah, of people. Is. I really I, I like a lot of the uh, monologue in this at the beginning, too, where he's talking about himself. And I really like the part where he explains that uh, Sergeant Binghamton flies 20 feet like he's made of paper. doesn't make sense. I didn't hit him that hard. I thought that was really cool for some reason. Yeah. I thought that's a really cool way of describing it, and then it matches up with the deal. But, boy, uh, 
I don't understand how anybody could still support this. Seriously, I was so angry throughout yeah. this issue, especially when we had these people like, oh, yeah, Beginton, great guy. Yeah. I was in him in the freaking, um, what's it called, Police Academy. Yep. Yep. Straight, he gets the he gets the job done. Well, but you know he's a shadow monster. That doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. he's I, American. <laughs> I like it at the beginning. Yeah, I like it at the beginning where you have Lee and uh, Dante. They yep. jump in. Those guys. Dante now has become my favorite guy. I really? didn't like you him. Fucking at first, hated him man, last issue. God damn it! He just he'll step up for anything. That guy likes a fight. He's fiery, <laughs> he likes, especially if he has a baseball bat. Yeah, he's fine. But uh, I really like the part where you're. Uh, you get the idea, though. Did you ever really get the idea that those policemen were going to shoot Superman at the beginning when he's they're like, back off, Superman? I actually got afraid in the did beginning. You? I, I really I did. did. Because, I, like, because I'm saying, we, I, I guess I was a little biased for I don't know if biased, and that's not the right word I want. I had my ideas going on beforehand because we talked about the book. I read it today. Yes. And you never once mentioned to me about them doing that. Oh, you said the people are still supporting Binghamton. So when they pulled the guns, like, yeah, oh, yeah. shit. No. And um, what I get is. Uh, we're still so you gonna, might have led me to that conclusion a bit. Well, we still get the idea that the shadow monsters can affect the people's um, ideas or their emotions and stuff like that. Correct? That they can I don't know anymore. Well, Actually, here's after the reading thing. this, I don't. Where I get the idea in this is that they're trying to explain, even if they're not trying to, to me it explains that once, you, once the veil's lifted and you see what's going on, you see it's a shadow monster, you, you snap out of it. Right. Because they're all there. And again, that that lady at the end, and I do have her name written down. So the worst per, that the lady, Annabella Petruz, Petruzelli. Yeah, I couldn't Annabella say it. Annabella <laughs> um, I wrote, worst human being ever. Worst human being I've ever seen in my life. But yeah. um, even she, she goes in at the end and, and finds out that everybody in City Hall is a shadow monster. The minute that she sees that they're shadow monsters, sees their true self, she snaps out of it. And no, she starts going. See, and, I can't say that because say like, all right, she's still like she's all about Binghamton because she's yeah. had a history with him. And she hasn't seen him as a shadow monster yet. Seeing is believing. No, you, she even you, admits she knows he is, though. Now, in line. Yes, I'm saying yeah. though, they no, talk I mean, about I'm it, saying but, in line. Yeah, she's like, I don't care. That's why she's the worst. She's the worst human being who's ever lived. She's oh, great. I'm saying, though, I just think that. You get put in front of a monster, you just go be scared. It's yeah. not that even if you had like the, the veil was lifted or anything like that, you got monsters well, in front of you. Shit's gotten real. Get the fuck out. And I, I will give uh, uh, the mayor or whatever. They're idiots. That at City Hall, a bunch of idiots because you're trying to convert these people or try to get them, and then you show They came on too strong. Them on, yeah, they came on way too strong. Right. Um, Maybe you like offer a benefits package, some incentives, and then turn in the shadow. Yes, yes, don't really go, well, that's you don't lead off with that. Speaking of coming on too strong, when they go back after this fight, and then really, if you really look at this issue, not a lot really happens. It's a lot no. of extended scenes. I don't mind because I did, like I said, I, we get answers. But uh, Lee, Jimmy, and... Uh, Clark go back to his apartment and again people have broken into Superman's apartment and uh, go home alien they have I don't have a home. I'm telling you yeah Earth is ours <laughs> I'm telling first off these people have some balls because Superman could still beat the shit out of them they go in there but it, again it just seems too much to me it's too over the top I don't I know don't, people like to hate man I, I know it's I'm sorry just look at racism and like the way that's terrible throughout the country all over the world now you have a motherfucker who's not human people are going to hate well, the shit actually, out of him actually you're, you're saying to me something and I just thought of something I was going to prove you wrong and actually probably proves everything right if you took the most loved person in the world and um, all of a sudden you find out that his uh, he's an interracial uh, say he was adopted 
and then they find out that his mom was black and his dad was white, there would be people immediately who hate him, even though the person could be yeah. the greatest person in the world. They will hate him only because of that. I, I get it. But it just, in this with Superman, Superman's above all that. And I, I, I agree, but I'm saying people are just fucking awful assholes. I mean, they even write, they put a go-home alien scum. Yeah. What the heck? I'll tell you, I, I can actually hear from the sound of your voice. You just feel so bad for, so you're actually taking this to heart. No, I'm What's pit, going yeah, on? Yeah, I, I just, it, 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 I've lost He is a humanity. hero. And, exactly. <laughs> so that's some decent running right there. He, yeah. uh, Pac is affecting you. He is. I love Greg Pac. He's you know what I like got us. I, I don't know. I'm t- I don't know if this is a writing thing or just an art thing. How much the writing like has direction on the art, mm-hmm. but either the writer or the artist, yeah, played the shit out of Resident Evil Two before this because when Binghamton, or was it? Uh, what's the cop's name? Uh, Binghamton. Binghamton. Okay, it didn't sound right when I said it. when he freaking sucks the energy out of that freaking SWAT suit. He yeah. looks like freaking William with the T, uh, the G virus in Resident Evil Two. Yeah, he does. Did you he see when I, totally when I told out. you about when he gets Lee with the like T one thousand just right there when like when he kills the the mother? I think that was a freaking like a move that William had in term, uh, Resident no, Evil Two. Yeah, I just thought of uh, Terminator, but yeah, uh, again we were gonna remember we were gonna have some uh, voice clips or sound clips, and I was gonna play the Independence <laughs> Day speech. Today we celebrate. Our Independence Day! Because really, he gets all these oh, yeah. people, he's given the deal, and right away, there's Dante, damn straight, Dante, Superman, Rodriguez, ready for service. This guy wants to, I don't know, I think he just likes to fight. He's I'm not, sorry. He's not only, Amish, is he? The only thing that's, yeah, he's going to beat the shit out of somebody if he's your boy. Uh, that's your boy? Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. The only thing that speech was missing is, this is our Independence yeah. Day. Uh, and that, well, then, uh, for the ending of this, I just want to, when Annabella, they go to this, the, you, she's the cop at the end. It, it's the worst. I don't, I really. Now, what's to, her last name? put this, uh, I have it written down. Again. I know, say I'll it again. You. I, can't, it I cannot is, get it straight in my uh, head. Annabella Petruzzelli. Petruzzelli, so, I'm Anna, telling you, I read it over and over, i I, I'm not going to be able to say this. I really, really, I love Greg Pak. I think he's great. That he wrote this part seems so weird because she's I don't know. There. It's she a cool cliffhanger, says, though. She basically, oh yeah, but she basically, I know Binghamton. No, you know what? You don't anymore. He's he's not. And this isn't a monster that people are like. I think he's a shadow monster because his eyes glowed. No, he becomes the most hideous looking thing. And and what happened to him? It's another thing I want to know. I have no, no, he just disappeared in yeah, the shadows. Yeah, he, he disappeared. So yeah. he's still out there. That's a, but again, he's out there. He's this awful thing. And he, I know Binghamton, and he's a good cop. Cares about the city. Believes in the law. Like, no. And then the guy's like, well, he did turn out to be a shadow monster. And then, huh. That's like, and is that any crazier than fire from his eyes, freeze breath Superman? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And then the guy's like, well, Kent's not exactly like that anymore. We have no idea what hell Kent's like, Schwartz. He's an alien and a liar. He's been pretending to be one of us for whatever weirdo reasons he might have. Now, right there. You have that. Yeah. We'll stop there. What has Binghamton been doing? She loves this Binghamton. What has he been doing? Now, when they attack now, people, I'm saying, though, who is the Bing- one who attacked police? Binghamton. I'm saying, though, is Binghamton I, – I want to know this from the story, like in the next issue or something – has Binghamton always been a shadow monster, or is something taken over uh, his body yeah, or replaced know, him? It, invasion still, of the body snatchers. I don't care because she can't talk like this. What it should have been, they should have had these uh, things lined up. They they don't even have to talk about Binghamton in this. She is upset. Then it switches that she's upset that it's us being interrogated when yeah. it should have been. So that's all they needed. 
They, they're all Agreed. lined up. They have the thing like, this is bullshit. Why are we here? They should have Superman here. He's the one that's caused all this trouble. Well, you know that Binghamton was a shadow mush. Yeah, I don't like him either. These, I don't know what's going on nowadays, but this is, I got shit to do. I want to go home <laughs> and make dinner. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, so it just comes off weird. But then they go in, the lady. I love the panel, too, where they, yeah, she reveals cool. that she's, you know, the shadow. And basically, they're, they're going to go through and find out who's supporting them and who's not. And, yeah, they came on too strong. And then the last panel, there's Superman and his freaking, you know, bunch of people. There's it's Superman. Involved. There's the Superman. They're all there. Don't see Dante. I'm upset. Where's Dante? He's, a, he's hitting somebody with a baseball bat as we speak. <laughs> he's on the street. Yeah, he's freaking, he's already arrested. He's causing trouble. But, yeah, I, I love this. I love this issue. I like this issue. I gave it an 8, 9 out of 10. I would have probably given it higher if that ending wouldn't have been so ridiculous with the Zanabella. I would have said, okay, but we get answers. And all I need in these issues and this story is for each story to have somebody that they're going against, something evil, whatever. Even in that Batman Superman, you have Ukar, but everything's still crazy. I don't know what's going on. They keep throwing <laughs> more things at you. You got the sun, you got Ukar, you got the subterranean, you Aquaman. got Aquaman. Hey, this at least, now next issue, they're going to fight some uh, Shadow Monsters. Now again, I'll wrap it around too, that it doesn't feel right where um, in Batman Superman, when Clark shows up in Metropolis then, and... Uh, Gordon's like, I saw you. You hit a cop. That that throw that out. Oh, Gotham when he showed up. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, uh, it yeah. doesn't make sense anymore. It, that's stupid. But yeah, that's just some of the things that don't. Jim Gordon's drive. one of them people. You can't still. I'd say once a cop, always a cop. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that Annabella. The Brotherhood. Annabella. Boy, Shadow monsters or not? She, like you said, she doesn't like Superman. She she likes Shadow monsters as long as they're American. That's <laughs> all you need. Uh, while you were going off on this, I just would. I wanted to say the whole time. I just wish the people on this podcast could freaking hear the – I want us to do a podcast while we're at work. Just start oh, recording yeah. just because screaming. all week I, – well, I was playing devil's advocate just trying to say like, oh, like play the part of the people, like why they would hate Superman. Just yeah. try to think of reasons and to I piss just, you off really. And I just get mad. And you are freaking out to the point where, all right, you and I, we're friends all this time. And then out of nowhere, you find out like you were playing the part of the cop. Yeah. In this scenario, you're like, all of a sudden, you find out I like to touch children. Are we still friends, Eric? Are we still? No, absolutely not. You're damn right we're not. Yep. I start screaming <laughs> at you. See? I always can convince you. I, I try to convince you. I, I have to go with touching children. I know. That's what it ended up being. Oh, my goodness. But I was laughing my ass yeah, off. Yeah, but that's, uh, again, now Hey, we did you this don't too. like the true story. It is making you a passionate motherfucker. Yeah, well, I'm saying, I was just going to say with the truth, I don't even, do you know when it ends? Because yeah. I don't. I guess uh, the November solicits, solicits are going to come out this week, and we'll see if it continues. I don't even know. I, I Again, a lot of times. It's I actually like never to, crossed my mind how long this freaking story I, I is. I like to try to be in the know, and. Yeah. I'm just I'm not even enjoying it that much. It's all a bunch of hooey. And I told you this week that I wish to the Lord above, Eric, to my sweet Jesus, baby Jesus, please. <laughs> why didn't they give us a truth number one and then a truth number two oh, to great. book yeah. in this story so we could kind of tie everything into it to go into the books and then tie everything out, you know, wrap it up in a nice little bow. Uh, sweet baby Like a Jesus. Batman and Robin Alpha and Omega. You know, pray with me to sweet baby Jesus that we can nah, have that. Because why didn't that. they do that? And also, you know what that does? It gives them some more money because people would have bought it. I would have loved it. I would have thought, okay, this sets up the story. You go from there. Everything branches off from there. Yeah. And then at the end, tie it in. Boom, we're done. They've done it before. That I think they had the doomed Well, I just said uh, the, freaking, uh, the Batman and Robin Alpha and Omega. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The why book and they, the why freaking uh, Resurrection of Damien. Everything they do. 
that lately just seems to have no direction and, and just no, no thought behind it. Just yeah. none. Oh, my God. We're working at the cardboard box factor, for Christ's sakes. We shouldn't be coming up with shit like this. <laughs> These guys are in their rickshaws smoking their cigars, put their leg up badass style. Uh, you know, you're making uh, goddamn Space Invader-looking things out of cardboard while we're there <laughs> and then reading Nightfall. That's I'm a busy guy. Work. Yeah, today I freaking, again, nothing. I, I, we should work <laughs> at D.C. They could pay us as much as we work at, get at the Cardboard Box Factory. We'd probably be the least paid guy, including people who don't even work there. I think somebody would show up and make more than us, the hot dog vendor outside. I know, do, they, do you think they have hot dog vendors now that they're in um, New York or uh, California? I'm saying I've never been to California. I don't know how the street I vendors they work there. I bet you that that's one thing that they probably miss. Uh, to me, there's more street vendors uh, in New York. Yeah, in my and, mind. And it's like stuff we like. Out yeah. in California, you have a street Falafel. vendor selling cucumbers, freaking <laughs> broccoli. The hell? Who wants Fucking that? Wraps, man. Wraps. Sushi. No, wraps. wraps. Oh, I thought you meant like like uh, Tupac was out there still wrapping it up. West Coast. I thought you were going West Coast support. East Coast all the time, baby. That's right. East Coast all the way, baby. And we're going to lead into uh, somebody who's not from the East Coast, Eric. It is time for Ryan, brightest daycare Clark's other side. And he was dark all week. I, I told you. I said, Well, you know what he's doing, right? What's that? I'm asking you. Oh, yeah. Now doing? I do. But what uh, I, what I told you, I think even today, earlier today, I, I actually asked you, did we offend him last week? Because <laughs> we sometimes we have some crazy lead-ins, and I said, no. no Actually, we're I, thought, I said, we went really to the point because, in fact, I edited out some stuff that we let in because I started telling all about the book that Ryan was going to review <laughs> last week, shit. and you gave me shit, so I said, <laughs> the hell with you. I did edit that part out, and basically I'm like, yeah, Ryan's going to do this. Take it away, Ryan. And he went, so... Uh, in fact, he sent a thing and actually told me, hey, I didn't realize I didn't tell you what I was doing this week because we talk all week about yeah. it. And he didn't. And he told me that. And I didn't respond to him because I'm going to make him wait now, Eric. I'm going to make him uh, sweat it out. He doesn't know if he's on the cutting block or the freaking – who knows? I don't even know what I'm saying. But he did message me. He was going to do X-Files Season 11 number one. Nice. That was one that he was going to do. He decided no. Then oh. he was going to do the beauty number one. That was that, that Jeremy Hahn, Jeremy Hahn book that I told you about. That you said I said it's a really neat idea. You said that's cliched and looks some. And they probably sh- have big uh, some big TV uh, show or some some TV show that you uh, did. But it's Jeremy Hahn writing it as well. So I thought that would be pretty neat. He's not doing that either. He's doing phonogram the immaterial girl number one. I don't even know what the hell you just said. I don't either. I don't know what it's about. It's by Karen Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, who do the Wicked and Divine book, which, uh, you know, everybody and their mother loves that book, Eric. Let's have Ryan tell us all about it. Hello, and welcome to another weekly edition of The Other Side, your only place for non-DC Comics reviews on the otherwise all-DC Comics Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark. And this week, for The Other Side, episode number 26, I bring you Phonogram, The Immaterial Girl, number one from Image Comics, written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Jamie McKelvey, Jordi Belair, and Matthew Wilson. This book is like a more adult version of Gem and the Holograms, uh, with, a, with a big twist. Uh, this story in phonogram kind of poses uh, what the world would be like if music were literally magical, rather more so than figuratively. Uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey really have a well-defined style uh, when working together, but this book 
still finds ways to be different from their other big title at Image, The Wicked and the Divine. Uh, the books are similar. Um, I see where, obviously, it's the same two people working on the book, uh, mainly, uh, but they have their own individual worlds to play in, which is really nice. Uh, this first issue serves as mostly setup, as entry into this world that these characters inhabit. Uh, you know, the one where music is like Harry Potter-level magic, uh, and there are these sort of realms beyond our own that these music wizards can tap into. Uh, I loved how the book just sort of jumps throughout time to tell the story from, like, the 1980s on into the early 2000s and current time. Uh, it also has a lot of uh, very well-placed, very natural-feeling uh, references to the music of those and this era, which I, I found intriguing as well. It was nice to see in this, the first issue, our first experience for myself as well, I'm sure a lot of people that read this, uh, the into the world of phonogram, that this whole magical side of the story is a bit more subtle. It's not quite so in-your-face in this first issue. Uh, it isn't anything anywhere near as grand or over-the-top crazy like stairs that move on their own or a cafeteria that makes food disappear and appear at will. Um, so it's a little, a little less heavy-handed than that. Uh, the scene that we see at the end of this book, which is a direct pull uh, from the, the visuals of the music video for AHA's Take On Me, was a pretty uh, personally uh, specific moment, very poignant for me uh, directly, because I do specifically remember uh, the first time as a young man seeing that video, and how, as of this point, after having seen the video and heard the song a countless number of times, uh, that the the imagery from the video is still what I see in my head whenever I hear the song on the radio. And also, it is personally applicable for me because AHA's Take On Me was the number one song on the Billboard charts the day I was born as well. Uh, this book is most certainly nothing like anything else there right now. Um, like I said, it is is thematically similar and has a similar vibe to Wicked and the Divine, but it is still very different, very much its own thing. And you can bet that a character like Superman won't be dealing with traveling to a realm filled with musically magical-powered people who talk about bands like Blur, AHA, Sugar Babes, and the White Stripes anytime soon, either. Uh, the cover of this book is this gorgeous, uh, very beautiful and artistic uh, standalone image, and the interior artwork is on the same uh, level of, of detail as well, and I really like that. The main story is then followed by two uh, shorter, like one and three page backup stories that are a bit different than what you get from the main story. Uh, each one of the two evoking some different emotions, uh, one a bit more uh, humor, something a bit more tongue-in-cheek, and one uh, more sadness and remorse. Uh, but I do like that it gives you more story for this world, um, but it does have a different feel from the main story as well. Uh, now, <clears throat> originally I thought that this was just a new property that was starting, but it actually is a series that has two pre-existing trades prior to this uh, issue's release, uh, which I've already ordered 
uh, the second trade, the singles club online, uh, actually at the behest of Kieran Gillen, uh, as he states in the afterword he wrote, where he suggests the second volume over the first for people wanting to go back and read more about this world that they've created. Uh, so I think I definitely will talk more about this book uh, once that uh, shipment arrives and I have that book in hand to read and, and dive into further. Now this being the first issue in what is technically the third volume of a book uh, still really seems to be a fairly... Uh, singular thing. It's definitely well suited to stand on its own, uh, but it definitely, as you read the story, you feel like there is a whole world uh, out there waiting to be explored, or in the case of the uh, previous volumes that may have already been touched on that you can go back and read. Uh, I love the way this book looked. The artwork was fantastic, and the flow of the story uh, I really liked it. It was a great. It didn't feel uh, too rushed or like it dragged really at any point, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, I really wasn't sure at all what to expect from this book before I read it. Uh, I saw the cover. I thought it looked appealing, and I always like to bring home uh, fun and unique number one issues. Uh, and this one definitely piqued my interest, so I wanted to check it out. Um, but now that I have read this first issue, I'm definitely hooked. Uh, and I bet that anybody that goes out of their way to read this issue uh, would be too. Uh, other stuff I've been reading lately and enjoying, I went back and have started reading uh, Kevin Smith's Daredevil Run, the Guardian Devil story, and I'm about halfway through. And even though the artwork looks a bit dated, it's definitely something that's, you know, uh, 10, 15, 20 years old, that sort of uh, art style. It still feels and reads like a pretty modern uh, comic book story. Uh, I also just finished the sixth uh, Batwoman trade, and um, uh, even though I had fallen off that completely uh, after J.H. Williams left, I have gone back and read the two, or I think this makes three, uh, trades since they had left, and, and I had enjoyed all of them to varying degrees. I did like this six-volume uh, somewhat, though I did not think it was necessary to work in the odd subplot involving Kate Kane having a murderous, vampiric, lesbian, rebound girlfriend that possibly also turned her into a vampire, but maybe not. I mean, it just got pretty convoluted there at the end. Um, I am going to be starting to read the first volume of The Ultimates for the next installment of my Comics With Your Mom book club segment on my own podcast, the Brightest Daycare Weekly podcast, which you can find on iTunes and at my website, which is brightestdaycare.com. Uh, you can also find my written reviews uh, posted there on brightestdaycare.com as well. Uh, you can reach out to me via Twitter at BDC Comics, and I have pages on both, or on Facebook, Google+, and Tumblr as well. If you just search for Brightest Daycare, two words, it'll come up. And if you ever want to contact me directly to give me some suggestions for other side reviews or to just tell me how great I am, you can reach out to me directly and email me at brightestdaycare at gmail.com. And until next week, I'll see you on the other side.
All right, we're back, and that was phonogram, the immaterial girl. That doesn't even sound like those words should go together. No. What is that, a line from Midnighter? <laughs> like, I think you're a phonogram, the immaterial girl. Oh, Time for yes. some fist questions. That's, I'm going to get some fist questions and press some flesh. And, ooh, what are you doing in your undies, sir? <laughs> and then, like, hold on, you said, say that again to me. Repeat that line. Put that, the fish No, question? no, no. The, oh, yeah, what are you doing question. in your... Oh, the, no, I'm no, going to go one. and press some flesh and ask some fist questions. Bueno. <laughs> he would like that. He definitely would. We'll get to that in a little bit. Ooh, you get the next book. The yes, next I part. do. What is that book, Eric? It is Earth 2 Society, number three, written by Daniel H. Wilson with art by Jorge Jimenez and Alejandro Sanchez. All right. Terry Sloan has activated the Genesis device to transform this former Convergence world into the old Earth 2. At least that was the plan... Before he, but because he, before he can complete his task, he's killed by a lightning strike as our wonders argue amongst themselves. If that wasn't bad enough, the machine begins spitting out terrible dog mutations that Red Arrow and Huntress quickly kill before they begin getting protested by the new, newly formed PETA of Earth 2. All this with a flashback about Red Tornado, what Red Tornado did when the spaceship's first crash landed, and a, mysteri- a mystery about who killed Terry Sloan and stole the source vault. God they are struggling again. We are going to have I really to start thought it was going to be good after doing hashtag, that. Yeah, hashtag Eric needs to get reading lessons. I, the best part is, too, I wish you could see how enlarged this type is on yeah, my computer. it's really that big. Oh, my God. It's at uh, 204%. Holy crap. Yeah, mine, I have the font usually at 12, and it's just <laughs> as it is. And I still struggle, too, but, boy, yeah. it's a, it's the... That's part of struggle. That's you part of the fun of the weird out loud. Oh, Eric's that's abil- the weird Eric out abilities loud. to read. Yeah, that's trouble. Are you done? Are you still struggling? No, I'm done, baby okay. boy. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't like this issue. I know you didn't. You and did. Thing- you and I, I'm telling you, this is what happens when you review a book like this. Any book, um, even um, you might even say that that came into play with my action comics review that we just did. Right. You're so down on something that when you get any sort of gleaming light, you're like, boy, I, this is good stuff. And I think that's the problem where we have where you review every book. Me and you try to review every book. And we, there's two issues we have with it, I'll tell you. A lot of people don't review every month of an issue. What I have is I'll say while I'm reviewing, this is the best issue I've had on this book in a year. And then i got to go back and check. And you've got to throw my stupid score because then I'll put a (laughs) 5. And then I'll go and find out I put an 8.7. Somebody will call me on it. But again, you get these things where me just not reviewing this book and I think this book is awful. I thought it was terrible. But yet you gave it a pretty good score. We don't have to say the score yet. But you liked it enough because – it gave you a glimmer of hope, correct? That's, the worst part is we talk about reviewer lingo, things that are always used by different reviewers all across mm-hmm. the board yes. that it just seems like standard fare. Yes. The thing I think I have said the most is in every Earth – like um, Earth 2 World's End and now in this one. Muddy, muddy drawings? No, absolutely Pencil not. Pencil heavy. Where this a roller is, coaster of emotions. No, no. This is my own personal bit where I think I've said this more than any of the others – it's where this has given me a bit of hope that the series can become okay. something that we yeah, want. Yeah, and the problem is if you I've say said that, that three, 17 say, yeah, times. You say that 17 times, and people are like, well, you're a very helpful man, my friend. And it's I keep getting happening. shit on. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, but yet you're you're a hopeful guy. I usually go the it's, opposite. It's, and then only, I start, it's only for the series. It starts when you start fighting back then and start giving ones and twos. Have you ever <laughs> given a one? 
Yeah. Have you? No. Or one out of ten. No, I don't think I have. I think I have. I yeah, you probably have. Probably Katana or Catwoman or one of those. But yeah, I don't think you've gone lower than a two. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Some people give zeros. Yeah, that's I still bullshit. think that's ridiculous. You print a book and it's got to be more than a zero, right? Me and you get a book yeah. deal and we print it. You got to give us at least a one, zero. And every time somebody gives a zero, and a lot of these creators and things have gone on, and I'm telling you, I'm looking at you, Cameron Stewart. I uh, think that we have like a personal grudge and we're jerks and we hate for hate's sake. You give a zero and you're hating for hate's sake. Yeah. Like you have something against something that you know you the creators you don't like it's one of your favorite characters and you don't like the direct you know and they got jerk off faces i can't deal with that yeah stuff like that they look at you with their smug faces on their facebook page and their (laughs) twitter and look at you with all those (laughs) followers they have and they talk about their diets you okay now baby i'm okay let's talk about some art too all right this first uh, off i love the art in this book and i I thought about this for a little while because i wrote that and i had to put in was like while it might not be for some, when Jorge Menes is on point, I dig it. And here he seems to be rocking his style because he has a very specific style. Yeah, I like it. That is art. not for everybody. I can see that right away from looking at it, but I really dig it. If Andrew Dollhouse was coloring this book, it would just be over the top great. Ooh, I'm going to mention him later, too. He was on another book that I was hoping he'd color. But, yeah, I, I really like the art in this. I really do. Uh, the dialogue's a little different, though. It's a little off. Yeah, I don't like it. I think it's very heavy-handed, the whole thing with uh, Lois talking about how her, uh, uh, my dad built me and I'm a robot, but he made sure I could cry. <laughs> so, like, really? I think I wrote that in sixth grade in one of my dark poetries. <laughs> That's funny because I, to add to that, I just have like, like, like one line of notes for that. Why the fuck did General Lane build a robot that could feel pain for his daughter yeah. and cry? Because he's an asshole. He is a sick fuck. Yep, he's an asshole. Why it's he like, should have uh, just made her a robot that didn't feel and, then and it's go funny with it. too because she's got the, her arm almost ripped off at the beginning of this. It's like when we have the flashbacks to when they, the ship's first crash landed. Yep. Her arm is all mangled to shit. And I thought of that Simpsons episode where they jump to the uh, future of where all like Bart and Lisa are grown up yeah. and the librarians are robots. Why did I pro why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> that's, that's what it is. And uh, again, I don't, I, I don't. And then you look, she's crying throughout the whole goddamn issue. She's reaching out to the, the vision of Superman. Uh, you know, my, my husband, uh, cry. The only thing that I have to say about this, well, I have a lot to say. But I can't say <laughs> it's the only thing. But it, it drives me nuts that you had World's End. Yes. You had all that, okay? You, you, that's done. Yes, you can have some shout-outs at the beginning. Why didn't they just set this book a couple of years ahead, everything I wish that this could have started fresh and new a little more than it does. It's, it, we're three years oh, I agree. in, and it's still giving us everything from before. And I'm telling you, this whole thing with the, uh, the world engines and the, the ships, not that interesting to me. I want to see super, I want to see super yeah the source I want to see superheroes fight each other and do things not keep and rehashing these things and then saying some people were in the cities and some <laughs> people were in the wilderness I, again uh, the best part I thought and I some really some people was just hawk girl yeah hawk girl I, I actually liked the part with Alan Scott um, though even that was heavy handed I, I just liked it because at least I got something. It's just honestly, it's just the character development of Alan Scott because at this point he's no longer Green Lantern. He is Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, yes, he is. He, his powers is the ability for him to do anything he wants, 
and he is completely disconnected from all humanity. Well, when, when is this book going to start? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, and that's the problem because I'm guessing the way that uh, Daniel H. Wilson structured his story. It's like, all right, we're going to start this story. It's going to be a year after the, like, they get on the Convergence world, the new Earth 2. Mm-hmm. I still don't like calling it Earth 2 because it's not the Earth 2 to me because it's this alien fucking hey, world. Hey, but- listen to me. Alan Scott spelled it out. Home is where you, you lay your head down. Is that what he said? He said something like that. (laughs) He basically told the Red Tornado, you know, hey, wherever you are is your home. Now shut your mouth. Stop your crying. You're a robot. Act like it. He wouldn't say that. He would sound more like a robot than Lois. Start beeping and booping. Start acting like, you know, a real robot. (laughs) At least give me a kill all humans. Come on now. Yeah, something like that. Warning, warning. Danger, danger. That's the problem, though, is that with the story structure, we're dealing with the stuff now, which I find a bit interesting. But then we're going back to the crash landing every goddamn issue to see That's what, what this saying. other person's doing. What, I, and I, I liked it in the first issue because it gave us the explanation of like um, that Dick Grayson no longer had the tello shell and he was paralyzed again. Well, again, we, have, we really like that. What have we got from Dick Grayson since? Oh, he was like pretty much devoid from this issue except yeah. for, hey, it's about time you guys showed yeah, up. It's like one – thing where it's like, oh, you, you showed up? Oh, yeah. thanks. Yeah, that's what I time. want. How about this? You have the preview that they put out in May. You have mm-hmm. the preview. Deal with all of the ships and all this nonsense. Tie that all in. And then when you start up the issue, issue one, you move ahead and you center on Dick Grayson as Batman. There. Just go with him for now, the see, first I don't want to center arc. on that. I don't want to center on I'm just saying center on something for an arc. This is all over the place. Yeah. Every issue, you're getting something. And now, and what happens is, because you're going to, like, Red Tornado, this issue, now you got to go back to what she did when they crashed yeah. and what and she's like, done. I don't know what's coming up going. next. Next is going to be Hawkgirl, for all I know. Who knows? You know? Yeah, I know. Dr. Fate. I don't yeah. even know where Dr. Who Fate knows? is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, nonsense. And then uh, out of nowhere, they have to show her uh, red tornado uh, reunite a family. Ay, ay, ay. They find the freaking dad of this family. They're crying. She's crying. Next thing you know, she gets some clothes and off she goes. And then she's smiling, crying, and smiling. I, and that's <laughs> the thing. I find it ridiculous that red tornado wears glasses. I know it's just like for an identity thing where she try, she's trying to like, you know. <laughs> but she has a robot body. <laughs> She's got a robot eyes that can like see a picture of them She's facially like, eyes, map yeah. out somebody. It's like, oh, I don't want anybody to know what I, who I am. You know what? Superman used to wear these yeah. glasses. I'm going to put them on. They're like, oh, yeah, those glasses cover up that goddamn arrow you have on the top of your head and your robot body. And then she, they're like, oh, you should have some clothes. She puts on clothes, yet still her robot boobs hanging out. She's, she's very vain. She wants people to see those robot boobs. All her father worked place. really hard on this robot boobs. That's what I'm saying. The father made that. Why are the boobs so big? <laughs> <laughs> he, he made me feel uh, pain, and he was a pervert. He I liked to look at me. He's building the robot with the scientist. Lois, I'm going to give you the boobs I could never give you in life. <laughs> yes, and then he's like, you know what? I'm reading this text here. Don't tell your mother. Rob- robots aren't actually daughters anymore. You've crossed the line, Lois. Oh, God. Let's go. Let's go date. I and think by, it's a good thing to By the way, I got God. my hands stuck in this drain. Can you help me out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but no, I'm saying this real I, – I like the issue enough because, like I said, as the thing I say over and over again in my reviews for this fucking title, the Earth 2 like, branded titles, I keep hoping that it's going to be something. And at the end of this – we find out, you know, Terry Sloan was killed by some mysterious person just, with a lightning bolt. I'm just looking at this Terry Sloan too at the end. Can they make him even? He's so mangled. He's mangled up. 
Is he supposed to be like? It looks like he turned into a zombie first, and then they killed him again. He's so crazy. Rigor Mortis is setting He's crazy. So like crazy looking. His arms are up there, like he was trying to strangle somebody. I don't know. And he looks like he's actually going for Lois's boobs. <laughs> Uh, he's like, I'd go for Lois's boobs, but I don't know who you are, lady with boobs hanging out and glasses on. You, yeah. you cannot be Lois. Uh, there's Jimmy in the background. You got Huntress that looks crazy. <laughs> I don't know. This book, I'm telling you, it's three issues in. I'm losing it on this thing. I'm, I'm not you, interested. I'm just looking forward because, look, at the ending here, we have Terry Sloan killed. Somebody killed him with some yes. goddamn lightning bolt. Yes. I don't know what that's about. He's dead. And the source vault is missing. So now we have a murder mystery and a stolen piece of property on our hands. It's yes. going to get all the heroes together, and we can finally go do some regular superheroing. Yeah, That's what I want. I want something. The no, world's end get, is over. They're going to get together now. Uh, Jay Garrick's got to talk about it. We see him there where he's getting his mom's That's some bullshit together. right there. I know. He's a dick. Flash is an asshole building yeah. his mother a mansion while she people even are suffering on, on this new she world. She calls him on it. She's like, you know, there's other people that need more help. Shut up, Mom. And next week... I'm giving you the mansion I can never give you in life. (laughs) Next month we'll get that. Yeah, and the next thing you know, he can't afford it, and she's suing him. (laughs) She wants the money for it. He's like, Mama, I really don't have a job. Is that million-dollar baby? (laughs) Yeah, he's I don't have a job. I'm just going around fixing shit. He's the fixer-upper. It's a weird thing, though, because I I do do have high hopes for this book. I want it to work out. I want it to be good because I'm, I'm telling you, James Robinson's Earth 2 is what got me back into the, like, into DC Comics, the New 52. Yes. And I want it to be that strong well, again in mind for it, me. It's so funny you say that because in my mind, I don't even see this related to that Earth 2 I know. Anymore. It's so it's, hard. It's World's End. This is a, a World's End book. It's not yep. Earth 2 anymore. It's World's End, and you hated World's well, End. You didn't like no, World's I End. No, I hated World's yeah, End. Yeah, you hated it. And this is too much. This is not Earth 2. This is Earth 2 World's End continuation. And, and it, to me, it's just as bad. And yeah, convergence thrown in. Yeah, and convergence. It's just as bad. It, it annoys me. It annoys me. What'd you give it? Hold on. And I got no, one more thing. you still have more things. I'm just really happy that Terry Sloan is dead, too. Yeah. He's but if not. that motherfucker comes back, They're I'm, I'm going to kill, kill somebody that if he comes back. That source engine's going to freaking bring him back i don't know it'd be great he comes back with a it's the source engine's destroyed yeah well i don't i don't know what's going on the genesis machine the genesis machine i mean he's gonna come back with a giraffe head <laughs> that's what i want do you like the mutated dogs yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay but this is what we always do we freaking like i say i like a book or we both say we like a book and then we talk about it tear it down something fierce and now we don't like it no more no. but uh i gave this a seven out of ten i'm gonna stick with it just because of the feeling I get that we're actually going to get some superheroing going yeah. on in the future. Well, I'm telling you, it's very much It's like, very unlikely, it's, but I want to think so. It's like what I said about Action Comics when I even said, I admit it, not much happens, but I like it because I got something more than what, uh, you know, I, things are moving forward. So, okay, but I would have given this a 6 out of 10. And it's mainly because... I'm surprised of, you actually gave it uh, a It's six. mainly because of the art. I really yeah. like the art. But yeah, I thought that the dialogue and it was clunky. I thought that the script... I mean, if you don't know what's, what went on with oh, yeah, World's End... You're done. And no, not, if you don't know what's going on with Convergence, yeah, and, Conver- and that's not how you start up a book. Daniel H. Wilson should be good enough that he can tie everything in without leaving you out in the cold. Because the I know what went on, and I'm It's the end of Convergence. Yeah. All right, we're going to reverse things because I have a feeling that you're going to like this book more than actually. That's not a reverse because you like that book more than me. But yeah. this next book is Justice League United, number twelve. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what's weird? Stupid. I put. 
in this Justice League United number two. Of course, I wrote did. it because that's what it should be. Why Agreed, don't why, been did, why didn't they renumber this? It's so stupid that they didn't renumber it. It's going to drive me nuts. And it the would end have had time. a big jump just because of the number one. I, they, yeah, they would have had the number one jump, get some people in. But yeah, Justice League United number twelve, written by Jeff Parker, art by Travel Foreman and Jeremy Cox. Jeremy Cox, friend of the side arc. This issue actually ruined a large part of my Wednesday this week. (laughs) While the idea of crazy combinations of team members fighting anomalies in the Zeta Bean had me excited about this book going forward, Jeff Parker seems to have forgotten to bring the fun. We get a complaining Poison Ivy, a confusing explanation of what the hell is going on, and Mara, who is bigger than Lou Ferrigno. (laughs) In the end, we do get a little rhyme out of Etrigan, and somewhere in the Zeta Beam, Adam Strange is lighting a cigar and saying, I love it when a plan comes together. Nice. The art and story were inconsistent, confusing, and all I can hope for is that Jeff Parker writes the ship soon because this book could quickly become an outright disaster, in my opinion. Uh, You liked it more than me. You said that you didn't mind it. I'm saying the, the only part of the book that I found confusing was um, – I'm trying to think of this here because it was started with Alana Strange talking to Steel. Yeah, Steel. But then we jumped to Stargirl Why is talking. she talking to Steel? Uh, Why is she Steel? Set, she set up the new team. But it seems like it's weird that it's Steel to me. I, I don't know. You don't get Hey, any... this is all an Adam Strange. Or he's putting uh, teams together But you don't even plans. get that. I don't even get that. They go. He just says, Adam Strange. How you, like, it seems to me like she just kind of wandered in and just needed somebody to talk to. doesn't say like, hey, Adam told me to come here to let you know this and what's going on. It's just out of the blue, there's steel. And it just, I don't know. It threw uh, me off. Now, maybe, I, maybe the what they're doing is maybe steel's the next issue. Maybe yeah. that's the first. I didn't even get that. Because they don't even say, oh, you're going to help us out. She just seems to be telling him. That's the thing. He doesn't really, she doesn't tell him much either. Because no. I actually was – I screwed up when I said that because I didn't mean the steel part. I meant Stargirl talking to Robot well, Man. Well, that's the thing. And then it goes right into Stargirl to Robot Man. And it was Man. very confusing. And again, I think that Robot Man is going to be in this next team. But yes. they don't spell it out. The only one they really spell it out is Batgirl at the end. Agreed. And again, this book seems to be a lot of we're not going to tell you what's going on. And I want to ask I you something don't now. No, I kind of dig that. Well, it's not to me. It's not. It's not done cleverly though. It's almost just like I know what's going on. I'm not going to tell you yet. I like when I don't need anybody to hold my hand, uh, except when I walk along the uh, the this seashore, Eric, like that, <laughs> gathering shells. But I want to know at Fuck least what's man. going on. And. You get this. We're going to get this. We're going to get two issues with each team. Maybe yes. they'll even. Maybe they'll mix it up down the line. You'll get three. Some some great old team. Um, <laughs> it seems that Adam Strange has an idea of what's going to go right. Right. Yes. And he sees this, but yet if he does, why doesn't he just tell them what to do? It, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like he only gets an idea of okay, this is going to do this, this, and this. You explain to me how they defeat this monster because I, I have my I I understand it. But I want you to tell me. Um, Atrican burns it. Yeah, but the the whole thing involves <laughs> them lifting it out of the. You know, there's Equinox no, saying, has her part. Thing. Mara has her part to yeah, lift I, it out of the water. All this stuff. It's confusing. And in the end, if you really think about it, not much happens. And yet, why didn't Adam Strange just tell him to do that? If he can sense that he needs a team because Atrican's going to burn them, then he knows that's how it's going to end. Correct? He seems to be able to tell them what who to get. And what not just why doesn't he why in this whole universe here does he not just say, Hey, this is what we have to do. Poison Ivy has to get uh, Swamp Thing has to go into the, the 
consciousness of this thing. Then yeah. you got to lift it up. Then you got to do this. Then you no, got to burn they it. Ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. The thing lifts, its, yeah, it it lifts to get itself away. out yes. to get away from the water. Mary, yes. Yeah. So everything is set in the play. Why doesn't he just spell it, it out to them? I don't know if he can. He's stuck in the Zeta beam. I know that Alana's talking to yes, him when she connects. That's what I but mean. Why? I don't know how it much just, he can talk to him seems though, silly. or how much he even knows. He's yeah. setting these dominoes up to fall. He's setting but I them don't... up, but it seems like he knows. Like if he knows to get poison ivy, swamp thing, etrigan, Mara, and uh, equinox, he knows what's going to go on. He knows how this thing is going to be defeated, and it's just like like he's just there and like. Just do what you have to do. I'm tired. I'm you gonna just go can take change it at any given moment. Though. I just you didn't you like give it, too much it, information, I, and they can screw up yeah, from what the timeline is supposed just, to actually do. And to me, you get these two issues, and when you really think about what they did to solve this, it's kind of silly to me. I, actually, I'm, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. I'm, spe- I I'm telling it. you, at first, I, I don't like the art very much. I love the way he draws Etrigan and Poison Ivy. I love Etrigan. I don't I like Poison Ivy as much. I love Etrigan. Uh, Mara, I don't know what he's doing here. Yeah, Mara's fucking weird. She, at one point, she looks like Luferigno. Next part, she looks like, I don't know what, looks like she's emaciated and, and this <laughs> crazy, I'd like to say, pencil heavy. And Equinox, uh, I wasn't a huge Equinox fan of the way is, she's just ridiculous anyway. I don't even like Equinox either. I just don't like it. She has and nothing to do. I like the one part. Of she, he's, this thing's feeding on ships. What? what are you Thank you, Equinox. About? And then again, I really like the part, though, that you get Etrigan. I, I've been complaining now for two months. Well, I like rhyming Etrigan. And then I he do finally, not. He finally gets a rhyme out and almost says, I said to you, it's almost like he says it and then goes, there. Yeah. Like, all right. But like, it's weird because it's like nobody actually took notice. He says it so out of context because somebody already starts talking. He just walks like there. Yeah, he says, the deed is done. The day is won. You return too late. You miss all the fun. There. Yeah, but so, like the way the panels, so uh, the, the, the balloons are yeah. set up, like somebody else starts talking. Yeah, well, he's there with like, at that point, Animal Man shows up. That I'm telling you, then they have the, the skull of Swamp Thing and we're going to do some crazy voodoo magic on him. And I do 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 do. I just I, – I thought it was a bunch of hooey. I don't and, know. Like you're talking about how you don't like to have your hand hold, but held, but you like to know – you like to know what's I going on. I just want to know a basic idea of, of like I don't when I'm, – I'm trying to tell you how I, what I mean. Like I don't like it when you're not going to hold my hand, but then something comes up that doesn't make sense to me. And I'm telling you this whole thing with Adam Strange just sitting in the Zeta beam and said, okay, you need this person, this person, this person, this person. He knows why. Unless something's I don't just hitting him does. out of the... But he He's... must because it says in the one, I think, it, either that issue, the last issue, it says in here where it's something like when he sees the breakers, he can tell how they can be done. And yes. that's where he gets the team. If he can tell that, then he knows what's going on. And I don't, I just, I don't think I just, that's the case. I just think it's ridiculous. Well, if he, if he didn't know that this monster needed to be lifted out of the water in the air... Then done, uh, you know, pushed with air and then hit with the the I don't think he fire, knew any of that. Then why would he pick Etrigan? Why would he pick Mara that was going to get he her out of the, the water? He knew the dominoes that he had to set up to do it, but he did not know how it was going to go take place. But that's place. the only thing that And Etrigan, that's the best part. What else is Etrigan going to do? I don't know. He that's breathes, the thing. He breathes fire. That, what else is he going to do? What else is Mara going to do except attack with water? He, the, the dominoes are the plan. It's I not like that it, intri- though, because but the antibodies came plan. out, and that's when she started using the water. And then, then the creature learned, and it wanted to get away from the water because it felt a threat. Yeah, like I and said, then, I think uh, I Poison think Ivy connected down to, uh, to Swamp Thing that was inside of it with the green, and it gave it a chance for them to connect and find out what's going on so they could come up with a plan. And, and you know what? I actually, I actually think that uh, more than one time in the past two issues as well, when Poison Ivy's complained, I don't even know why I'm there. He, Adam has a plan. 
He knows. That's why you were picked. And yeah, they're just, they're mostly bullshitting them though. I just I, I they just, don't even really know. And again, I like think. I said, I think the plan was it was ridiculous. And this whole thing, you have this blood and guts thing that seemed pretty cool, and then in the end, you just get it in the air and, and blow it up with extra. Yeah, fire. it was a little anticlimactic. I agree with you, but I like the idea. Like I see it as he has these ideas. He can he can see the way that these things have to be broken. He does not know the outcome or if they'll even succeed. Yeah, but I he know, but I think he knows the, the set up I, yeah, the it. steps. Why doesn't he tell them the steps? The steps are the people I mean I don't and again uh, you get the thing up in the air I think that Etrigan could have probably uh, caught that thing on fire even if it was sitting on the water it just seems stupid to me uh, again I didn't think it was fun I you didn't get to me it you didn't get a lot of interaction between the characters enough that it would be like oh this is a fun team yeah uh, maybe it was just this team maybe this maybe. team's a bomb uh, because I didn't like it and it seemed on paper seemed to be something that would be pretty cool um, but yeah, oh great, Jeff Parker. You know when he came on the scene, everybody, oh, he's the funny guy. He's the funny guy. He's the next freaking Keith. Is that Griffin. what they said? I don't yeah, they did. They That's why that. he did the Batman '66. That was all the talk. I thought that, that was a punishment. No, they said that he was. <laughs> it was a big thing of his. Was he's Mr. Humor? Uh, I didn't like Travel Foreman's art at all. But you know what I did like? I liked the Batgirl because it is that he definitely mimicked yeah. the style of Becker. I thought that was great. I say um, I lo- I really liked Etrigan and I really liked Poison Ivy. Yeah, I like Batgirl at the end and all and it's fun. That that actually was the fun the funnest part of the whole thing when she's running away and they grab her and like we got to go and uh I don't know. She had some uh snarky comments. Who was that that she was fighting? Blockbuster. Um, okay, Blockbuster. So she's even like, "Hey, would, you don't have to destroy the hipster bar and you know, I like that." It actually uh, even, I know you were drinking lattes before it was cool. It's yeah, all right. like stuff like that. I thought that was funny and it kind of it was it hit the character right. Um, but yeah, I guess. And I don't you, like the way you draw Star Girl. No, I didn't either. You, but next issue we're going to get at least what we think would be Steel Robot Man and Batgirl. Yes, it's crazy team already. And I do not like the way he draws Steel either. Did you? Yeah. His proportions were way off. Yeah, yeah. I know I, he's going for perspective there. It just looked odd. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, again, if you would have given me the panel and just with no dialogue, anything, and said when he's getting out of the this, you asked me who it was. No idea. Yeah. I would have had no idea. Looks like Tyrese Gibson. He said, <laughs> "I'm hungry." What does he say? Uh-huh. I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, yes, I gave this, uh, if I could find my notes. I didn't even look at my notes that whole time we were talking. <laughs> Let me look at my notes, see if I uh, put, uh, you know, I didn't like the way of the thing. I didn't like steel. Do, 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 do. And I gave it a five out of ten. I would give this a seven. Really? I'm really interested because I'm telling you, Jeff Barker got my interest in this because I like the way things started playing out just for them working on their strengths and what they do. And the, the like, the timeline started shifting towards how they would defeat it. It wasn't like set up like we're going to do this. If this happens, this happens. It just kind of all I don't fell know. in the to place. To me, I thought it seemed forced and stupid. I didn't like. I, the, I, I didn't like it. how the plan was. And, I can't wait end, to see what the next one. When I think first. about the plan, that it was basically to just get that thing to lift out of the water and then set it on fire. It seemed like a bunch of nonsense. Hey, they destroyed the thing. They did mm-hmm. what they were supposed to do. Uh, I was the lowest on Comic Roundup. I am the lowest with a five. The next is a six eight. Right. And it goes up all the way up to a nine. But yeah, I saw so I'm the lowest. Maybe I'm the I'm wrong. I'm dead wrong. You're the do big you, dummy. Do you have a pillow for my friend? He's dead tired. <laughs> I'm dead tired right now. But yeah, we're gonna move on to another book of yours that's made the big time, Eric. We usually do the flash review uh, since you took over this book. 
Yeah, it's funny too because this is the, like the finale to a story. So we haven't really talked about the rest. Here's no. the finale, everybody. Uh, yes. Green Arrow number 43, written by Ben Percy with art by Patrick Zercher and Gabe Eltieb. We finally finished the Nightbird story, and after having a story arc about racial murders and robots that racially profile folks, it all turns out that everything was about money. That's right, Mr. Zim wants Oliver's money to build more robots. And the pale man murdering folks is, <laughs> folks is killed when he confronts Zim about not supporting the whites in the race war that's apparently going on. The story ends by Emiko saving the day and Oliver shocking the shit out of me by killing Mr. Zim. Yeah. The fuck was up with that? I don't know. What the fuck was up with the whole issue? I honestly, dude, this is the best issue so far yeah. since Ben Percy has taken over because the story finally ends. That's the best part of it. There's no more to this story. I'll tell you, I love Emiko. I've mm-hmm. told you this since the you took over the book that I yeah. love Emiko. To I me, have not really had any inter- yeah. like uh, interaction with yeah, her because she me. was mostly in the and, the uh, what is it the uh, Outsider War. Yeah, and she continues that she's basically the Green Arrow version of Damien. Yeah, and she has it a bit here, which is pretty good. Um, I don't know. Henry is okay. It's all right. Boy, there's some weird decisions in this. <laughs> there's some weird stuff. First off, it starts off right away where there's Henry. Emiko goes to see Henry, and uh, Oliver's missing. She needs some yeah. Help. Oliver's missing. Needs some help. Goes to Henry. Basically, Henry's like, nope. Uh, you know, it's. It reminds me. Remember, I told you that story at work when I had to work with that guy, BMX Bandit. We called him. Yeah. And. I had to work all day with him. You didn't show up for work. The other guys in this department said, like, hey, can you help him out? So I go over to him, and I'm like, hey, uh, what the hell was his actual name? We called him the BMX band. Nick. Hey, Nick, what's going on? What what do you like? And he got out his headphones (laughs) out of his pocket and put his headphones in and started listening to music all day, and I was so pissed. That's what Henry does here. I'm like, and then I should have had a wolf with me because yeah, she, she has the wolf attack. It's so odd an interaction between these two because they seem to like each other, but yet they're like, this guy's ignoring her. She's getting a wolf to attack. I'm like, what she's is going Damien, on? She's definitely this? here. Come yeah. on. Like, she's not going to be going ignored. on here? Um, but again, like you said, this has the the shades of the, the white supremacy thing. There you yeah. get Zim, who basically out of all this, Zim just wants money. Uh, did you notice the, the funny little uh, thing where there's the guys working on the machine and uh, the drones and the one guy has the Confederate flag belt buckle? No, I didn't even see that. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that's going to be the thing does. now. That's gonna, it used to be like the, the uh, swastika. Now everybody's going to have that as well. So you see the swastika and the Confederate flag deal, you're done. You know what I'm so pissed off about this book? What's that? For the last two issues, I've been swearing up and down in my reviews how this pale man was a vampire. Yeah, yeah. You kept saying it, that he was a vampire. And I don't understand. I thought he was like a racially motivated vampire killing off black people because, you know, he's pale as shit and that's who he's going to kill for some yeah. reason. I don't know. Because the freaking first part of the story, the, like, uh, was it issue 41, starts out with a, a, a black couple going on a Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. And then when they're at the top of the Ferris wheel, guys just pulled out. So automatically, I'm thinking Lost Boys. Yeah, Lost Boys. I was just going to say. Honestly, it's it was like Boys. the boardwalk. Yep. It's when and they're in the car they're it, making it was, out, and then the top of the car is ripped out. Exactly. And they, they pick them up. Ah. And just the boardwalk theme just reminded yeah. me of the, uh, Lost Boys. Was there a sexy guy playing sax? There always is, and every time All I think I say. That guy's so Epic sax man. That epic sax man with that oil body going at it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I still believe. How I still believe. Yes, so, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I felt weird in the theater when I saw it <laughs> in a good way. 
That's one horror uh, flick I didn't see in the theater as a kid. Yeah, but no, um, not a vampire. He's just a racist. He's just you know? a dick. And the thing is, how bad is that? Where I'm just pissed off. Oh, the villain's just a racist. Yeah. That's fucked up. And, yeah. it, and the thing is, that is the real villains we have out there today. And I'm just upset. Oh, he's not a vampire. Yeah, yeah you ben wanted Percy's a vampire. Deal- Even ben a Percy's zombie, deal- maybe. Maybe. Ben Percy's dealing with real villains. And I'm like, fucking, where's my yeah. vampire? And it's weird, too, because he's such a one-dimensional guy. That's all he cares about. Yeah. He doesn't care about, it seems like, nothing else. Because then they, the one guy, he catches him selling guns yeah, to a black guy. He finds Mr. Sim selling uh, guns to a black guy. Oh, you're not supporting the cause. I'm going to kill you. And then he just has his, like, you know... Zim activates his pro, like what is it, panopticons, yeah. and they quarter the pale man, and we're done. Panopticons. There was no story, and I'm like, and it's funny too. I just went on thinking, oh, he's a vampire. He's going to put himself back together. <laughs> nope. Yeah, just I, a regular guy. What I love is that Ben Percy came up with the panopticons. It just rolls off the tongue. God damn it! Oh, it's the worst. I didn't uh, even write that once in my review. I just called them robots. The robots. I'd call, I would have called robots. them drones, probably. Because yeah. boy, yeah, I wouldn't. This is just such a weird story because I'm telling you, the first one, it was a murder mystery. The second issue to this story, it all became about robots going on the street and racially profiling people. And then here it's just quickly finished. It is Emiko shows up, Oliver has already escaped, and then shoots like one EMP arrow and then stabs the one with a robot hacking arrow that Henry developed. And then all he re he was a fucking reprograms all the panopticons to explode. They're yeah. gone, and the issue is over. Yeah, and I mean, you have what do you, what do you where do you think it goes on from here? I don't even. Hopefully, it goes on where Emiko becomes a big fucking part of this story because yeah. she's the only thing that's interesting in this book. Well, it does have Secret of the Wolf. It says next, not. That oh yeah, that we get to find anything. out what's going on with George. Yeah, but um, in the meantime, you have that you know the whole city with these panopticons. It just seems like a bunch of with the hoods. Yeah, and I'm telling you, it's like there's he's trying to tell this sub story that never really comes through. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just kind of like, and then you get the the other sub story of Henry taking a dump. Yeah, when uh, they need him, and again, that just seems silly to me. Now I, we got all this stuff. We had this whole racially motivated story about how terrible white people are, which I agree. But um, I just want to know what the point was because for two issues out of nowhere. We had this work-covered street lady screaming at the top of her lungs about, the night birds are coming, watch out for the night birds. Nothing's resolved. No. It's, she was just there. I couldn't tell you why. Yep. And it does say, I mean, that's the name of the arc, yeah, right? It's, it's called the, night, birds. night Birds. It I, does not do, I'm saying, is there something that I'm not catching with that name? Is there like, you know, the Night Birds are fucking white supremacists? Are, or are the Night Birds those panopticons? Are they, I don't uh, yeah, know. I don't know either. Maybe it'll all come to be, I don't know if this is a oh, this better be over. Uh, the four part arc. Or a, you know what I'm saying? If it's a six part, they're usually no, either not. four it's or six. It's only three. Yeah? This is the end of the Night Birds. Okay. Well, then I don't know what the hell went on. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I thought maybe you'd get one more, and I don't. I don't know. I have. No, I have nothing on this. I put. Uh, it's a bunch of nonsense. Yep. I thought Emiko was cool, and why was Henry taking a crap in the most important part of the mission? <laughs> Stupid ass. You gotta Stupid take a crap. You gotta take a crap, man. Yeah, I know, but you, again, he's a tech guy. He should have a tablet that he takes in the bathroom. He's reading a freaking newspaper, a magazine. Who does Shit. that anymore, Eric? Well, the thing is, dude, do you just expect it to be like that Warcraft episode of uh, South Park? Yeah, that's, yeah ah, exactly. Toilet. Yeah, he's reading a magazine. His mom that. comes down the stairs, puts a little bucket behind him so he can he be there when keeps, Green Arrow yeah, he calls. He's crapping. <laughs> uh, yes, what'd you get? Uh, 
No, I'm just saying the the only real plus of the book. I like Patrick Zercher's art in this issue more than I did on the last two issues because I found it really hard to get into prior to this issue. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because he upped his game or if I'm used to it now, but I dug it a lot more here. Well, I read last week, uh, last month's issue. I did not read the first one of the right. star. And last month, I liked the art, um, but I, did, I didn't think it was as strong as some of the Patrick Zercher art. Uh, yeah, I love we really like him. Um, this issue, I, I kind of thought the same. I, I, it's more, I don't know, it's not the panel layout, it's more of the backgrounds. Uh, he, these backgrounds in this issue, to me, are not very well uh, detailed. There's a lot of uh, panels where, even like I'm looking now, there's Emiko and the wolf on the boat and the drone attacks, the panopticon, and there, it just looks like nothing is going on in the background. There's a lot of these panels where nothing is going on, and it just, I don't know. I think it, I don't think it's up to his standard. Yeah, but yeah, that's just me. That's just right, me, right. sucker. Well, I think that's all I got for Green Arrow. I'm yeah. happy it's over. I like. I hopefully hoping that I like Patrick Zucker's art in the next story arc. Yeah, because I liked it here, and I really hope that Emiko becomes the star of the book. Because I'm sorry, there was barely any Green Arrow in this entire uh, story arc. I'm telling you, after the Outsiders War. I actually, if uh, Jeff Lemire and uh, Andrea Sorrentino stayed on the book and I kept I actually thought that I wanted more of an Emiko book. That you could yeah. put all, Ollie could disappear. You could have 12 issues of her trying to find him or do his, or he just walks away from it for a while. And I thought it would have been great. I loved her. And uh, she was great. And I liked her in this. It's the same deal. But I don't know. The book just doesn't seem to know what it wants to do. Oh, yeah, the story's all over the place, and Ben Percy made Green Arrow a shitty hero, and he made Oliver Queen a shitty businessman. Yeah. So I don't know why we're working on this Green and, Arrow and book, you know but everything's what I, terrible. When, this, when they took over, um, again, when, when Jeff Lemire left, they kind of tried the next uh, people. When you took that over, you took the mm-hmm. book over then, it seemed to be like, okay, listen, we have to get this book more in line with the TV show. Yeah. They had already been doing that. Diggle was already in it, but they were going to get Felicity in. And they, they wanted it so – and it's smart. Uh, people were yeah. mad. Not enough people buy this book for people to get mad. To me, they could try anything. But this is weird because when they took over, when Ben Percy took over in, in June, right? Mm-hmm. That was just when he took over. Did, did you get any idea of like, okay – this is what he's going for now. It seems so out of the blue of, you know, like it's learning on the job or something. It yeah, just I doesn't guess. seem like there's direction. And, you know, next thing you have freaking robots and the craziness. Just not, nonsense. Not you know vampires. what I want? I want, if, if you're not going to go with like the Jeff Lemire, this uh, outsider's word, like this gritty, uh, realistic type deal with uh, mythology and stuff, go just pure up fun. Have, That's what I have want. him just go around. I'm telling you, if this was him in almost like the story that was uh, Red Hood and uh, Arsenal this this month, I would have right. thought that was great. If you have that and it's just a, a fun loving go around and an adventure, I'd be fine. Uh, but yeah, this is weird. It's like a, we're going to make it kind of realistic, but then we're not. And we're going to have freaking white supremacists. What's stupid? Not vampires. Not vampires. We're going to fool this one guy who's a dummy. <laughs> tell him that they, you know, make it seem like tell there's vampires. Vampire. Now, all of a sudden, because a guy has white skin, it's a vampire to Eric. And, Motherfucker, uh, he got pulled out of a Ferris wheel. There is some supernatural powers going on. Unless it's, they tell me it's a Panopticon showed up out of nowhere and nobody saw it. Maybe it was a Panopticon. I still Bullshit. I still don't like that. 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, I would have probably given it a 5. Uh, that would be what I would give it. And. 
That is it for Green Arrow. All right, Eric, it's time for one of your favorite moments in all of your life. Yeah. In all of your life. This is The Flash Reviews. Flash! And first up, I have Injustice Year 4, number 15. After a couple of good issues, this week's Injustice was my least favorite issue ever. Shit. Ever. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Whether it was in the odd characterization of Sinestro or the out-of-nowhere development of Zeus declaring himself the world dictator, everything on this issue felt off. I have been with this book for over 70 issues, I believe. I think that's what I... I that's crazy. Kind of, and this is the first time I've actually thought to myself, I don't want to review this book anymore. <laughs> I really am starting to question it. I won't, I won't drop it, but I'll be glad when it finally finishes, at least this year. I guess I can hope that Brian Bucciolato can pull this one out of the gutter, but what he's given us so far doesn't give me any hope at all. Uh, I gave it a 4 out of 10. I hated it. And even somebody commented on the site, a new, a new person that seemed to be a girl, commented, and like, everybody wants uh, Tom Taylor to be back on this book. He ain't coming back, Eric. No, he ain't coming he back. He went out for a pack of smokes. He's not coming back. Daddy. Keep going, Daddy. Daddy, he's an astronaut, isn't he? He's on Mars. <laughs> oh, no. He's got special astronaut work. Oh, my Come God. He's over. got special astronaut work. He's saving the world. He's coming back, though, someday. Daddy. Uh, yes, don't, don't cry, Eric. <laughs> yes, but I gave it a 4 out of 10. I did not like it. Well, I got Constantine the Hellblazer, number 3. While I've loved this book's first two issues and really considered it one of my favorite new titles, this issue really let me down. The art is all over the place as Constantine reconnects with an old acquaintance, Georgiana, Georgiana Snow. I, I always want to say Georgia. Georgia. Or, I don't even know. Georgiana Snow. As he helps her track down an incubus, but Constantine is a dick and screws her over even though he desperately needs her help with this ghost killer problem. It's got a weak story, and the only decent art was in the flashback scenes. Four out of ten. And my next one is New Suicide Squad number 11. I have really been enjoying what Sean Ryan's giving us on this book. I like the team of Deadshot, Boomerang, and Black Mana, and this issue gives Harley, Parasite, and Reverse Flash something to do as well. The ISIS-like group, The League, has targeted a British facility manufacturing Lazarus Pit chemicals. I still don't know how to spell it out. I see some places are like, they're doing Lazarus Pits. And, like, and that's the chemical. It's not the pit. I get all confused. Uh, Black Mana, though, Eric, he might be in a little too deep. He's like a Serpico. Here. I was going to say, he's in he, too deep. He is in too deep. As Deadshot tries to figure out what the hell's going on with Boomerang, Mana kills for the league and seemed to have found, he's found his dream job. He loves it. He, I think he... I know that, killing folk. You know you want to get the idea that he's just playing. I don't think he's playing. <laughs> I don't think he is. I wasn't impressed with the art, though, in this issue. It was a little off. Uh, but I'm still enjoying the hell out of this book, and I don't want the team to change up to that team they promised coming up and i gave it an 8.2 out of 10 man nice yeah next next we got starfire number three i love all the side characters in this book i love all the developments that were added in this issue with the psychic killer soren hook and the introduction to the new terror at the end of the book atley so you love the book right i even love the art in this book the art i can't stand starfire here (laughs) i was waiting for it the I don't know how the series is based. It's like it seems like the series is based on the writers hoping that people will continue to find Starfire's misunderstandings hilarious. Yeah. When at this point, all they do is annoy me. So I love this book, but I hate the title character. Weird, huh? That is Six weird. out of ten. You know what's weird too is that they everybody who seems to really love it always has to bring up the uh, Teen Titans. Uh, 
what's it called? Teen go. Titans Go. Yeah. And it's just, it seems weird to me. That's because, not this character. And also in the first issue, she's nailing dudes left and right. and You know what I mean? It's not this character, but yet the people who want to grab onto this keep mentioning that. It's just very odd. I don't want that for this character. And the thing is, I read the dialogue, and that's all I hear is the character from Teen Titans yeah. Go. And it drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. My next one is a book that I love, Batman Arkham Knight number 26. This issue ends the current Suicide Blues arc, and while it was good enough issue, it fell flat as a finale. While the solicit... What the hell am I saying? I'm having a stroke. Oh, God. <laughs> well, the solicit... Call an ambulance. I, I was saying solicit. All of a sudden, I, I went... I don't know what happened. Spastic. I went sideways. While the solicit and cover seemed to promise metamorpho. I even said that to you when I first saw it. Like, Boy, is metamorpho, metamorpho in this game? Uh, but instead, we get Amanda Waller and a cliffhanger with Calendar Man, Eric. You love Ooh. Calendar Man. We also get a cool Dick Grayson as Batman bit. But the best part of the issue is seeing more of the Arkham Knight. Peter Tomasi seems poised to reveal the villain's identity the next couple of issues. Eric, I'm going to tell you right now who it is. Here he is. You Don't know, do it. You know who it is. I do not. Yes, you do. And, this one, and in this one, we get to see how much he's pimped his ride. He's going around a tank. I love yeah. Victor Bogdanovich's art, though I prefer Andrew Dollhouse's colors over John Rauch's, which is what we get this issue. Um, I love the I love the series. This issue was a little bit off. I gave it a seven point five out of ten. And Eric, that is the last of our flash reviews. Boosh. Science Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. Last week I was out, I had food poisoning, but this week I am back without food poisoning yet. Remember kids, never mind. <laughs> now I was going to make a joke, but that would not be funny. Alcohol use is never cool, kids. I had some bad sushi, don't worry. Anyway, uh, I recently reported on uh, NBC making an attempt to bring Constantine back. They put the entire series up on Hulu, streaming. They said, everybody, go ahead, watch, enjoy. And uh, it didn't go so well. Constantine got canceled by NBC, and what's done is done. Uh, but it has been announced now that Constantine will be appearing on an episode of Arrow this upcoming season. That means it is finally time for me to binge watch Flash, Arrow, and Gotham uh, and get caught up and go watch Constantine so that I understand what's going on once... Uh, uh, once he finally does appear on the show. Of course, I did watch the first few episodes of Constantine, and I, you know, I got busy, had other things going on, didn't get a chance to watch. It was one of those shows uh, that I decided I was going to go back and binge watch, and then I didn't get the chance to, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm partially responsible for it being canceled. Blame me, blame me. Uh, the Lego Batman movie, starring Will Arnett, that's set to come out in the next couple of years, has cast its Joker, and they have found their Joker in Zach Galifianakis of The Hangover and Birdman. Uh, I'm very excited for this. I like Zach Galifianakis. I think he is a fantastic voice actor. He's very funny. He does great voices. I think he's going to make a fantastic Joker for this Lego Batman universe. 
There have been rumors floating around that a new Xena series was supposed to be happening. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, one of the names mentioned in the rumors was uh, Robert Tappert, who's the producer. He's also married to Lucy Lawless, who starred in the original uh, Xena series. Z um, Lucy Lawless came out, said, no, there's no new series, and then she pulled that report. Uh, well, now NBC has confirmed that a new Xena series is happening. It was also announced that since 90s revivals and reboots are the thing, uh, Will Smith is going to be producing a reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I hope to God that that son of his is not going to be the star, because if he is, I will be pissed. And you guys know what happened when I get pissed. What happened? You guys know what happens when I get pissed. I get funny. That's right. Patrick Stewart confirmed that he has a role in the upcoming Wolverine 3. This is uh, putting new life to the rumors that we are possibly going to be seeing a Old Man Logan uh, adaptation in this film. Patrick Stewart, of course, plays Professor Charles Xavier in the X-Men movies. Uh, he's, I believe the character is played by Michael Fassbender, if I'm not mistaken, in the uh, X-Men First Class movie and part of Days of Future Past. Um, but Patrick Stewart, easily one of my favorite British actors and just actors in general, so I'm really excited to see him coming into this. And if they did Old Man Logan, uh, even though I've never actually read the story, I've just kind of flipped through a plot summary, I do have a copy of the book to read. Um, I'm really hoping that they put the inbred hillbilly children, cousins, grandchildren, descendants of Hulk and She-Hulk. That will just totally make my day. Dolph Lundgren is filming a new movie, and it happens to be tied to one of his friends. That's right, Dolph Lundgren is filming Kindergarten Cop 2, which is a sequel to the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, which somehow I've never seen. It's on my list, but I've never gotten around to seeing it. And finally, a trailer was released for a new Quentin Tarantino film called The Hateful Eight. It is coming out in select theaters this Christmas, and then it's getting released a couple days later nationwide. I'm really excited for this big Tarantino fan. Uh, I've been looking forward to Hateful Eight. I was upset because the script leaked, and then they said, oh, we're not doing it, and then he decided, ah, I'll do a book, and then he was like, fuck it, I'll make the movie, because that's what Quentin Tarantino does. Um, outside of that, that pretty much does it for the geek news this week. I know a lot of casting news this week. I'm starting to feel like the main segment of this podcast, just casting news left and right. Uh, but I'm looking forward to coming back and giving you guys another news segment next week. Uh, as always, you can find my digital DC and Vertigo reviews on the Weird Science site. Uh, feel free to check out past episodes of this podcast. Feel free to check out future episodes of this podcast. Uh, check out my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. I actually have a column I'm running over there called Nostalgia Alley. And in one of the recent columns, I actually counted down my five favorite Batman actors, uh, voice actors. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, HollywoodLights1992 on Instagram. And until next time, this is Dan reminding you to let your geek flag fly. Eric, we're here for the stretch run. We are on the stretch run. It's kind of like when I was in track and I got all my cues in track. All these cues. I had so many cues, my mother didn't even know what to do. She had to. None rent, of us knew what she, she meant. She had to run, uh, rent out another room just to put these cues in her. So and that's my, where Billy yeah. sleeps. Oh my, yeah, my. You mean my brother Billy? That isn't my brother, but it was yeah. my dad's freaking what's obituary. it called? Obituary. Every all of a sudden, I have another brother. Brother from another mother, as they say. Uh, I guess we just heard some Dan's geek news, right? I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing, too. I'm sure that everybody loved it. Everybody loves Dan's geek news. Everybody just keep it, keep it on the down low. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Actually, I love to hear. I love when you, you hate everything. I love when people write in with hate.
It makes me laugh, except when they make fun of my voice. Yeah. Then I don't like it. Then everything turns darker. <laughs> I get upset at work, and the podcast is over. I say, I'm shutting it down. Shut it down. Shutting down the studio. Shutting down the studio. Weird Science Studio uh, B. I'm yes. here, and, and it's hot. I always say that. Boy, it is hot right here. And right now I'm sitting Got, here. Getting kind of warm in A. It is. And I have a, uh, I have a plate with a piece of pizza and some cheese on it. And I can't eat it because we're doing a podcast. Excellent. Thank so God you stopped eating during the podcast. Let's get this over with so I can eat this pizza. It's Actually, it's more of a supreme pizza, I think, and I'm not a big fan of that. I see a black olive. Because there's vegetables on it, I know. Well, uh, there's a black olive. It actually looks like a combination of or just like a meat lovers with black olives on it. That's gross. Now I see some green pepper there, but it, again, it's a it was a frozen pizza. You don't get much on there. Uh, what's your last book of the night? Last one is Red Hood Arsenal Number Three, written by Scott Liddell, with art by Dennis Medry and Tanya Hori. Roy has set Jason and him up as heroes for hire, but all of this seems to do is burn their bridges with their current employer, Mrs. Battleworth. Oh, Mrs. Miss Battleworth. And with Jason pissed about no income coming in, the pair are forced to go to the worst place in the world, Jim. Detroit. Detroit. They got to go to Detroit to meet a client. There they come across the physical embodiment of evil and sin in the world, Underbelly, and then quickly kill the shit out of him. Yes. It's after this battle that Jason decides that Roy might be onto something with this rent a bad idea because they'd have no idea about this threat without it. And since it can show up at any place rife with evil and criminals and nasty things, they head to Gotham, Jim. But it looks like Jim Gordon's Batman isn't about to let this duo go traipsing through his city. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. yes. They fight Jabba the Hutt uh, (laughs) this month. He's crazy looking. Boy, Pizza the Hutt. It's like Pizza the Hutt with eight freaking eight million heads and vestigial twins going. It's crazy. Uh, I like this issue, though. Uh, I'm we, saying, but the people are t- talking about the uh, six-issue minis being the funny books out there, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the funniest regular book that DC puts out. And yes, I even mean more. It's funnier than Harley. Funnier than Harley? You mean funnier than Starfire? Yes. Fun- I don't consider that one of those books. Funnier than they Action try, Comics? Yes, way funnier than Action funnier Comics. Funnier than Constantine? Yes. Yeah, I know. I, I like it. I Again, though, me and you both love both the characters. Yeah. I'm a big Jason Todd fan. I like Roy Harper, and I like the way they they go with each other this in this book. I like that Roy. They actually seem to me it's like Charles in charge, and uh, <laughs> Buddy Arsenal Lembeck. is Buddy Lembeck. It really does. <laughs> I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, it's Charles in charge. Uh, it is. It makes me laugh. And, that means uh, Jason Todd is in charge. Yeah, he's in charge. He is. But even that, because Buddy Lembeck does so many crazy things, even Charles, he's not always in charge. And uh, yeah, Roy ruins their plans. They they could have just stayed with the plan and would have made a lot of money. Of money because yeah. the only reason they don't have money is because Roy keeps spending it, and, and then used to spend it on these billboards on and the this ad campaign. campaign. Yeah, it's so crazy. <laughs> and I, I do, I know. And it's funny that, too because in the last issue, that's how we started. Where they're already out of money because Roy spent it all. Yeah, he spent on his it all. gadgets. And I'll tell you, I know that we have gone on, and you especially have gone on about how you hate the art. I don't love the art here. I don't like it when they don't have their uh, uniforms on. I actually like it when they're all uniformed up. I actually I'm the like opposite. It a lot. Yeah, I don't like the way he, they look when they're not in the uniforms. It's too cartoony then. Well, I got this bit here because um, we talked about I wish I would actually would have looked it up, but Dennis Medry did the first issue. Yeah. And then switch, another artist came in. I wish I could remember the person's name, but I don't. 
uh, came in for the second issue, and now we have Dennis Medry again, and it looks like they're going to switch on and off each month. I don't oh, know man. how long. That is so weird. I know. It's really weird. And it's going to hurt a book. People hate it when that shit happens. Yeah, people do. They but don't like it. Even though I gave uh, Dennis Medry a bunch of shit about his art in the first issue, because I fucking hated it, and I hated the freaking uh, new designs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he did here. It's like Patrick Zercher. He upped his game. He did something. It came off a lot better to me here. I liked it. But I still cannot get behind the designs of the costumes. I wanted to go back to Red Hood and the Outlaws costumes. Yeah, I'm telling you, I like the costumes, and it's not just the look. I just like the the drawing of it. I don't, and I like every other character in the book. I just don't like Jason and Roy when they're not costume up. They just they come off looking odd to me, like very cartoony. And I was, I, I don't mind it. I'm saying I, I agree with you. They do come off cartoony, but I don't mind it. I actually thought you were going to call out that uh, Roy's. Uh, Sideburns, or to you, you're against those sideburns. He has some, <laughs> he has some pretty long sideburns. They're I really like, can have that shit. Uh, they're like a Luke Perry sideburn. <laughs> it's funny because I mentioned to you earlier this week, well, in the middle of the week when you reviewed this or when it came out, when we put these reviews out, I shared them on Google Plus, and we get the craziest comments on Google Plus. If people are listening, uh, that are people that get these things on Google Plus, people will get. And this one, they were so into this uh with roy's hat on the cover <laughs> it's all i'm like you you work on this review you're like oh you're gonna put it out there oh you like this issue a lot more than the others oh this and that's all that why is roy wearing this hat and then the next one's that hat looks ridiculous and then the other ones well, he wears hats but i don't know why he has that hat then somebody's like why is his hair more yellow and i'm like oh my goodness people god damn it it's a cover I love the uh, variant cover, by the way. Yeah, it's really That's cool. Kick ass! I love that. But yeah, uh, I like the issue. I really do. I like Hi Fi's colors. I oh see. yeah, I love the color. I love the. I'm sorry, the art came out a lot stronger in this issue. The, the colors are always good, though. And it's, yeah, it's, and actually, I'm saying that it was on the cover. Actually, when I saw Hi Fi, but I, I like, I like the the issue. It's funny. Yeah, it was Tanya Hori. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. It wasn't the Horries. It was just Tanya Hori. It was just Tanya. There might be something like a little. Uh, from fucking There's what is it falling called? out maybe i, I don't know they, they might have been trouble separate. in paradise like, <laughs> god damn it i cannot There's talk trouble anymore. in paradise all right uh yeah i i like this issue a lot again if you're gonna say like oh what happens not a lot happens it, no like fun. everything i said it's like but people give scotty liddell a lot of shit about his writing yeah but i love it when he, he's in charge of these characters yeah you this, love him on these characters yeah and besides for the part on the park bench where they sat down with the representative of Underbelly, yeah. and he's all like, hey, like uh, your client's very villainy. And then Roy and Jason sat on either side of him on a park bench and started guessing yep. who the freaking villain was. Yeah. Is it Lex Luthor? No. Is it Joker? No. Who's more villainy than Joker? Is it Mrs. Lex Luthor? Oh, that's just and, silly. And that then was is it Joker? Silly. You already said that. Yeah, <laughs> that was too silly for me. Yeah. I like this being a fun book that was not it, needed. It, was it actually too, brought when, down the book. When he's like, Underbelly. And I, he looked exactly like a, like an anime character exactly. in that one, and it just came off weird. And um, it's also weird, too, because I didn't even – it's weird when I'm reading this. Now, I just read this before we started tonight. Yeah. And I got this crazy idea that when he said underbelly, they were like, ah, fuck you, we're going underbelly and walk <laughs> away. And they weren't even going to go see him. And the yeah. next thing you know, they show up, and I'm like, okay, there's underbelly. Underbelly is ugly. <laughs> underbelly actually if you want to know i'm not being mean or uh, uh kind of reminded me of my father <laughs> that's what i imagine my my dad sitting there if, if underbelly was there yelling at me and watching wrestling i might have shed a tear for my father Daddy. Uh, yeah. 
It's like, oh, Daddy, why are you doing that? Uh, yeah, but uh, what I like, too, that uh, Jason just goes to town. He oh, yes. sees Underbelly and just starts blamming away. Underbelly's giving him his whole spiel, and then he's like, I need somebody with some, like, you know, some uh, panache, you know, yeah, on my yeah, side. And then yeah. the representative, what about me, boss? Ba- like, turns his Kills hand him. into a blade, backhands his head right off, yeah. and then Jason just unloads instantly. Yep. Awesome p- freaking page. Yeah. I even like uh, when the <laughs> underbelly grabs Jason there, yeah, and then Roy loads up and just explodes, and it lo- that next panel looks so much to me like it was like out of Ghostbusters. Right. And they're, they're all, they got the stuff. And again, we talked about it right before we started this section. Um, a weird reference to the movie Eight Bags and Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Yeah. So weird. Why well, I don't understand. I think Scott Liddell just puts things out there for no reason. <laughs> it's like somebody uh, writing a review and mentioning Janet Jackson's video for What Have You Done for Me Lately. Yeah. Who's going to do that, Eric? Who is going to do that? Who's going to reference the gate over and over again in their <laughs> the, Starfire number two review? The gate. Who? Yeah. And who's going to mention freaking. Uh, uh, Rocky Four in about seven trillion reviews. I don't know who would do it. I don't know what guy or would do blood that. Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodsport. Really. Now I'm gonna have to start doing um, American Ninja. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I again. Oh, he is the Dudikoff of this yeah, book. He's the uh, mouth of the the Far East. <laughs> <laughs> the Jimmy Hart. Uh, yeah, the problem is with this issue. I don't have a lot to talk about. I know. I'm actually getting to the end of it too. Yeah. I don't have a lot to, but um. You brought up the part where, un, like, he, Jason unloads on Underbelly. They yeah. think he's dead. He comes sloshing back together like Clayface and throws Jason against the wall. Yep. And he's like, "You're gonna die now for that." And then, like, you see a caption off the side, "Thunk," and then he's like, "Jason, like, did did you just say thunk?" No, that wasn't me. And then he explodes because Roy hit him with an exploding arrow from yeah. the behind. You didn't. Yeah. You saw it off. You didn't see him actually shoot it. It was off panel. It was a hilarious scene. You like them. But this is just a really fun book because of its humor and its over-the-top action and violence. And I hope that it continues for a long time because I love it and the sales are not that great. No, well, uh, before you go, I do have one other thing. Uh, you said that you like Batman at the end. You have Jim Gordon in the bat suit. Uh, yes. I didn't like it. I thought I it was off. Uh, he, again, the, there's different things. And you think of Jim Gordon. I cannot. When I think of this Batman in the bat suit, I immediately think, okay, Whenever there's dialogue like this, I think to myself, have I ever really seen Jim Gordon? Would I expect Jim Gordon to show up, not in the bat suit, just Jim Gordon himself, show up in an alley, and even if he just see him, then put his leg up like a badass. <laughs> now, and, and not even to go with, like, like, at this point, he has Jason Todd. He's grabbed Jason Todd. It looks like uh, Roy is under his foot. Yeah. But even though, not even that, he just shows up and says, listen up, idiot. You mess around in Gotham City. You mess with the Batman. You get to, you mess it, with the bull. You get the yeah, horns. It doesn't, that doesn't sound like Jim Gordon to me. I don't think Jim Gordon would ever say to anybody like this, "Hey, idiots!" Especially because I know you're going to tell me, "No, they're not usually in Gotham." Whatnot? Uh, Jim Gordon has some sort of intel. He knows that, like Batgirl, at some point Batman has dealt with with Jason Todd. Now again. It's a little weird. It's, you know, there's some other things going on with that, that, you know, he was a criminal at one point and all that. Yeah. But it's still one of Batman's quote-unquote guys. You won't put him in that painting, Eric, but it's Fucking still one hell. of the guys. And I, I get, you can say to me, well, he's playing it up for the cameras because of that. I, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. it. It comes off as odd, and I, it really comes off odd because I think it's just Scott Liddell. There's his one panel, and he does it, and it's, he just, that's his idea of it. And it's starting to get to me 
when it comes off like this because they're going with it. To me, they're thinking of more of it like, oh, a robot Batman would say this. It's still Jim Gordon in that, and it doesn't seem like a Jim Gordon thing to do. In my say. mind, in my mind, you think that the robot Batman should sound exactly like RoboCop? No, I think that he should be like. Jim Gordon. If I, I if he would show, but yeah, RoboCop. No, Jim <laughs> Gordon. I, I like it too. That's the one thing I have to say that. Better was, alive. You're coming that, with it me. It was Batman. That it was when he did said he didn't like RoboCop. Yeah, right? and it, it's funny to me because I get the idea that Scott Snyder doesn't like RoboCop either, and people keep saying to him, oh, man, that, that new Batman you're dealing with, that's like RoboCop, and he's getting so angry, like, I'm going to get them. You know, that's another notch bitches. on the list. I don't even know what that means, notch on the list. Notch but, um, on the list. Another reason why Scott, uh, Scott Snyder would be on the list, if he didn't like RoboCop, that movie is brilliant. I just get the idea that he's sick of people saying that because he doesn't like it. I, no, no, again, I you make said up it. Shit. You I said it, now shit. I believe it. Okay, he does. He hates RoboCop. Son I think of a bitch. He told me that one time. We were hanging out at Starbucks having a latte and he said to me you know what I hate besides Eric and I said what I really don't need any more Scott I like you, you already you, you have me have, I hate Eric yeah you don't have to prove anything else he said I hate Robocop I said you know what Eric likes Robocop so I'm with you I love I hate everything Eric likes and I don't even care I like but yeah, it, just, it didn't seem like it. and you said I said to you that you well, you said next issue is going to be so much fun. Yeah, Batman. I have yeah. a feeling that Batman's disappearing quicker than uh, I don't know. I like the what idea of Red Hood quicker. and Gotham. It's um, disappearing quicker than a double whopper in your freaking the prom plate. date. Yeah, really, the prom date. Oh uh, yes, he, 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 <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Eight point five out of ten. Yeah, I probably would have given it an eight. I did. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, we'll move on from that prom date thing that threw me for a loop. I don't even know what to say. Uh, yes, that bat suit does look tighter than a prom date, Eric. Boom, boom. All right, the last book for me of the night and the last book for us in general is All-Star Section 8, number 3. Might get a little sexy here. Oh, yeah? Go and bring it down. I'll get a little sexy. Get a little sexy for me, baby. Written by Garth Ennis. That's my Marilyn Monroe. Art like by it. John McCrae. I was about to light some candles. And John shit. Calise. No, I'm not going to get sexy with you. Why Damn. would I do that? I could just give you a quarter, and next thing you know, you're mine for a week. Six <sighs> Pack and the gang continue to look for an eighth for their team. And this month, Martian Manhunter steps up to the plate. Well, I'd like to say it's a step up to the plate home run, Eric. I won't because that doesn't make any sense, and it's not what I'm saying. While John Johns gets to know the team, Bueno Excelente is his normal perverted self <laughs> he's fighting for the heart <laughs> and other organs of guts and no one including martian manhunter wants to see that eric i really enjoyed <laughs> the part of this issue where we get to see the insecurities of six-pack as a hero and even though i found martian manhunter's characterization and dialogue a little off i still had a good laugh however now that we're halfway through the six issue miniseries i want more substance to go along with the raunchy fun even though I still love Bueno Excelente and could see six issues of him, I, I'm a bad person. I even said it in my review. I even I actually had a this is a little editor's cut. Um, in my review, I went on and on. My first paragraph was humongous, and I ended up taking it all out. The reason I think I like this book. Not only because it reminds me of when I I'm an eighth grader when any sort of humor. If you if me and you were at work. And our 90-year-old owner of the place comes up and talks to us and farts, which he does sometimes. Fuckers. Funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. We laugh. Or uh, the one time we were working on the one machine uh, doing a test, and what did he say? I want it longer and harder. 
And I need me, at least eight inches. I need at least eight inches, he said. That's what he's like. Listen, I need at least eight she inches. You and me both, and brother. And me and you just comments, <laughs> laughing. We're shaking our heads. That is funny to me, and that's what this book is. But it also reminds me, it's one of these things where I can't even, I don't know if you're going to get this, this, how I can wrap your head around it. It reminds me of something like, um, remember Little Annie Fanning and Playboy? Oh, yeah. It, re- it reminds me when I found Playboys. Now, again, I even put in the section that I, I deleted. I'm not going to pretend that I only looked at Playboy as a kid for the articles because <laughs> I didn't. Though in my day, there was a lot of hair going on down there. There was a lot of carpet going on. Oh, yeah. Even uh, my a, it was a little crazy. But um, what I thought was when little, uh, or a, a little Annie Fanny, yeah. you'd look at that and I'd read it. And even though it may not have been the funniest thing ever, uh, it was very sad. It was something that I knew I wasn't supposed to be oh, reading, yeah. and that made it better. That it's made it exciting. so fun to me. It was exciting, and I knew it was just – it was like I was reading something I was not supposed to do. And I'm telling you, this book, even though I'm a 46-year-old man with five <laughs> kids, it almost seems like I'm not supposed to be reading this. Maybe it is because I'm 46 and have five Maybe. kids that it just – and it makes me giggle. And I can I, get behind you on this. I giggle at it because of the fact that I, sh- I shouldn't like it. I should look at this and I should be like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And I, I'm, not, I'm giggling the whole time. And the more raunchy and bad it gets, the more I giggle. I yeah, can't help so. it. And uh, this goes in in my review. If anybody read the review on my site, I mentioned Jay Yaws from Batman News. And me and him, he's a good guy. He follows us on uh, Twitter. He retweets a lot of our stuff. And I talk to him occasionally. And uh, this book always comes up. When this book, uh, comes out. I know that he's he reviews it, and I review it, and he hates it. Uh, yeah. Eric, he gave it a one point five. He <laughs> hates this book, and he said to me last month about the same thing. He's like, "I read your review. I really like your review, and I agree how you." Li-. He said to me, "I like this book for the exact reasons he hates it." He said it's <laughs> to a T. What I said, I loved. He hated. He's and a churchgoer, isn't he? he? Is, I think he is. There you uh, but go. it's not even just that. It's, he just doesn't like it. And he's, he even said in this review, I read his review, he's done too, I'll tell you. Really? He's, yeah, he said he's done. He said he was only reviewing it because Batman was supposed to be in it anyway because their site is Batman. Yeah. And uh, he hates it. So he's like, it's done. Don't ever come here again for this review. <laughs> so, but it, it, it's so funny because he just he hates everything. But he goes into it like, okay, this is supposed to be a parody uh, a satire. Uh, it's not. Cl- I don't even go in like that. I go in because I want to see Bueno Excelente be a perverted freaking mess. It's a raunchy mess. Mad Magazine. I just, that's what it is. It, to me, it's Mad Magazine, and uh, like I said, little Annie Fanny. Yeah. Just going to town, and it makes me laugh so much me because well. it. That's what it is, and I'm telling you, Bueno Excelente freaks me out. He bueno is the, disgusts he me. He is the fr- and and he disgusts you, and that's why we love him. Yes, <laughs> because what other character is going to do what he does? He's <laughs> awful. Um, I did see something too. Uh, again, a little research, Eric, because um, in the issue, the whole just this is Martian Manhunter joins up. Martian Manhunter shows up. All seems, about it. Too. Seems to be willing to join up. He thinks it's so great. Um, but in the whole thing, you, you get this idea that the whole book is inside of Six Pack's mind. Um, in this issue, yeah. in this issue, Martian Manhunter asks Bator if he is an old god of Mars. And I looked up, I'm like, huh, is that actually a call out? So I look it up, and basically, you know who Bator is? You know what yeah. he is? He is the 
a demon of the criminally insane. Really? I think everything that's happening is all because of him. And that's pretty again, funny. people may be listening and saying, are you an idiot? Of course it is. We know this. I, yeah, again, I have no idea. I just thought, okay, Bueno, or not Bueno, uh, Six Pack wasn't supposed to drink. He started drinking. Now he's off. But yeah, it seems as if Bador is the uh, demon of criminally insane. And I'm thinking he's giving him these ideas. That's why Bador is always around. Yeah. And that's why he's always giving him more drinks. He's like, you know what I mean? And it's also funny in this issue. What has Bator said up till now? He just says, I am Bator. Yeah, he has a line in this. And I'm in trying, all different languages. Yeah, and he actually talks, and it's like... Talks about again, his green card. Yeah, he starts talking, and I'm like, okay, now the veil is lifting on... Bator <laughs> has been fooling them the whole time. But yeah, um, in the meantime, the whole thing, we were debating on what, uh, who confronted... Uh, bueno Excelente for basically raping yeah. guts, which I don't think he raped him. No, I don't there ain't think no rape was raped. Uh, you can't rape the willing, as they say in the business. And uh, <laughs> it's Sir Percival of Tapeworm. And they're going to fight to the death. And I'm telling you, Bueno. Now, when in Bueno, I don't remember him having those leather uh, uh, stocking type things before. No, those are the thigh high boots. Yeah, I don't even remember him having those. But Neither uh, do I. Yeah, it, it's funny, though. I actually brought it up after I read it to my girlfriend. I said, oh, yeah, because I was trying to describe uh, Bueno Excelente to her, and I was like, I got it wrong when I told you earlier this week what he was. He's got thigh-high leather boots. Yeah, thigh-high leather boots and a, and a thong. <laughs> oh, he's the best. He's so <laughs> a trench coat. He's so disgusting. But, yeah. He's pretty he, much a cod piece. He, this uh, Sir Worm ends up confronting him. And, and I'm telling you, Bueno looks very nervous. Scared, yeah. You, you know what else I hate about Bueno? It's this big uh, areola. So disturbing. <laughs> the whole thing is so disgusting. Uh, but yeah, he's very concerned. And then uh, uh, Sir Percival, does, he he goes the wrong route. Oh he, yes, he, he does. lets he lets freaking uh, Bueno, bueno uh, pick the weapon of choice for the battle, and all of a sudden. Bueno's whole mood changes. <laughs> bueno. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, it's nude sword fighting going on. And I mean, I don't know how uh, that leads to, like, that weapon leads to what I think went on, but boy, it's crazy. He fucked Tapeworm to yeah, death. He fucked him to death. That, that's the weapon. And in the Semen meantime, all throughout oh, this it's issue. so disgusting. In the meantime, you get a lot of things where they, they talk about uh, Six Pack's very happy with. Uh, Martian Manhunter, because Martian Manhunter's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they all talk about you. Oh, Justice League, everybody's talking about you guys. And he's so happy. He's like, really? They're talking about me? And then you get this thing where it's like the whole, everybody's there. The DCU's there talking. <laughs> and, again, I like how um, Garth Ennis throws it in that you get the idea that it's not true. And mainly because I showed you where um hal starts talking he's like yeah you know don't don't talk to carl rayner you ask him how many fucking shrinks he had to go to and firestorm's like i thought it was kyle Eh, whatever whatever and i mean that's all in his head it's so funny and then in the meantime they they poke fun at aquaman batman's on hold for some sort of uh he's got some problem like a a service line or something i don't know what's going on and you, you also have uh Constantine, who makes no sense. I, I really like it. And then uh, the other thing I like in this, where you don't get much of a story at all. We're not getting no. any story in the sixth issue. And, uh, but you do get a little where Martian Manhunter and um, Sixpack are talking. And Sixpack actually kind of like 
goes and opens says, up Listen, to him. Yeah, he opens up and he's like, uh, you know what? I, there's these voices. and I'm getting the point that these voices are the people around him because he's in a seizure and they're I think yelling. He's like, in an insane asylum. Yeah, and they're I, trying to get I, through to him. Exactly. That's what I think it is. I, you know, see, but yeah. Like that episode there's somebody, of Buffy. Yeah. yeah there's Remember somebody, that one? Yes, I do. There's somebody, <laughs> you, you know, they're yelling, come on, break out of it. You can do it. And uh, I really like it, though. He's like, yeah, what are we going to do? Marsha Manhunter goes into a pretty cool thing about this is the path we choose, but I, I don't like that he's like, you know, that's what they say to me. Go back to Mars, you cape fuck. You look like a shit bag in that fuck face <laughs> outfit. It, it just, that's not right. And no. again, it, it's right if you look at it to the point where it's not real. Yes. Um, but then they're like, let's spring into action. They have a little... Uh, I really uh, like the way Martian Manhunter is drawn in this. Yeah, and I like they have like a little parody of the Super Friends cartoon where you have Martian Manhunter flying like Superman was and Six Packs Batman and the rest of them are just going to town. Uh, <laughs> I, I really want to see more of the other team, uh, but I, I well, don't so know. What are you going to do with Power Tool? I don't know. It'd be funny, but uh, you, you know, we haven't really got much of anything. But then you like where they're fighting all the villains. I love it, and it's good. And again, I'm looking that, at it right now. It's I am my too. favorite I'm panel or these, my favorite page. Uh, look, look at Bizarro. What's happening to the Bizarro? Bizarro? Yeah, he's, no, he's getting dog welded. Yeah, he's getting dog welded. <laughs> dog welders going to town on his face. Oh, it's great! You have all the you have all the big hitters. I like it. Harley Quinn's running away. I don't know where Bueno. Oh, there's Bueno. Yeah, Bueno. <laughs> He's running after Lex. With Lex the, is so scared. With the craziest look on his face, and, <laughs> and on the Jesus Christ, and on the top, the you, have, you have crazy grappler. <laughs> He's doing nothing. He's nothing, nothing. He's doing nothing. He shot, he shot his grapple gun. That's it. Into the air. Uh, but again, to me, like I said, Jay Yaw said he doesn't like, like it's not clever or whatever. But right there, this panel is right out of Mad Magazine. And yeah. That would be like the Justice League uh, Mad Magazine thing, and it's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, ju- I like, too, if you look, Six Pack is pretty much cutting Joker in the He's face. Jabbing a broken bottle in his face <laughs> well, while Martian, Martian Manor holds yeah, him. Yeah, Martian Manor's holding you up. Black Manor's just dead. Dead. Uh, Power Tool has done him in. That's uh, so good. I like it. I really, I laugh. And it's Bator's vomiting on Dark Side. And uh, yeah, you got that, and you see. Um, now I want you to look at this panel, this page. Okay. All right. You uh, see what Guts is doing though. Yeah, I see what God, yeah. Dark uh, Doomsday. Doomsday taking care of him. But no, I think we have uh, Bueno going after Lex. Yeah. And it's because I think he just finished with Riddler. If you see Riddler over on Gigantus' arm. Oh yeah. He. Oh no. No. If you look close, he actually has a dog. It's a oh, dog he's dog welded yeah, on a, his ass. I thought, thought it was, it was Aaron's. No, <laughs> I thought it was a costume torn oh, open. Oh, he thought it was. No, it's funny. It's it's a dog. And then you, look, you even see people in the far corner. And now, run. God damn it! There wasn't any rape. Involved. I know you want it right. It's wrong. Yeah, I think he's just chasing Lex the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just going to town. It's so good. Um, oh, I love God. this fucking paddle. Yeah, I love it. And then uh, it, it the the issue basically ends that. Uh, um, freaking Buenos going to town on uh, Sir Percival, and Martian Manhunter knocks on the door, opens it up, and it, actually, I won't even say that uh, yet because I really like again. You get Grappler, Grappler. Who, who is going up to to uh, Martian Manhunter's like, hey, listen, Johns, uh, John Johns, I'm Grappler. You know what? I'm going to shoot this grappling hook, and then let's get these. He wants to coordinate attacks with the yeah. Grappler. He just so desperately wants to get that Grappler, and and then uh, Martian Manhunter opens up the toilet. Right. again. It the toilet grappling hooks. So yeah. swing in the yeah. action. That's all he wants to grappler. do. He's the Grappler. And I said <laughs> in my review, I have not seen a worse 
bathroom since freaking train spotting yeah. in this book. It, it, every mu- it's just disgusting. But yet, Martian Manhunter opens up the stall and so he is seeing it says slide, grind, grope, poke, lubricate, fondle, <laughs> envelope, enter, penetrate, cup, inappropriately touch, invade, <laughs> intrude, encompass. And Martian Manhunter is crying, he's drooling, and he just gets the hell out of there. He just he's yells. Traumatized. And, oh my God. He leaves. He, he just breaks through the, the thing and heads out. He doesn't even just leave the Gotham. If there's, he leaves earth. He's gone, <laughs> Eric. He, he has seen something that nobody should see. And then you get the end of it. And like you said, there is jism. They're the worst. And then guts is in love, Eric. Hold on a second, though, because the best part about Martian Manhunter leaving, yes. he screams off paddle, and then you see him fly, break through the ceiling, and leave the planet. But then he's in space, and the planet's really small behind him, but in large letters, Bueno! <laughs> yeah, he's so happy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Guts that is, is in love, Eric. That's me yelling Shazam when I finish. That's right. I yell Yahtzee. I'm going to start yelling Bueno. Yahtzee! Oh, uh, yeah. Guts is in love. She's found her knight. Semen everywhere. Shining armor. I wanted, <laughs> actually, I really wanted to see Bueno come out, but you don't see him then. He's, I don't know what he's doing. He's just. He's asleep. Yeah, he is drained of every fluid. <laughs> uh, but then again, even, I was just going to say, but even Six Pack said, that's us. Back to square fucking one. And then uh, they saw, and there was that whole running deal that it seemed like Martian Manhunter smelt like rotten eggs the whole time. I don't yeah, know. Apparently yeah. Martian Manhunter stinks. I had yeah, no I idea. Get it. I, uh, some people were referencing that they thought that was because he was drunk or he farted a lot. I don't know. I really didn't get that. But, no. Uh, I, I don't think it. he smells. Again, I, I'll tell you, I gave it a 7.9 out of 10. The only reason I did, I was going to give it an 8. And yeah. I said, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit under an 8 only because we are still – what a tiny step from the first issue we have we're nowhere nothing. from the first and issue i think i said we're in still hanging at the bar yard, i don't mind that we're going to just get the different characters and we're going to go through the thing i just i want something that when this series is over i can say you know what it wasn't just bueno fucking things and making me laugh there was this <laughs> because right now that's still good enough for me uh, I just want a little something else. I want something to tie it all together, and hopefully that starts in the next. It's what, this is this six issue is a lot like Batmite, where we have a new character and that's like, introduced each yeah. one. Yeah. But there's more story to Batmite. Yeah, that's <laughs> I want a little bit of a story, and yeah. it says it ends with next broads in comics. Uh, any ideas? I have not seen the solicit. I haven't seen the solicit either. I'm actually. guessing it will be. I mean, you would think Wonder Woman's going to be showing up at some point. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're they're treading a line there. Because yeah. Say they bring in Batgirl, and they have something like almost like a killing joke type thing. The people are going to get upset. All of a sudden, you're going to get actually. That's all I want now because I want people to be upset. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a feeling you're going to get Catwoman. Batgirl. Yeah, maybe it's well, it's broad, so maybe Catwoman, Poison Ivy, Black Canary, and maybe Black Canary. That'd be good. I actually would like. I would like Power Girl. I think would be a funny one to have. Oh my god! Supergirl would be great, and especially because you don't get a lot of Supergirl nowadays. Uh, But yeah, again, if you have Bueno anywhere near them, there's going to be trouble, Eric. (laughs) Actually, I don't even know. He might not even go that route. He's smitten. Yeah, I think he likes freaking Sir Percival and uh, Lex Luthor. You know what would be funny, though, 
if they did show up and Guts gets freaking jealous. That would be good. And Guts, because and, Guts in this little thing is showing she can kick some ass. Yeah. She and she's go, in love with Bueno. Yeah, now. He fought for her honor and fought the shit out of it. I was just going through and I'm looking at the, the Bueno that's like <laughs> 80 times bigger than the Earth. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he just I, yells at I, him. That's where I left the freaking page on. I'm just yeah. looking at it as you're talking because uh, it makes me giggle. And again, this this book is not reinventing the wheel, Eric. It's yeah. not anything uh, that it's it's raunchy, it, it's offensive, and I, I do. I love it. Main, I just love it because of that. It doesn't need anything else. But yeah, that's it. That is the end of our I would have gone 8 out of 10. Uh, did I say? Oh, 7, 9. I said yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. give it an 8. I went a little. Yeah. I went one step down. Just to kind of prove a point that uh, it would have been an eight if we got a little more story. I got yeah, you. Yeah, I got it. Uh, that was it. We had a lot of books this week. A lot of books. Uh, a lot of we, books. We got spoiled with the three. You know, I had three one week and you had four. We, we have a lot. I still have to do on the site. I actually have to do Catwoman. That's why I didn't talk about it tonight. I haven't even read it yet. Uh, tried to save you from it because you hate Catwoman. I hate Catwoman so I much. I know. But you know what we're going to have next week? Another bunch of books. Oh, they don't seem to end. The only time they end is that um, Christmas. Around Christmas, yeah. we get and that New one Year's. day and New Year's where you get like that one book, and it's usually Justice League. You get that. It's something for me. I, it's always me getting stuck no, with the books on it, holidays. I think it was almost always Justice League. Yeah. And um, yeah, we get. Uh, but this, next week we have some. Uh, it's weird, actually. I was going to mention this to you. Next week we get only two books that are like continuing from the New Fifty Two. Everything else is either – well, that's not true, six, Secret Six. But everything's lower numbered because we get Bizarro number three. Right. I'm looking forward to that. I like that. I or, am not. Black Canary number three. And this is going to be a weird issue with Black Canary because I really enjoyed the first two. Yeah. But, but I'm telling you, it's to the point where you got to start giving me something. That's why I think this – Starfire is what even I know. These, but that's what I'm saying. Like Starfire these books, started to actually in this issue. And uh, I'm telling you, this is where I think some of these were starting to sound a little negative, like an Earth 2 yeah. uh, society, stuff like that. Because after two issues of setup, you want something. And I think – what was it yet last week? You had a book that you had a – Big trouble with because it was all set up in three issues. Green yeah. Lantern. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you, again, we love that first issue, so hopefully all of these come in. Uh, next one's Dr. Fate number three. I do not want to read it. I don't uh, want to read it, Jim. Yeah, I know. Next <laughs> one is uh, one I really enjoy, but again, better start giving me some story or some answers. Doom number three. I yeah, want I look answers. forward to that. Uh, another one, again, this answer thing is going to keep going because Lost yeah. Army, number three, uh, Green Lantern, Lost Army. We need Give me to know. something. Yeah, we need on. to know something uh, going forward to keep us going. I found um, out more about that book in Sinestro than I did in the actual yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one is a book that people seem to love. I do not. I hope that that changes. It's Harley Quinn and Power Girl, number three. Uh, next book is You Were a Little Disappointed with Last Issue. It was a little down for you. Uh, Justice League, 43. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I look forward to that. Too. I love Jeff Johns' big yeah. epic stories. Yep. And here's the weird thing. The next book to me, big book of the week. We won't put it as the big book of the week on the podcast because that will be Justice League 43. Yeah. But the book I'm looking most forward to is the next one, which is Martian Manhunter number three. God, that was so good. And again, issue. here's what I'm telling you. When I talk about a book that is confusing because you're not getting your hand held, but it, it, I love it. It's Martian Manhunter number three. I don't know what's going on. And I, love I don't know, it. man. That's, it's I one of my it. favorite new books. There is a, I'm telling you, a fine line between not telling people what's going on and then getting people pissed off because Martian Manhunter, number three, I want it to unfold like it is. I want to learn this yeah. mystery. Um, 
Yeah, not like other books that we talked about. <laughs> uh, next one is one you're kind of middle of the ground, uh, middle road. Robin, son of Batman, number three. Yeah, I don't know. I love Robin. I love Damien. Yeah. I want something from this book well, that I'm not sure I'm going to get. I'm sure we'll get a lot more uh, nobody. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I really like the inclusion yeah, of that so, character, though. So uh, hopefully, we'll, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how that is. I'm looking forward to it. I wasn't a big fan of the last issue. Neither was I. I thought it was a little too confusing. I, I, I didn't know what was going on for half the issue. Um, <laughs> next one is Secret Six, number five, which you have to do Secret Six, number four. Such Look for that on Tuesday. And uh, Superman Wonder Woman uh, is coming up. And for some reason, I put Superman Wonder Woman number three. And I know it's not number three. (laughs) I'm guessing it's like 20, 2021 around there. I wish I had that. I'm sounding like an idiot. But that'll continue the truth story. And remember, Superman went off to talk to the president. El El Presidente, he went to go see. He said, tear down this wall. And he said, bueno. He's bueno. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the final one is Wonder Woman number 43. I feel like I just did Wonder Woman. What's your favorite part of that Wonder Woman book? Just in general, the Wonder Woman book, since you've been... Uh, the art. Yeah, he's not doing it next, this issue. David you piece Finch. of shit. Yeah, David, I set you up. David Finch is not on art. I forget who it is. I think it's... Well, um, I think Meredith Finch's uh, writing has gotten stronger. No, since Harry, it- what are you, trying to bail yourself out of the, the trap I set you in? It looks like a Donna Troy story. By the way, good. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I liked last issue. So did I. I, I, I liked was, issue before that. Before the June uh, restart, I was doing Wonder Woman. I did a bunch of Meredith and David Finch's Wonder Woman, and I didn't like it. I nope. thought I didn't like it at all. Since you took it over, it has kind of had an upswing, kind of like me with Batgirl. So, me with Batgirl. I think I'm gonna uh, first. Uh, you're gonna do Justice League 43. That's your first review, right? Of course. I have a weird one um, because I'm looking at these. I don't know. I guess Superman Wonder Woman is weird. That's like my big issue. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I don't have like really big issues. Do you think that you will review? Uh, what are the chances that Dr. Fate's going to be above a five? Not very good. No, <laughs> not because that book stinks. But yeah, I really what, hate that book Any so plans much. Uh, on the site for what you're going to do on Just for the Hell of It Monday? I will do the fly outbreak number three. Oh yeah, you're gonna do. You got was it that you got sick last week? Yeah, I, I was not happened. feeling you didn't well. Feel well. I did Bill and Ted's uh, most triumphant return number one, but this week I have been forced by Martin Bados on Twitter to do Doctor Strange Fate, the amalgam, um, the amalgam comic. I a couple weeks ago I did Lobo the Duck, thought that that thing was gonna set the world on fire, and it did not. And it I told you, you were at work, and I said, you know what? That's it. These people don't deserve Fuck the em. amalgam comics ever again. I'm done because I have all of them, and I was planning on eventually getting back and doing a bunch of those. And I really thought people were going to love it. I thought people seemed to love Blast uh, from the Past. Yeah, both uh, freaking Lobo and Howard the Duck. I thought, boy, you can't get any better, and uh, I guess you can. Well, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven.